What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar, brought to you by the best beer in all the land, Bloke in a Bar beer. Get down to your local, give her a crack. It keeps the lights on, plus it's a bloody good beer. It's easy drinking. It's beer that tastes like real beer, not fruity, not hoppy, smooth, crisp, easy drinking. And it's the beer of the people, made by the people for the people. So get into your local, grab a case of Bloke in a Bar, or ask your local to stock it. Local independent, you go in there, you say, hey, may you please order some Bloke in a Bar from ALM or ILG. They'll know what you're talking about. They'll be able to order some in, and you'll be able to grab Bloke in a Bar from your local. Or if you want to support the show another way, go to bloke.shop, grab some Bloke merch. Make sure to follow the great Gurino at Rugby League Guru on Instagram, also on Facebook. Subscribe to his podcast on all good podcasting apps. And as usual, let's get straight into it, baby. Just a Bloke in a Bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar. We're in here a little bit early, so hopefully we get the potty out to you and then you can roll in to watching Eels versus Tigers. But I have the great kangaroo beside me, mate. Uh, how was the weekend? Cracking weekend. Long one. Probably not long enough, though. Enjoyed yep. it. What'd you get up to? Mate, not much. Not much. Uh, Friday, had the uh, the show with Maddie. Uh, then I... That was obviously in Sydney. On Wednesday, I had the show with... Uh, sorry, Thursday. Because I, I fly up to Goldie for the, the Thursday mm-hmm. show with Cam. And then I fly back on Thursday after Arvo. And then I have Maddie on Friday. So by the time Saturday rolls around, I'm pretty tired. Um, <laughs> but this weekend was good, mate. Fuck, it's a downgrade come Monday. Whoa, <laughs> what's a I, I always look at Maddie and just think, king of rugby league entertainment, Cam. One of the smart, oh, I think he's the greatest player I've ever seen. Must be fucking unreal to work with those sort of guys. Yeah, it, it really is. It really is. And I actually, I haven't spoken about it because I don't want to come off as like, oh, look at me, I'm fucking working with Cam Smith and, and Matty Johns or whatever. Uh, but they're just, it's really interesting because you know how sometimes when you meet people that are as big as them, like Matty Johns, Cam Smith, two of the biggest names in Australian sport, period. You know, in Australia culture, period. Um, Sometimes when you meet people that are that big, they, they don't turn out to be exactly who you thought they were mm. or, or they don't have the same gravitas. Whereas like working with Matty, you, I can't exp- explain how much he deserves to be where he is. Like he, there's a lot of people that do media that are just, they just do their job, they're solid. Like he is a gun. Like watching him, you know, the one thing that I've noticed with Matty, and it, it seems like it would be counterintuitive, but he's actually really good at lifting other people up and servicing them and setting them up for things. That was the thing that really surprised me. I, I, when I first met him, I would have thought, you know, Maddie larger than life. You know, it's, the show was going to be fully like, what, yes sir, no sir for Maddie. Oh, rightly so, because it's Maddie Johns. But he's so good. Like the key, in my opinion, to media is like being able to bring the best out of the people next to you. So like setting up with questions and bouncing off them really well. And sometimes when you watch shows, the two hosts and that, they get their piece out and then they set back and that's it. Like they're just, they're just sitting there thinking about their piece. Whereas Maddie is constantly thinking about like, you know, he even does this, like he'll say a topic in the radio show and he'll go like that. And he steps back like that and, and asks us to step yeah, in. Opens the floor. Opens the floor. And, it, and it was, what's interesting is like the similarities between two great men like Cam Smith and, and uh, Maddie. Like when I first started talking to Cam about the show on the phone, he was like, mate, I want you to know, like, I know it's the captain's run with Cam Smith, but I want your opinion equal to mine. Like, I don't just want it to be me talking this, that, and the next thing. I, you know, I value your opinion and I want it equal to mine. And I was like, it's, it's this like thing that all great men, seem, men and women seem to have is kind of like, for lack of a better word, like service to yeah. others in a way. Like they're, they're not there to be, even though they become the great, 
They're actually there to make other people great. And Maddie, you know, oh man, he's just he's everything like being in the game like the way I have been uh, in in the media game or whatever. Sometimes you meet people like, oh, he's not root like he or she like she's good, but it's like okay. Whereas like when you meet Maddie, you're like, oh, he gets it. Like gets it. even like before the show when we had like uh, a feed and we were planning the show the ideas that he has and like the way he's just you can just have a combo with him and he'll just be boom ideas just churning out and so yeah working with Matty is uh, he's absolutely everything he seems to be oh, I know just from myself obviously coming in here and, and talking to you so much like there, there's little ways that I see football differently now mm. because of things that you've put forward to me I imagine a guy like Matty and Cam Smith and it's probably not the on mic stuff it's probably the Uber rides the elevators this sort of stuff has there been certain things that you haven't seen in rugby league before that you now do because of those guys? Mate, it's – I think it's interesting. Like, me personally, I believe Cam Smith was the most unfairly done by – one of the most, one of the most. I know there's been sportsmen that have had some really fucking terrible things by the media, but he is – been so unfairly done by the media when i met him for the first time i was like taken aback how honestly he's your next door neighbor i can't explain i can't express that enough like he is so average as a bloke like all he wants to do is play golf and yarn that's it he just wants to talk and 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 that's something that the media just never portrayed with smithy and i think that now you're seeing him on nine and you know on my show people are starting to see there's a reason why he was the Australian captain and the captain of the most successful origin team. Like, you can't get there without being one of the boys and really affable. Mm. And, um, and so that's, that's what I've really seen uh, with Cam is, like, just how much of, like, a locker room bloke he is. When you, because he's so great, you, you imagine him, like, larger than life. Uh, yeah, Cam is, is truly, like, an old-fashioned good bloke. Like, yeah. a good bloke. I can't, I can't remember the exact details, but there was a story he told with you the other day about he was leaving an AFL game and he had to get on one of those bikes and he just he just couldn't fucking work it out yeah. in the life of himself. And it's so like, for someone like me, a fan, I put Cam Smith just on this pedestal, like, yeah. there's no one else to ever exist like him. But that sort of shit is something that would happen to me as well. Yeah, and absolutely. it's so it's so good to hear because you don't... You don't I, I, I sort of think that having you there who... You know, like it's the, what what you do isn't you know like mainstream media. It's more it's blokes having chats. Yeah. I think I think it brings out the best in him as well, yeah, or a different sure. side that we haven't seen of him, which is yeah. unreal. Oh, absolutely. And then like when you have conversations with him, like because we've hung out for a bit now, you go f- and like you know you think of like the amount of pressure that was on him from like a outside looking in. You go, fuck, it would have been tough at times for him. Like holy, this is just a man, just trying to play footy because that, that's truly what Smithy was like he's just trying to play footy um, and he dealt with it so so well so yeah with, with Maddie and that they're just like mad they are who, everything that you would hope our greats are, would be that's, yeah. that's really it like that and, and the, the key thing they both have and the first thing they both said was I want you to be outspoken say exactly it. like Maddie said mate First episode, he was like, mate, do not be afraid to say whatever you want to say and however you want to say it. And the Cam said the same thing. And I was like, that's really interesting that both of these greats, like the first thing they say to me isn't about like what I can do for them. Like how can I make them better? The first thing they say to me is I want you to be as good as you can be. And I, that's something that's really stu- stood out with me with both those players. And I think it's really obvious that Cam Smith is like that on the field. But Matty, I think he's one of the most underrated sixes. Ever. Yeah, he was and like great. he was oh mate fuck. 
if his last name was anything else, yeah. we would talk about Maddie. And it's it's a oh, I think it's a problem with guys. You look at Fletch, you look at Hindy. People just think they're funny bastards. Yeah, because they're they so were funny. some of the best back rowers rugby league has ever seen. Nathan Hindmarsh, yeah, and Fletch as well. Yeah. But Hindy, like I saw him, like I think Hindy ended up retiring later than Fletch. Yeah, yeah. So I saw a bit more of him. Hindy was the best back row in the comp for years. Yeah, and if he wasn't number one, he was. Top three, mate, and a, a guy like Beaver, who we all giggle at as well. Like, oh, if, if you mate. said to me, Beaver's the best back row I've ever seen, I go, yeah, fuck, okay, I would, out. yeah, you know, I'd put him. I if, if let's say you've got a grand final and you've got, you know, Big Sammy on an edge, or even Sunny Bill, or you know, who, who else we got with bigger edge, edge back rowers? What, who else would you throw up there as one of the best edge back rowers? Uh, my boy Olakuato at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would be confident. In putting Menzies there, and he'd do a job. Yeah, he do. Yeah. He might even take him to school. Like that's yeah. how good Menzies was. Yeah. Just, so. with, just with Highmarch, this is a random fact, but I discovered this the other day. From year two thousand to two thousand six, he only didn't win back row of the year once. Fuck. Dally M's. Mate, he's got a season. I don't know which year it is, but he's got a season where he doesn't win the Dally M medal. I think it might be oh seven or oh eight around that mark. He gets thirty Dally M points. As a back rower. As a back fucking rower. When Who, was the last time a back rower was that good? That good consistently. consistently yeah. yeah. And he, he also, I forget what the name of the award is, but the award that the players oh. vote for. Um, I forget yeah, what players, it's called. Player, yeah, like players, Ken, Ken Stevens. The Ken Stevens for just like yeah. the best bloke. Yeah. He, he won that. He I think he's won that like six or seven times. Which like is, player, I'm telling you right now, that's what the, that's the award players, players want. Player. Like, they yeah. love that shit. Yeah. Um, yeah, so Maddie and Cam, it's been an absolute like pleasure. I cannot speak highly enough about them. And um, sorry, Proven Summons medal. Proven Summons, that's sorry, it. Yeah, my bad. yeah. And uh, like I'd e- like I've spent more time with Cam, um, but I'd even go as far to say as like like Cam's a mate. Yeah. Like, and I know that I joke about that, but I I have him in. I don't know if he has me in that esteem, but I have him that esteem. If he if he was to say, Matt, I need you to do this for me outside of whatever, I'd be like, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so. I, I think you can tell in in the chemistry between you both when you're on mm. that that is the reality. I think anyway. Oh, that's that's honestly how like we've we've hung out quite a bit now outside of the show, and that's how it is is just normally. So, yeah, working with them is an absolute. I can't even believe it. I still can't even believe it. So when I say, oh, I've got a show with whatever, to me, I. I feel like, are you serious, bro? Like, what the fuck is going on? So I think the yeah. Cam Smith show's leveled up this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah three hours. It's long, yeah, three hours, and I'm there. And I think like SCN really saw, you know, the numbers were really good, and and just the chemistry there. I don't know. There's just, like, I am just surprised at how well we we just relate a lot. Like, if you like me as a person, hopefully. Um, he has a lot of the same principles that I have as a person, and, and that's I think where we connected. Where you know, about honesty, integrity, you know, saying it how it is, like being being real enough to say how it is, but not being a dick about it, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and Matty as well, like, he's he just, mate, he's a special, special character. Like, when we when we look back in the, the times of rugby league, I would say Matty is one of the greatest characters the game has ever seen. I mean, you've got to consider where Matty came from too. Like, for him to step out of the shadow of Fatty and Sturlo, oh. who were... There's, there was at that point there had never been anyone like Fatty and Sterling. Mm. They yep. changed media in rugby league. Yep. Matty was this young guy who retired early through injury. Uh, w- what he's done from that point on, and it hasn't, you know, it hasn't all been super successful. That that show on Channel Seven, <laughs> that was a fucking not. And I'm sure he would say the exact same yeah. thing. That thing was a train wreck, and he bounced, bounced right back, back. And yep. yeah, just I mean, when he when he wasn't on Triple M anymore, I honestly don't think I've listened to radio since then. 
I oh, really 100%. don't. You know, it's crazy. I was speaking about that the other day. I said, mate, when you were on Triple M, that was the show. Yeah. Like, that was such a good show. He said, mate, it was some of the funnest stuff I've ever done. He just said, like, the early stars just really get you. Like, they just sting you over a long period of time. But he said, mate, it was so, so fun. Um, I used to be late to work all the time. Yeah. Sitting in the car park, just listening to that, not wanting to miss it. Mate, like, it yeah. was... It's some of the best radio this country's ever seen, honestly. As a, from a sports perspective, you know, obviously, you know, there's mainstream stuff or whatever. But from a sports perspective, it was unbelievable. And the Matty Johns show, I think that uh, – sorry, the, the Morning Glory with Matty Johns, as SEN grows, I think and more people tune into it. It's, it's hard to get because you've got to get the app or you've got to get it on the um, – like AM radio, once it you know grows and it can be on put on normal radio and all that kind of stuff, I think people are going to absolutely love that because it's 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 similar stuff and it's and it's just getting started. Um, and I, I've sort of found too that like a lot of my old man and my uncles and stuff that they've made the transition to it. Yeah. So it's sort of it's sort of like it's and like a lot of my mates listen and myself listen to it as well. So it is sort of covering a very wide range of age groups, which I don't yeah. think we've really seen before in rugby league. Nah, for sure. Like there's always sure. been an old sort of media and a, and a young sort of yeah. media, whereas yeah, they're totally. starting across both now, which is yep. good to say. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, yeah, one one thing that, that one thing that I always respected in Maddie was like when he took the hit the seven, and he and and there's it's been so many times where he because he is the man now. He had to fight for it though. He had to absolutely fight for it. Um, and he, when he first called me and we were just speaking, he said, mate, the thing I respect about you know, me the most is that you just worked your ass off and you didn't ask for anything. Like, he, he just respected the grind. He said, I, I just respect that you hustled for so long and, you, and whatever. So yeah, they, they are exactly who you, you think they are. Um, Smithy and, and Maddie, I can't uh, speak highly enough of them. And that's not just from a perspective of like, because, like, if I'm being honest, like, it's a huge honour to work with them. Like, it's a huge honour to work for them. That I, I'm so, so lucky. But, like, numbers-wise, like, Bloke in a Bar does enough numbers where this is still the main gig. Yeah. So when I say these things, it's not out of a need to work with them, even though I want to work with them. It's because I truly believe this about those, those two blokes. Um, yeah, they're, they're just they, – they are who they say they are. Now, on to uh, – oh, brought to you by – I just – yeah – I just thought I'd let people know what they are like as blokes. I haven't ever spoken about it because I don't want to fucking carry on like, you know, be a big note in yourself or whatever and be a Derek. But so hopefully people enjoyed that little insight. Um, you talk yeah. about me the same way to them or what? Look, it's nearly as glowing. You know what? It's even more glowing. I say I so. one of the great, I says, Smithy, you think you know footy. You haven't met Kangaroo. <laughs> you haven't met Kangaroo. Um, yeah, now brought to you by a bloke in a bar beer. Uh, here are the stores in Spotlight. Louis Liquor Barn in Cairns, Mount Isa Hotel, the great Mount Isa. Celebrations Brightwater, Club Hotel Roma, Redcliffe Leagues Club, Cooley Liquor, IGA Orange, IGA Mossvale, IGA Breakfast Point, Tats Hotel Inverell, Georgetown Cellars, Bardwell Park Cellars. Uh, make sure to get down to your local. If it's an independent bottle of Ask them if they can order some via ALM or ILG and they'll be able to put it, uh, they'll be able to go into their computer, just type in Bloke in a Bar and order it straight to the store. So make sure to grab a case of Bloke in a Bar. You know, the more you support the beer, the more I get big opportunities like, you know, the shows with Cam, the shows with Maddie. Um, so go grab a case. Plus, it's a bloody good beer. Even without all the sports network and everything, it's a bloody good beer. We had one of the best young brewers in the country come up with the recipe. Uh, also, if you want Bloke merch, we've got Bloke merch at bloke.shop. Uh, we've got the OG shirts, we've got the shorts, uh, plenty of stuff on the website. Socks, the hats. So that's www.bloke.shop. 
uh, or join the bloke club at bloke.club. Now, out of yesterday, huge, huge news drops mid-game. This, to me, it is... uh, There's so much going on with this. It's so bizarre. Uh, It's a lot more than meets the eye, in my opinion. Now, do I have any evidence of that? But the timing of it, um, with the way contract negotiation seems to have gone, I actually haven't spoken to the great Kangura about this. What did you think when you saw this news drop? Oh, sorry, that Kalen Ponga and the Newcastle Knights, the Knights have withdrawn, allegedly withdrawn their offer. It's been denied, but the news did drop. Thoughts? Yeah, no, as we, you know, I think when we spoke about Payne Haas last week, timing is so important in rugby league. Mm. And if you think any of this is accidental, you're kidding yourself. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I, I got to tell you, I was, you know, when I saw it during the game, I sort of thought, oh, fuck, the, the timing is just, it's just so, so important on this one. But then, mate, when I listened to Joey after, I'm, I'm really torn. I, as he, okay, so torn how? Well, like Joey saw the way that Joey spoke was just that the Knights want him there. Nothing's changed. I, I, I think it's all bullshit. Like it was the straightest bat you, you yeah. could play. I'm and Adam O'Brien was also like bloody news to me. I was apparently I'm signing Munster. Yeah, and that's and you know it was it was only two or three weeks ago I said to you, geez, do the Knights maybe start to think do we need KP? So, I mate, mean, I'm so torn on this because if Newcastle do pull it, whilst. I would like to keep him there. I can understand if they don't, mm. especially if they if they have, you know, if they have got a, an insight that they are able to get another big fish somewhere else. But, mate, j- just to make this situation even harder, KP killed it yesterday. It's fantastic. Despite a loss, I thought he was great. He was he, he, he's in my team of the week. I thought he was was the old KP that we haven't seen in a long time, um, mate. Uh, but once again, Newcastle. That's now four losses in a row. Parramatta and Melbourne heading their way. We spoke about this last week. Yesterday was a really big game for them to win, in my opinion, because yeah. 2-0 and Newcastle are flying. It could be 2-6 and six in a couple of weeks, and these voices and noises, they're mm. only going to get louder now. Mm. It's a really... What did, what did you think when you saw it, Matty? I reckon that if the Knights and the Dolphins... This is a bit of a conspiracy theory. If the Knights and the Dolphins keep outbidding each other, then his value... He's going to be asking for $3 million in a few months. So I just reckon the Knights, maybe someone from the Knights high ups has kind of just like put this out there to put a little, put a little halt to that. Because from what, from what it seems, it seems that the Knights tabled an offer a few weeks ago and then the Dolphins have obviously come and outbidded them. So I reckon maybe someone from the Knights has just leaked this a little bit. Adam O'Brien and Joey probably are none the wiser and are just like, nah, bro, this didn't happen. But I don't know, maybe it's just to halt this little bidding war that's going on right now. See, I, I think that the contract hasn't been pulled because I believe Joey, I believe Kalen, and I believe Adam O'Brien. But I do th- it does seem, got no evidence for it, that it was a bit of a warning shot of like, KP, we need you to make a choice now. Um, and because journos do put mayo on things, but very rarely would you come out with a story this fucking big Without a source. Yeah, without a nothing, yeah. Without nothing. Without with absolutely nothing. Like I can't was it Dean Ritchie or Yeah. Dean Ritchie. Dean Ritchie. So like I, I can't imagine that he would drop such like he knows that if he is just outright lying, his credibility is just Gonski's. He would have to 
and, and some might say, oh, journalists don't care. No, honestly, I'm telling you right now, most journos need at least one source to drop a story like that. I can't imagine a journo just, there's got, there's, with, with, with stories that you see, like there's anywhere from like 25 to 100% of it's true. Like 25% of it on the big Mayo stories where you're like, you know, whispers of this, whatever. But a story as specific as it has been withdrawn, I think that the only thing that makes sense to me is a higher up at Newcastle Knights has said, look, let's tell this journal that. Hasn't, it's not actually true, but it does send a bit of a, a warning shot, I guess, that we need this to be finished because I, in their defence, Newey Knights have been extremely patient and I would need an answer pretty soon if I'm Newey Knights. Like I, re- I really would need an answer pretty soon. But in KP's defence, he has time to make his decision and all his people that you know sometimes people uh push for urgency just because they want something you know they want to know what kp is doing you know why can't kp know like tell us what he's doing and and they kind of project their own what they want and they don't actually sit back and go that is kp doing anything wrong anything that breaches his contract or is he just currently trying to negotiate the best deal uh for himself in, a, in essentially the next best years of his life. Like that's all he's doing right now. And he'd be crazy not to do that. He'd be crazy not to. Yeah. So, but I can, so I can see both sides. I can see the Knights um, issue of like, mate, if, if you don't make a decision and you end up do leaving us, we have lost weeks of not being able to spend yeah. at least a million dollars next year. And like we can go out and people that's like, I know Adam O'Brien said, apparently I had breakfast with Munster, but there is no denying that if KP does move on, they absolutely will have a crack at Munster. For sure. Like, there's absolutely no doubt. So, surely Knights are sitting there going, we need to know soon because we want to keep you, but if you're moving on, at least allow us to have a crack at Munster. Whereas they may be stuck in a position where Munster may agree to terms before they get a shot, a shot at him, you know? Um, so, yeah, I, I, don't, I, I agree. I don't think Joey, I don't think Adam O'Brien, and I don't even think the Knights have pulled the deal. But I'd be very surprised if at least someone from the Knights hasn't said to Dean Ritchie, um, you know, we're pulling the deal or, or maybe, maybe they said we're very close to pulling the deal or something along those lines. Uh, are you more concerned or less concerned that he's going to say now after his performance and what happened yesterday? Mate, I'm, I'm so torn on this. I, I, I think this has pushed, it's pushed me further away from a decision, to be yes. honest with you. I, I, think, I think it, it look, seemed to me... Like it, I think it pissed KP off. I think it would piss KP off. If yeah, I'm KP and they're leaking that mid-game and I'm out there playing good footy, yeah, if, if I was KP and I'm just projecting my own thoughts onto this, I would be pissed off with that. Um, anyway, sorry, keep going. I, I was just thinking yesterday when all this was coming out, like I've never really thought of Munster as a Newcastle Knight, but mm. fuck, when you look back through their history of guys like Joey, Robbie O, like... He would be a really good fit there. Absolutely. Like, he would be unreal. Like, the guy that, you know, you obviously not at the moment, but, you know, he's been for years the guy that you would see out on the weekend, yeah. similar to those guys in he's the past. He's a rogue. He's a rogue, yeah. yeah. And that's why Newcastle love a rogue. They embrace rogues. Yeah. And, uh, you know, KP, you know, he isn't that sort of a rogue. He's a little bit, how would you say it, like a, a more of a modern day sort of rogue, yeah. doing his own sort of thing. But, yeah, I think Munster would be... I think Munster would be a good fit wherever he went. Yeah. But in Newcastle, I think it'd be really interesting whether I see it happening or not. I'm not sure. But yeah, as, the, you, as you said, if I was KP, 
I'd be pissed off at yeah. this in such an important game of their season to drop it at halftime. Just seems a bit shit for it's me. Seen, uh, look, well, I, I believe that it was the if if Newey did leak it again, we have no idea. But mm. let's just say someone in Newey did to try and hurry up the process of uh, the signing, and also as Maddie said, to maybe stop this bidding war so that that you know dolphins yep. don't keep going up and up which is a really great point you know maybe they are trying to stop this just you know one upping each other i still think it's a bad play to go public like that because what does it do you really think that's going to help you resign kp like if you do want to resign him that's not going to help it resign him that's actually going to make him be like hang on a fucking sec like we're trying to work through this let's not make it public and also if if in my opinion the knights can take the same same stance if they want to but privately and get, this, and get the same effect. Like they can say to KP, we need to know a decision. Otherwise, you know, they could give him a deadline. Yeah. They could give him a deadline, which is very fair. They've given him plenty of time. What do you think, Matty? Closer or further away to staying now? Well, six weeks ago, I thought he was gone. Two weeks ago, I thought he was staying. Now I've got no idea. Yeah, I've got no idea and either I, now. And now it makes me question why they announced, well, the, why they leaked to the media two weeks ago that they offered him a deal. That, yeah. That's just as confusing now as well. <coughs> I honestly couldn't give you an answer. I don't know. I, I maybe... Maybe there's, I mean, I'm sure there is more to it because this is their job. This is their job to negotiate and contract. So they know more about negotiation than me. But, and sometimes you've got to win the PR war for sure. You've got to win the PR for sure. But sometimes I feel like less is more, like just keeping it really in-house. Now, maybe they've seen, they've tried that before and it, it's hurt them rather than helped them. Um, and, you know, we have seen nearly every club try to win the PR war, mm. war in those situations. So... Look, I, I, I can totally see where KP's coming from and I can totally see where the Knights are coming from. This is just, I just think that this is like, there's no bad guy in this situation. Like people will try and make there, there's a bad guy. I yeah. don't think there's a bad guy in this I, I think if we look back in a few months time, like this moment, it could say, oh, that's the moment that got them KP or you could say that's yeah. the moment that lost them KP. Yeah. And like, it's just such a bold play that I wouldn't be shocked which way it goes. Yeah, it's a bold play. It's heaps bold. It's... Yeah, oh, mate, I've had so many tinfoil hat suggestions of who leaked this yeah. over the last 24 hours from, you know, KPMs. Oh, we won't, we, yeah, yeah, we won't say. We won't it's say. Just, yeah. But, I mean, all of them you look at and you're like, that's wild, but then you're like, fuck, could that maybe be? Well, it, like, it's just bizarre. It's such a wild thing to do. Yeah. That's what – that's – the thing is this, is like I feel like by leaking this, let, let's, let's say they did leak it, it's actually made the situation more un. So if their goal is to speed things up, then, you know, I guess, I, I think it has sped things up because it's created more intense media scrutiny. But KP has said, he said in the post-press conference, he said it was like, I won't, I won't be rushed into a decision. Like, yeah. I, I'm going to take my time. And he still has, what, a month? Uh, and I respect yeah. that from KP. He's a man and he, deserve, he is a man that signed a contract. He has never breached the contract, from what I know. Uh, and all he is doing is what is well within his rights as an employee. That's, that's all he is doing. Now, obviously, in rugby league, from a nice perspective as a fan, you'd be like, look, you know, we've given him plenty of time. We've been very patient. Surely he could repay us with, with telling us earlier. But at the end of the day, let's say KP injures himself tomorrow. Who's going to – Yeah. no one's going to ring him up in, in two years' time and go, oi, bro, thank you so much for committing to the – you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It doesn't work like that. Um, so hopefully it gets sorted sooner rather than later. But yeah, I'm I'm no closer to. Is there a topic happening. you've ever spent more time talking about and have yeah, less crazy, idea man. of what could happen here? Yeah, it's just the, the the thing is it's such a unique situation. This yeah. two year option, uh, it's 
and he, regardless of what you say, he's one of the biggest uh, stars in the game, period. Uh, so interesting times. Rugby league, it's a gift that keeps on giving. Uh, now, on to another bloke that, you know, what's really crazy about this month's situation is he still has a year to run on his contract. He still has this whole season and then a whole other season before he can go anywhere. It's funny. There's a couple of players that are like that, but no one speaks about. Like mm. Mitch Moses has a player option for 2024. No one yeah. speaks about that. I'm pretty sure Cody Walker as well. Like, yeah. it's weird how we're just talking about Munster. Yeah, Moses' one will be interesting, really interesting, because like he's playing some great footy, and he's not on a, like a million a year, I assume. Mm. Uh, but yeah, anyway, on to the, the next topic, uh, just quickly. Uh, so Munster, what I thought was interesting, an article came out saying the reason why Redcliffe is struggling to get the big name is not many third-party deals are lining up for the Dolphins. And I thought, then I was like, hang on a sec, that's really interesting because Dolphins came out and said they'll offer him a million. And I was like, that's not a big offer for Munster. That's actually... It's pretty fair whack. Like it's... Well, but like he's already on 1.1 right now, isn't yeah. he? So, yeah, around that, yeah. So the fact that they're saying we'll offer him a million, I, I'm thinking, well, he's worth like he's... To go to Dolphins, he's worth more than that. Um, and is that because they don't have the third parties to get them up to, you know, 1.3, you know, 1.2, 1.3, even 1.4? Um, thoughts on that? Yeah, did, you, did you find the million? Yeah, I did. Well, mate, we were sitting here two weeks ago saying one point five wouldn't surprise us. Yeah, like it's half a million less. Um, yeah, for a new franchise, the guy that's you know playing in the team he is like you're going to have to pay him more to get him to leave success. Yeah. Essentially, um, yeah. I if they manage to get Munster for a million, steal absolute steal. Yeah, it might be one of the best. It probably is the best starting signing for a franchise ever if you get him at that value in the current climate yeah that's crazy and if you're going to get him for what that's what he's that's actually unders yeah. like that's that's he, he should be on arguably if not the most in the game because his record is essentially better than anyone currently playing three premierships you know you got like yeah. daniel tuper that's won three premierships yeah, Kiri, those sort of guys but mate he's also in my opinion, playing the best football he's ever played right now. In red-hot form. He looks in incredible good nick. It looks to me like he has um, turned a corner yeah. to to some extent. And, mate, I reckon a million, you would be cheering. Yeah. With Do you th the only thing I can think of is the Dolphins are saying that so that um, they don't want to they don't want to put it out there, we're going 1.3, because then it starts getting out of hand and then Munster might ask for 1.5, you know what I mean? What do you reckon, Matty? Uh, just clearing up, he's won two comps. Um, Munster. Munster's won two comps? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's 17 and 20. Yes, oh, okay, he didn't come in until 2015. Yeah, all right, two comps. Yeah. So Kiri's probably won, Kiri has won, won the, the most, most comps. Yeah, um, Yeah, I agree. I reckon one million's heaps under, especially the last two weeks we've seen of Munster. He's yeah. been insane. Um, I don't know. I think I'm. I think I tend to agree. Like uh, his market value, whatever his market value is, Redcliffe have to pay more because yeah. starting a club. They're starting a new club, yeah. and you're right. Like that, he's not going to get success there. Well, probably not going to get success there. Like not that he will at the Storm. So I think the one million dollar. I like. I don't know if he'll take that. To be honest, that's crazy. I, I think it'd be crazy to take a mil. You'd, you'd you may as well stay at the the storm. Mm. Um, what what is really interesting though is now Newcastle Knights have entered the fucking discussion. What if the Knights paid him a mil? Do you reckon he'd? They would. They'd pay him one point two. But, that's, but, that's, but would Munster go to the Knights for a mil? What, what do you reckon? I, well, I reckon they'll offer him one point two, hundred percent, because that's what they're going to pay. Pay 
pay KP. Like that's already what they're going to pay KP. So they just take that contract and give it to him. And that side with Munster in it, oh. it's yeah, it's yeah. pretty damn good. Yeah, it's I, pretty I damn can't good. see a world where one million is the Dolphins' realistic offer to Munster. But that's the thing. Is it? That's why I brought up the third party yeah. deals. Is that the because re- I think that a lot of these one point two, one point three. 300k or so of that is 100% third parties mm. in I think. Yeah. So I think like are Redcliffe in a situation where they just can't get third parties together and they just just can't offer 1.3 of their cap because it will smash it. Yeah, maybe. Cuz cuz if you if you go if you do third parties 300k or your cap, that's two young rookies on minimum. That's more than two young rookies on minimum mm-hmm. that you miss out on uh you know, you know what I mean? So it's actually a substantial amount of money. It's, it seems like a little bit in the, the scheme of things. Um, so, yeah, interesting, interesting times. Look, I think it just – it reinforces we need a trade window. Yeah, I, I, and absolutely. We, we, thinking of the players, we obviously need to make sure the trade window is player-friendly. You know, we speak about mental health. We speak about taking care of the players. We need to make sure that players have, you know, enough time and support to move if they need to move. Uh, you know, I'm not of the mind of some people like, oh, it's their job, fuck them. Like, n- no, like, we can get the best of both worlds. We don't just have to go, yeah, fuck them, let's get a trade window. Uh, I-, I think that uh, stuff like the KP and the Munster stuff, although it is, you know, great to talk about, it's good for us because we can talk about it till our fucking got no breath left. Uh, I think a trade window would probably suit everyone the best. And I agree, for, like, for guys like us, it's great to talk about, but Munster just came off. I would say the game of his club career, oh. and KP definitely just had the game of his season so far. Not enough people are going to talk about it. Yeah, it's, it's true. dominated by this stuff. Yep, it's very true. That monster game. Oh my god, <laughs> that was outrageous. Scary like, stuff. It wasn't just like one big play. It was multiple massive plays. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it soon. Yeah. But like, obviously, that trial that he scored. What about the first pass that he threw? Yes, yes, he's <laughs> one of the seeds. He of the was. Year. I'm pretty sure four of his big plays got points. Yeah. Put it. I'll go as far to say, if Munster isn't playing, Sharks win. Yeah, no, I think that's because they don't get those those big plays are what broke open an extremely well Sharks uh, well drilled Sharks defense. Like it, the, the Sharks defense was so well drilled, it needed greatness to break. What do you got there, Matty? Uh, I was going to ask. This is a crazy question, and you're probably not going to be able to answer it. Who do you reckon is a big game, better big game player, Munster or Tedesco? Ooh, damn. Probably equal. Probably equal. Yeah. Oh. I'd probably lean slightly towards Teddy. Really? Slightly, but I, I just think that... Origin Jesus debut game three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then won the series for him. And then you've got Teddy, who's had like multiple hectic series. I just think that when Teddy's quiet compared to when Munster's quiet, I think Teddy is a, a little bit higher. Than oh, okay. So, you, you, yeah, I can see that. Like, he's more yeah. consistent. As I said, really yeah. nitpicking. That's a really mm. tough question. That's a tough squad. question. Let us, know what you think. One, yeah, yeah. let us know what you think in the comments section. Who's a more of a big claim, big game player? The Mad Dog Money, Moneybags Munster, or the Italian Stallion Tedesco? And I, I think when you look at – like, when I look at Munster on big stages, you know, obviously you can't ignore – that 2018 grand final when mm. Munster got Simbin to I. He was a younger guy. Like he, he's a different fella now, yeah, yeah. but, uh, you know, Teddy doesn't have that sort of stuff in him. Yeah. Um, I'm making it sound like I'm heavy Teddy. I'm really not. It's no, close. It's a beast. But there are dick. little things that I would probably separate Teddy into at the moment. What do you reckon? 
if I have to sit on the fence, which I will, I think that overall 80 minute performance, I'm giving it to Munster, but Teddy always wins that moment. Always wins that moment. That moment that it's yeah. there, he takes it every single time. Now, Guru, the great Kanguru, tell us about uh, the deep dive that you've been on. Had a look at Simbins this week. Obviously, Jeremy Marshall King, and we'll talk about it later. I thought Canterbury were going incredibly well against South Sydney the other day. He got Sinbinned. <coughs> Rabideau scored 18 points in those 10 minutes, and the yeah. game was done. And, you know, we, we've obviously seen this year that Simbins have had a major impact. Um, and I went through and I had to look at each sim binning. Now, I had to get a little bit specific with it. I've taken out sim bins that happened in the last five minutes of games because none of them really impacted it. I've also taken out sim bins like Dylan Edwards and Palliasia on the weekend. They both went off at the same time. So outside of those ones, there's been 19 sim bins this year, thankfully. There's only been two in the last two weeks. So hopefully we are seeing less of it. 19 compared to how much last year did, did you get? Didn't have a look at last week. year, but... Just based on this year, of those 19 sin binnings, only six of those teams have won that game of football. Of those six teams, five of them got their sin bin in the last 20 minutes and they were already winning the game. Wow. So only one team has got a sin bin in the first 50 minutes this year and have gone on to win that game and it was Canterbury in round one against the North Queensland Cowboys. They won that 6-4. So if you manage to win a game of football with a sin bin in it, You've done incredibly well, especially if it's in the first 60 minutes yeah, of wow. that contest. I'll just wow. jump in. There was 12 Simbins in the first six rounds last year. This is obviously before the Blitz. In the first six yep. rounds? Yeah. Yep. So yeah, we're wow. up by seven. Yeah. Okay. But then the Blitz happened, so. But then you also add on Edwards and Palliasia for feeder. I think there was a Knights player that got Simbin. Oh, so, so it's, it's, it's more actually than more. Yeah, it's more than 19. Do if you, you know actually include the full 80 minutes. I reckon it would be around about the 23, 24 So mark. we've doubled Simbins. If we haven't, we'd be incredibly close to it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. At minimum, it'd be 22, but I think it'd be 23 or 24. Um, yeah, pretty crazy there. So on average, when you when a team loses a player to the Simbin, the next 10 minutes, they tend to lose that next 10 minutes on average by five points. Yeah. So it's essentially worth a try. That's on average. There's been a heap of teams that have kept it to nil all, essentially. So that five points in some games is 12, some games 16, 18, as we've seen. But what I thought was interesting was that the 10-minute period, on average, teams lose that by five. Yep. The period from the sin bin to the next break, whether it be full-time or half-time when you can regroup, teams tend to lose that on average by eight points. Yeah, wow. So you can twice. see the impact. Even, even when you get through that 10 minutes, you lose momentum, your team's tired. Even though you get that lift of, we've got players back on now, Yeah. it's so hard to wrestle that momentum back. And I think that's really evident. Teams that go through that 10 minute period and it's zero the deficit it, it doesn't change the score changes the same or you both score a try each they tend to lose the next period until the break by three points on average so yeah. even if you get through that 10 minutes yeah you pay for it yeah. before the next break when you uh get the so opportunity it damages them no, no matter what it damages you. It, no matter what even if you handle that 10 minutes well it yeah. tells us history tells us that it will still damage them only one team this season has managed to have a player sin bin and win the period between sin binning and the next break dragons against the panthers they won that four nil that period so yeah wow. wow. but then they end up getting they got done anyway yeah done anyway <laughs> it's essentially it, it, it's a death sentence yeah pretty much like you get a guy 10 in the bin you're done pretty yep. much you are done and dusted wow. so pretty crazy there that as we said 18 out of the 19 teams that had a sim bin yeah they went on to 
Well, and wasn't yeah. it like torrential rain round one, Bulldogs Cowboys? It was or something? a nightmare. Yeah. yeah, torrential rain. Both teams with new combinations and everything. Yeah. It probably, you know, it, it's the exception, not the example yeah. for me, realistically. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it's no shock, yeah. but when you actually see it in numbers wise, how many points it's worth on average, and even when teams do really well and they they they, they I would say that if you keep it to nil all in that period, you've won that period. Yeah. But you still end up losing it because it takes a toll. Look, my biggest concern is the essentially doubling of sin bins. Now, have we become 100% more uh, ill-disciplined as players? Or now, I do believe that the commissioner came out and said that they haven't been told to sin bin more. But... uh, I don't know, man. Looks like they're simbing and well, they are simbing way more, way more well, than last they, year. They were in the first four weeks, as I said. We've seen two in the last, you know, four, four in the last two weeks. Yeah. So. Imagine if you compared the first four weeks to last year, then it would have been like fucking nearly triple or something. Yep. Um, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. I, I, I do believe that if we are, if the fabric of the game is changing slightly, and we are going to use the sim, simbin more, which we are, we may need to put in something that is less dramatic than ten minutes. Um, and this is what we talk about, I feel like, every single week. All these little changes that you're making, they have ripple effects. Yep. Like, they have ripple effects. You can't just go, yep, we're going to use the sin bin more. Uh, it'll deter players. It clearly hasn't because the players are still getting sin bin, for one. Uh, and two, if you're going to use something that used to be for only very, mo- like very isolated incidences, but not change the length at which you get sent off for. So the 10 bin, 10 in the bin was supposed to match. This is an isolated, out of ordinary incident that has happened and you deserve to be punished severely for it. We've changed it to not out of the ordinary, some really like, you know, not even close to sin bin in my opinion, but that's the way it is. But we haven't changed the length of time. So you're getting punished the same as what is out of the ordinary used to happen. Um, So I do think they need to have a quick, have a look at that uh, because right now, I think they're a bit too gung-ho with the sin binning. Everyone's solution seems to be the five-minute sin bin, which I agree with. But, like, I've, I'd really like someone to come and explain to me why they, why they haven't done that or why they haven't even mm. entertained that because, like, it seems like the obvious option. Well, but there would be some unforeseen thing that would pop up. If you make all these changes, another thing will pop up with the fight. You know what I mean? Mm. And, and before you know it, you, you, you're making rules to fix rules and, like, you know, the captain's challenge, for example. We saw that. I mean, I'm kind of the mind of like, mate, let's just let's just stop tinkering with the game. Like, let, yeah. not only have we changed the six again and all, like a bunch of rules, we're also using sin biddings more. It's just so much change in such a short amount of time. I feel like we're constantly like, you know, that whack-a-mole game or whatever. <laughs> I feel like we're just problems, just getting hit, hit. Oh, and then before you know it, it'll just be overcomplicated. And uh, we'll talk about it later, but mate, how on earth Tedesco didn't get sin binned? The other day, like <clears throat> that's look two, three years ago. Yeah, fair enough. Not a sin bin. That's been a sin bin in my opinion for a, a substantial amount of time now. There isn't a hope in hell. Two weeks ago, Tedesco doesn't go to the sin bin for that. It's bizarre. That it's, was bizarre. That was really tough on Warriors because that changes obviously the game oh, massively. Mate. And like when you're if you're the Bulldogs you're sitting there going, hang on a sec, Marshall King got sent in the bin because we were apparently holding. You know, we had too, too many penalties. And don't get me wrong, the Marshall King hold it was stupid. Like, he held on so yeah. long. But it's like, what do you think had more impact on a try being scored? The Marshall King one or the Tedesco one? Uh, and t- to be honest, like, fucking fair play to Teddy. He got away with it. Like, that's a huge play. Yeah. It's a huge, he took a huge risk. 
and it worked. It was like the Warriors a few weeks ago where he ended up getting sent to the bin, uh, but they ended up winning the game. So he ended up getting sent to the bin. They ended up winning the game. And a lot of people thought, you know, Montoya, what the hell? You know that's a sin bin. But they would have scored if he hadn't done a sin bin. And so it was like a big play. That you know. To your point before, like Teddy's one was a professional in my eyes, a, profession, uh, a genuine professional foul, like an isolated incident, as yep. you said. So that's been a sin bin for forever. Yeah, t- t- it was a big play by Teddy, like that he got away with it. Like if you're going to get away with it, you should do it. Like yep. if, you're, if I'm a Roosters fan, it, you, you cannot tell me that most fans, if their team had a player that could get away with something like that, they wouldn't say, do it, bro. We don't want to try score on us. But from a, a fan perspective of like the game, that was absolutely a 10 in the bin, like every day of the week. Yeah, and coaches day. are going to see that. Oh, I don't know who the particular ref was, but they'll take them on again. Yeah. They'll do the same. Absolutely. Like, mate, you, my club the, that I coach, the under-16s, we always say, give away a penalty in the first three minutes. Find out how far you can push yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. They say it in NRL too. Yeah, they, 100%. They say it in NRL. They say, look, hold them. Let's, let's test what the ref's yeah. going to be doing in the first five minutes. That's why you usually see a, a penalty in the first like five minutes for each team because yep. they're just seeing what the ref is going to play with. How far you can push. Um, and so, yeah, I, I thought, I mean, we'll get into it, but I thought that was really, really tough call. Like a lot of the other ones were 50-50 that just didn't seem to go the Warriors' way, which was very, you know, it sucks to be a Warriors fan. But that one for me was like so obvious professional fair. Yeah. Um, and like if he lets him get up straight away, they basically, not guaranteed to score, but fuck me, it would have been hard to stop. Um, yeah, great, great uh, insight. Now, team of the week. <clears throat> now, I'm going to have to think about this a bit longer, uh, but this is just what I had, uh, you know, just putting people's names down over the weekend. Ponger at fullback, wingers were May and Mulatalo. Centers would have been uh, Suli and Talakai, probably. Munster at 5'8". Cleary at half, but shout out to Ben Hunt. Fuck me, he was good yesterday. Uh, props. Uh, I thought Paseca was fantastic again last uh, on the weekend. Adam Fenor Blake, he is just leaps and bounds becoming. He's really beginning to challenge for one of the best props in the game. Like he's he was already top three or top whatever, but right now his form it's right up there with the best. I mean, there's a reason why that the Warriors are three on the trot and could have won their fourth game. Uh, Cook at nine. I had. Olakowatu and Sorensen uh, in the back row. And at lock, I had Tauma Lolo. I haven't got my bench yet, but it would probably have someone like Knight on there. I put Hunt on there. Uh, and I'm sure I'll think of a few others. What do you got? Uh, fullback, I went KP. Losing side, thought he was great. Molotalo on the wing with Alex Johnson. Thought he was really good for South Sydney. Centres, I went Talakai. And Val Holmes. Mm. Thought he was great for the Cowboys, yeah. Val Holmes. Munster at six. Cleary at seven. Adam Fanua Blake in the front row with Clemmer. I thought he was sensational for Newcastle. You're a Clemmer fan now, aren't you? Oh, I'm I got you on the bandwagon. Now you pointed out, I'm watching him closer. <laughs> and he's flying. He's fucking good, eh? He's a weapon. He's a weapon. I fucking... I, I don't know why I'm, I, I'm... I'm not the only person, but I, like... For me, he has been a top-tier front rower for forever. Uh, I think that, and uh, oh, from my point of view, I think I sort of got roped in a little bit to the fact that he's missing origin mm. and that the guy that was behind him at club has taken that step. But it, it doesn't actually take away from how Clem is playing yeah. in reality. Um, <laughs> I had Cookie at nine. Uh, my back rowers, I had Olakawatu and I had Sorensen and then I had Isaiah Yeo at 13. My bench... I went Luke Thompson, Fafita, Taumalolo, and Tino from the Titans. Okay, yeah. Fafita was good. Oh, man. I mean, we'll talk about it quickly. 
So yes, last week, like, Fafita got absolutely pizzled last week in the media. Um, and I apologise that I didn't bring it up. Maybe it, or it came out after the show last week. But I just want to bring you up his stats from last week against the Eels. So against a premiership threat. And we all saw, like, the reports of, like, you know, Fafita. Uh, and, and, and everyone's respect everyone's opinion. But he got absolutely annihilated. Like, did you see the same thing? He got annihilated in the press last oh, week? ridiculous. Yeah. He got and, smashed. Yeah. And before he reads out these stats, imagine he's on 700K. Yeah. Yeah, 700K. Matter of fact, just take out what he's take on because yeah. it's irrelevant. Mm. This was his stats where he got annihilated last week. A try, 15 hit-ups, 143 metres, 42 post-contact, four tackle breaks, a line break, two line break assists, two offloads, 34 tackles, zero misses, and only one error with three one-on-one tackles. I think it's also important to point out that he had the most runs for the forward pack of the Titans and the second most runs for his entire team. Yeah, behind Greg Marzu. Marzu. Uh, he, he also had the second most metres behind Marzu. Uh, look, I understand he's on 1.2 million and, and all of that. I, I totally get it. I, I understand that you've got to deliver it, blah, blah, blah. But that's a far cry from the shit he copped last week. I, I just, I understand. People are going to say, well, Denon, he was really quiet a few weeks ago. Yep, fair enough. That's probably the week we should have had the week of like, you know, yep. the really negative media. I don't feel like last week was the week to have the really negative media. Now, got the right reaction. He was fantastic on the weekend. But yeah, I, I was sitting there, when he was getting pizzled in the like media and that, I was like, did they watch the same game? Well, mate, he- as you were reading out those stats, I was, I was following the same column for this week's game. He was arguably better last week. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think he ran for about 10 more metres this week than he did last week, but... Sorry, ran, ran for 10 more metres uh, last week than, than he did for this week, but he was... He's been starting to find his own. Yeah, I, I was really surprised with that. And, you know, this is not to say, oh, you know, he's worth 1.2 million and, and he should keep getting paid that. No, not, not at all. But, like, to say that he is playing shocking... Over the last couple of weeks, I know that there was one or two weeks a while back where I was like, mate, you've got to get more involved. But the last few weeks, I feel like he's been ripping in. Like, yeah. I really, like 15 runs, like, okay, maybe we get him up to 20. Um, like, put it this way, let's say 10 is, he is playing worth 1.2 million. And one is what the, how, he got, how much he got pizzled last week in the media. He's definitely not at one. He's not at 10. I would say he's somewhere in the middle, you know, at a five. And mate, as you just said, oh, let's try and get him to 20. Find me a back row that's having 20 hit-ups. Yes, it's true. You know what I mean? Like, like I think the, you know, and, and we're, we're all guilty of it. We put him on a pedestal because of what he's being paid, which I understand. But, like, to have, you know, 15 or 16 hit-ups, whatever it was, for a back rower, that's great. Yeah, yeah. And, and we, you've got to put into consideration as well, like, he has 15 hit-ups... But he also offers something that no other back row offers, and that is he will literally break a game open like that. Like, he will get you back in the game with a huge play. Uh, whereas most other back rowers, if they take 18 to 20 hit-ups, yes, that is great work. Yes, they may get 180 metres, but they also don't have that huge play in them that Fafita does. So, yeah, look, I'm not saying he's at 10, that oh, he's definitely delivering worth 1.2 worth of value. And I'm not saying he's... I just think that he's definitely not at the place that a lot of people seem to think. I think he's actually a player that has listened to the early season critique mm. and responded really well. 
And I think he's only going to grow from that. I mean, we'll talk about him later. I thought Olkowatu was the best player on the field. 12 hit-ups for 120 metres. Yeah, it's so it's... Um, yeah, it's not saying that he is the best back row on the comp. It's not saying that he's worth 1.2 million, but it is saying here is evidence of a bloke getting involved and trying his best yeah. to uh, respond to the criticism that he received early in the year. What, what are your thoughts on that, Matty? I want to read out Bo Fermor's quote that about Fafita uh, last week. He said, he's defense and work from our own end. He's having 15 carries a game, 30 tackles a game. People are ripping into him saying he's not getting involved enough. He cops a lot. It's very unfair. Are people expecting him to run over everyone and score three tries every week? They forget this is the NRL. Everyone's a good player. He's not going to be able to do those crazy things every week. Mm. I think he hit the nail on the head. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I, you know what's crazy is I know what people are going to say now. Oh, you guys just love the players and you just like want to back the players and that. Well, no, not really. Like we've sat on here plenty of times with players like, and I, I hate to bring him up, but like, you know, we speak about Brooks and we say that he needs to deliver more. There's been plenty of times where, you know, we spoke about Stags a few weeks ago, said he needs to deliver more. So that we, we are not afraid of saying if a player is, you know, needs to deliver more. But I just think that, the last couple of weeks, it's been a little bit unwarranted. This is a guy that has been trying to get involved. Yes, he still has a long way to go to deliver on that price tag. I don't think even Fafida would argue against that. Uh, but he, uh, he wasn't shocking. Oh, I think as well, the, the guy that Matty just brought up, Bo Fermor, if you would have said to me at the start of the year, is Bo Fermor going to start? I would have said no, he won't be in that yeah. starting team. So expectations of Bo were here. Expectations yeah. of Fafida were here. All of a sudden, Bo's there and Fafida's here. We praise this guy. Yeah. The cows come home and feed absolutely like it's a, yeah. it's tough. It's tough, and 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 you know respect. Everyone has their opinion. Absolutely, I, I totally respect that. But I just think that was a bit too harsh for what he was. The reality of what was happening. Yeah. The reality was different to what it seemed like. It honestly seemed like if you just read the media, you didn't watch the games, you would think Fafita had three or four runs. Um, you know, for example, like Dufty. Last week, we were like, wasn't, you know, wasn't good enough. He, he, he must have an in-shoulder injury. He's got to get more involved. Then he comes out and he fucking plays really, like, really well last week. Um, so he needs to find that consistency. Whereas for Feeder, it's like, he's having 15 runs. Like, fuck, I don't know what else. Like, I mean, maybe, like, put it this way. If he has 20 runs, is that getting involved enough? Do you know what I mean? Like, and so we have to ask ourselves, is that media, the amount of negative... Uh, I guess, media that he received, is it worth five runs? Because that's really the difference we're asking for. Because if he has 20 runs, no one can deny he's getting involved. Yeah, and, you know, the way that people talk about Fafita is like, he's 28, 29. <laughs> he's 22 years old in a team. And we've said this from the start, they're, they're a very young spine. Mm. They, they find it hard to sort of get into a rhythm. You see, I mean, they lost on the weekend by eight points. They didn't get off the bus yeah. for the first 30 or 40 yeah. minutes. Like, yeah. he's not in a... He's not in a Melbourne Storm team. He's, you know, he's a young man himself just trying to work out his own brand of rugby league at the moment. Put it this way. Here's a good example, bro. Um, and, and let's remember last week when he got absolutely pizzled, he made 35 tackles, did I say? Yeah. Zero misses. Zero misses with three of them being one-on-one -on -one tackles. Now let's look at... Let's look at Kafusi. 12 runs. 13 runs, sorry. 119 metres. This is against the Sharks. 29 tackles, one miss. No one's talking... Matter of fact, people are saying Kafusi's defence against the Sharks was outstanding. Um, so, yeah, anyway, don't want to blame the point. But I just, I just wanted to point that out because I, I was, like, watching it going, whoa, am I... And maybe I'm wrong. Like, I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm just seeing something else, guys. I'm seeing a player that is trying 
to get involved. That's what that's what I'm seeing right now. Yeah, and when I see Felice Cafusi run out, I don't expect him to have three line breaks and two tries. Whereas yeah. I think that's what people expect with Fafita, yeah. which is yeah. like, yes, he's got that, that, that sort of potential, but you can't expect that week in. This is like, uh, that's the thing also that I think, it, like with a guy like Tao Malolo, runs for these metres, like teams would spend all week with the name Dave Fafita on the whiteboard. How are we going to stop him? How are we going to minimise his impact? At 22 years old, for him to have any impact on games of football with the amount of pressure. Yep. Anyway, yeah. It's, it's, you know what it, it, it is? And we're all aware of it. It's the $1.2 million. Yeah. That's, that's the big elephant in the room that will never be able to escape. And fair enough, fair enough. If you're getting paid that much money, you need to impact the game that much. He didn't sign it himself. But, you know, with that price tag, there's going to become more scrutiny. And that is just the way of the world. The, you know, even if you're a doctor and you're on a big, big coin, you still have high standards that you have to reach uh, in those professions. So I uh, just wanted to point that out. Uh, that was, that's what I'm seeing anyway. I, I think he's bounced back from, I thought the start of the year, he absolutely was very quiet. I think he's bounced back and he's working towards getting better. Uh, now, I wanted to talk about something really quickly. The commentators on the weekend, they, they were kind of, and they've done it for a few weeks now, where an attacking team will put a bomb up and then the attacking runners won't challenge for the ball. They'll wait for the defender to, to drop and then they'll tackle him. And like commentators will kind of be like, what's going on there? Like, why wouldn't you challenge for it? It's because they're being told not to challenge for it because they're trying to get into a grind. They're trying to, if they go up and knock it on, what happens? The game stops, they get a scrum. Is it a scrum? Oh, it's on the fifth play, it's just a turnover, turnover right? Yeah, yeah. whatever. Um, it, it's a turnover, everything stops. And the grind, you, you get out of the grind. So you're giving, the, you're giving the defensive team time to recoup and then come out of their end. By allowing them to catch, and, and that we used to get told it was called a cage kick. And it's basically like, a, put it up in the corner, don't challenge for it, get them in the corner, and then we bash the fuck out of them in defence. So I just wanted to point that out. I think the other thing to consider as well, you know, a lot of these times, if you put it up and then you guys compete for the ball and the, the defensive team knocks on, it's a penalty nine times out of ten. Yeah. They say it's tackled in the air when it's, it's so blatantly... Which players are running into these going, I'm going to smack him in the air? Yeah, I know. It's, like, uh, it's yeah. ridiculous. You, are, it's, in saying that, there are some where I'm like, how do you not know that's going to be a penalty? I think yeah. like Talakai on the yeah, weekend. Yeah, Talakai. I was actually, I was as like, I said it, I was yeah. playing that in my head, yeah. I'm like, bro, that is like, so, like we all know it's a yeah. penalty. Don't do it. But that's the exception, yeah, not to, the yeah, example. 100%, this, totally what you're agree. saying is exactly right. If they come down, you lie on them. Most of the time when they come down, they hit the ground, voluntary tackle, you get that extra two seconds to lie on them. Yeah. You set your defense and, and you're ready to go. Yeah. Because like the difference is if you, let's say you go up for the catch, worst case scenario is you fly through, miss it, they catch it and run 80. That's the worst case scenario. Now, don't get me wrong, your center should come off and cover you. But if, if you knock it on, their whole forward pack just walks on back. They slow the play to ball down. Now they've got, instead of a winger taking a scoot, They've got, you know, Payne Haas coming off the back fence. It's a very different set. Yeah. Um, so that, that is, whether you agree or disagree with it, and you could say, you know, some coaches are more attacking mind, they've got a more attacking mindset. So you'd be like, fair enough, like they just want to attack. Um, but I'm just explaining the reason why it happens. Like I, don't, I think a lot of fans and commentators aren't aware the players are told not to jump. Now that's very different too when you see players don't kick chase hard. That makes me furious, especially as a winger. If the, as soon as the ball goes up, you better be there when it lands. Like I, that, that's, that really frustrates me when I see that. Anyway, um, and that was in the Raiders-Cowboys game that they were a bit shocked. But anyway, on to Raiders-Cowboys. What did you think of this match? Yeah, um, disappointing from Canberra, but <clears throat> not surprising. 
Mm. I, I don't I I feel like every week you could take what we say the week before with Canberra and replay it. I just I can't work out what is going on with this side. To lead twelve nil going into half time at home, to lose that game, it just so disappointing for them. And like, you know, Cowboys are, are a good side. I wouldn't say they're a great side either. Like it's not like they're they're losing a twelve nil lead to, you know, Penrith or Melbourne. Um yeah, I d I don't know where to for Canberra. I Yeah. I'm so miffed by this side and why they're not successful. <coughs> I just can't yeah. I have a theory of why they lost this game. What do you reckon, Matty? It's funny, like twenty minutes into the game when they were up twelve nil and dominating, my mate Tom texted me saying I reckon Raiders are going to blow this lead. I remember looking at the text thinking, nah, like, not again. Like, mm. they've, I think the stat came up on Fox. They've, they've blown the most double-digit leads of any teams in the last couple of years. But, like, they had, I think they had 50, 57% of the ball in the first half. They just dominated. They should have been up by more. But then when uh, was it, uh, Lukey scored uh, in the 45th minute, you just had this feeling that they were, they were going to fall to pieces, and they did. It was... It's kind of sad. It was. I just. If I was a Raiders fan, I just. I'd be shaking my head. Mm. I, I just don't. I don't know. <clears throat> uh, the reason I think they lost that game was pure patience. Pure patience. Because if you go back and watch that game, they were dominant. They were cool, calm, collected. First forty minutes, they probably could have scored more, but they stayed patient. They didn't get stupid. They come out in the second half. There's a scrum play. They hit a short ball to Semi Valame. That's uh, like on the line ball. Like, it, it, if you're ahead by whatever points they were ahead by, it was like 12-6 or whatever, um, you don't need to make that play. And so Semi drops the ball, Cowboys go up the other end, and then the whole momentum of the game changes. And I just think that Cowboys had Chad Townsend there to stay patient, stay patient, don't get ahead of ourselves, and that's what won them the game. I think the Raiders uh, really missed – they really could have used – like an ex- now, don't get me wrong, I think Schneider's been great, uh, but that's where – if Schneider was more experienced, he probably would have had more pull to say, Stay, don't, don't make that play. Don't make that play. Now, I don't know who passed it to Semi Valame. It, it could have either been Wyden or um, Schneider. And, and like, that's just one play. So it's not, the, it's not the reason that they lost. It's just an example of impatience. And that's where I feel like the Raiders uh, are lacking at the moment is they're, they're just lacking patience. Like they, they've got the side. They've been in games. And, and they seem to just think they need to score. Like when they're, you know, when they're attacking, instead of get a repeat set, get a repeat set. Uh, and I don't know whether that's because Whiten is so keen to just, he's so aggressive. Mm. Because I thought Whiten had a good game again, you know, like for most of the game anyway. And he was really a big part of their getting momentum. What, what do you got there, Matt? Just to your point of um, being impatient, if you want to simplify it, they had four errors in the last 15 minutes. That's what I mean. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're just, there's just patience. It, it, honestly, that is why they lost the game. Whereas Townsend was just, even though they got dominated that first 40, it would have been very easy for Townsend to go, shit, like, but look at the scoreboard. It was only 12-0 for most of it. Um, get the job done, and they did. Yeah, and I mean, like, you saying that, you're, you're, I agree with you, mm. but... Mate, these guys were the kings of the grind two and a half years ago. Mm. Like, yeah, you know, and yeah, they have got, have got a young halfback, but I, I just feel like their pack isn't up for these contests anymore either. Mm. Mm. I, I, I'm not sure if I've seen a pack that respectfully underachieves more than what they are when you consider their entire team. Mm. Like, there's guys like <coughs> Ryan Sutton. Mm. 
he, he hasn't been in the team the first five weeks. He walks in. I think he would walk into most forward packs mm. in the NRL, and they just they just don't look like they're ever up for a contest to me. They don't look like the Raiders of a few years ago. Nowhere sure. near it. And, and that's like, it's all energy and attitude. So I, I don't know to what it is. I do know Ricky, um, you know, obviously post-match press conference, he was kind of like, he kind of said like, I'm sick of defending my players. Like he implied that anyway. Cause like usually Ricky will come in there and go, you know, the boys, you know, they had a lot of effort, a lot of effort. Whereas uh, the post-match press conference, he was kind of like, there was a few guys that had a red hot crack, but some of these guys really need a hard talking to. Um, yeah, look, it's a tough time for Raiders. I don't know what direction they go. Do you think, are we starting to smell a real rebuild? Like, what are we talking in? I think so, mate. I was looking at um, the Roosters had their reunion and Ricky Stewart was a coach of that side from 02. And just watching him, you know, obviously he was walking around that ground with his forward pack from 02 and like incredibly talented players, but they were just all built on effort. Yeah. And they were there for each other. Mm. Your Fitzgibbons, your Ricketsons, your Kalis, your Morleys, these sort of guys. And I just... The Raiders just don't have that. That that. Well, they used that, to. Watch they crazy used. That's you. the thing, mate. Yeah. And like, oh, I was just thinking, like, fuck, maybe John Bateman is a huge loss. I watched them play half a season without John Bateman, and they had more grit in them than what mm. they've got now. But do you think he brought that at training? Which yeah, helped? that's the. Yeah, that's a, you, you're probably right there. But I just, I, I cannot believe the difference between them now and where they were a year ago. Mm. Like, and I still, I get cock-teased every week thinking, this is the week. Same, bro. This is the one. It's been happening for 18 fucking months. Yeah. They're getting worse, if anything. Yeah. It's, uh, I mean, it's hard to argue against. And the, the tough thing for the, the, the Raiders is I can't really pinpoint a player and go, he's not up to first grade or he isn't playing you know, like I think Tarpani is playing some great footy. I think Papa Lee had a red hot crack at the start of the game, most of the game. But I, I don't know. It just it's if I had to guess, it looks like a team that isn't taking on board Ricky's messaging as much as they used to. Maybe that's that's if I had to guess. There seems yeah. a bit of a, di- a bit of a disconnect. I, like I, I I look at Josh Papali and he's been a top shelf front rower for a long time. I think he's the second best Raiders front rower ever behind Lazarus. You, you've said the same thing. But I also look at the Roosters and Rhea Hargraves has been that guy for a long time. And as Rhea Hargraves gets older, <coughs> he plays less minutes, and other guys step up around him. Mm. I just look at the Raiders and outside of Tapene, I'm just like. This like I, I would like if you would have said to me a year ago looking at Lindsay Collins compared to Corey Horsburgh, Emre Gula, these sort of guys, you know, who's gonna be the one that's gonna be the alpha out of these guys? Mm. Lindsay would have been my last guess out of those guys. Mm. I just I don't know, I just and Tapene is great, but I I I can't can't work this forward pack yeah, out. I can't work I, it out either. Oh, I'm I'm of the same mind, mate. I honestly don't know what the issue is. And as I said, I can't really pinpoint one person and be like you know, I would say the Hodgson in the middle. Yep. I think we're really starting to see, you know, to be fair, they've lost Hodgson. They've lost Fogarty. I think Fogarty would have been a real... I think with Fogarty on the field, they'd probably be a bit more patient with his experience at seven. Uh, who else have they lost? So they've lost, um, they've lost Hodgson and Fogarty. Yeah, I mean, it's half there. Spine, tough, tough their spine. spine gone. Yeah, and Hodgson was—he's their captain. We to, I know that uh, he he has stepped down. Yeah, but that's their captain. Uh, he's their leader, like their spiritual leader. So I think that him in the middle leg, you know, revving up the middle forwards. Maybe that's what they're missing. You know, an experienced nine to go. You know, boys, let's fucking go. 
I will say, I'm not going to pretend that I know the X's and O's of the game like you do, but like I love Harawira Nira. Like he's one of my favorite players, but I just he doesn't. They don't give the ball to him enough. Harawira Nira. Harawira Nira. Yeah. In my uh, opinion, like look at the look at the tap one. He's so skillful. Yeah. But like I just I remember just screaming at my TV, just saying, "Oh, just give it to him. See what he can do." Yeah, give him more ball. Yeah, he's he's so good, Corey so Harawira Nira. He's playing. That's what I mean. you know. What's crazy is he is playing fantastic. Mm. Yeah. And Whiten, I also believe, is playing really well. Uh, I, I don't know what the answer is. I, I feel sorry for Raiders fans. Do you, uh, you know, I would have to assume that Fogarty, when he's fit, he comes in and plays seven. I think, I think so. And it's not a reflection of Schneider, yeah. how he's playing. I just think that some changes have to be made. It's a reflection of what the team needs. Yeah, like what the team need, needs yeah. right now. Yeah. Like Schneider, I actually think Schneider's been pretty good. Yeah. Like, I think in this scenario where they haven't been playing well, for him to even be solid is actually a credit to him. Yeah. Also, when Fogarty comes back, Schneider's got four months of first go under his belt, so he'll be good for the run anyway. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? Maybe you put him on at 14 and you, you have him uh, playing nine, switching with Stalin maybe. He's a bit of a bigger body. He might be able to handle it. I, I don't know. But when Fogarty comes... If you asked me that a couple of weeks ago, I would have said Schneider keeps his spot. Because I, I just thought the Raiders were... It seemed like things were kind of clicking. But you, you tell, ask me that now, after a few games now where they're just in and out of games, I think Fogarty would really help that experience yeah. side of things. Oh, I'd argue that I think Schneider's... You could argue that he's potentially a better footballer. Fogarty's a better halfback. Mm. And I think the halfback is what they need yeah. in that spot. I'd love to find a spot for Schneider in that <laughs> team. I had a few people message me about maybe moving like... Jack to 13 and playing Schneider at six. You need Jacks at six. You need him, yeah. You, yeah. Can't, you can't move him, but I... I think like Wyden in like the Roosters or whatever would be great at 13. Like yeah. obviously you've got Victor Rutherford there, but you know what I'm saying. Whereas at Canberra, they so desperately need his leadership. Like Wyden, the amount of time, like what I love, one of my most loved parts of Wyden's game is when he knows they're under pressure, he gets the ball in the fourth, he tells his outside men we're kicking and we're fucking chasing as hard as we can and turns it into a defensive set. He does yeah. that so, he does it nearly better than anyone in the comp where he gets everyone on board and then he just bashes the fuck out of the centre and the winger when they come in. Um, but yeah, I, I just, I thought on the weekend, pure patience and Fogarty probably would have brought that patience yeah. or at least had the experience to go, when that play with Semi was about to happen, go, boys, let's just, come, like, let's just get a repeat set if we have to. If the, the try is going to come, let's not force it. The try is going to come. Um, so glass half full. It's a long season. At the end of the day, they've still won. They've gone three from six. Uh, three from six or two yeah. from four, yeah. No, Sorry, two. Three. They're two from five. Two from two from six. Two from six. Two two from six. They're two and four. Yeah, yeah two, two and, and four. four. Is record. So it's not like and, and a lot of their games were close losses that they lost outside of I mean even Melbourne they came back a bit. So glass half full. It's a long season. They're not in the same boat as let's say you know the Tigers or whatever. I don't think it's panic stations yet, but I do believe that if they can't work this out by round ten, if, if they're still. The problem with the, t the Raiders is it's it's not the fact that they're losing. It's like the way that they're losing. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, if they can't fix this mid-year, I think some real tough to conversations are going to be They have the unfortunate time. task of playing Penrith next week as well. Fuck. Yeah, and you, you mentioned the way they're losing. Like, <coughs> um, I, I, I don't want to put the shoe into a young guy, but you could see how, dis how frustrating it was for Ricky Stewart after the game when he brought Savage in. 
Um, you know, Savage comes off his, his left foot on that play, gets pushed out. He's then a little bit out of position on that last play where they score off. And, you know, I, I, when I actually watched this game, I was at a, a birthday, so I sort of watched the corner of my eye. I watched the whole thing the next day, and I, I remember just getting home on Thursday night and just seeing social media, everyone bagging Charns. And I just – I watched the game the next day, and I was like, you know what, he had two or three errors. But, I mean, he, he got the quick play the ball on the first try – that the uh, dummy half scored off. And, I mean, I, the, the way that the crowd cheered on Xavier Savage when he came on the field, fuck, I feel for Chance. Oh, man. Like they, the, uh, respectfully to him, the Cowboys do not score that last plot try if Chance is at fullback. Yeah. And this is this is what Ricky said after the, the, the game. He said uh, the reason why Savage hasn't been in the side is exactly for what we just saw. The game is on the line. He takes a hit up to the edge of the field when there's no way Chance does that. Not because one is better than the other. That's it. All that was was pure experience. experience That's yep. it. So it's not a knock on Savage. I think Savage is, you know, I think he's going to be fantastic. Um, you know, I, I believe that you have to go the natural progression of fight your way into the side on the wing and let Chance play for the year or half year or whatever at fullback. Uh, and then you go into the next season thinking, okay, now the challenge is on to Chance. And if Chance still plays better, you keep Chance there. But it, it would, you know what? It, was bitter, it would have been bittersweet for Ricky because he wouldn't want Savage to play poorly yeah. and hurt himself or whatever. But he made a good point. He's like, you guys all want X Factor. You all want me to put Savage in. I put him in and his inexperience cost him. Yeah. And if you, if you just watch that last try the Cowboys scored and you watch where he's defending, they go... They're on like the right-hand side of the sticks. He's at the A defender, and it goes Tamalolo, Townsend, then to Drinkwater. <coughs> By the time Townsend's got the ball, Xavier Savage is up on the ten-meter line, mm. going sideways, and like you just you can't get caught that far out of position in the NRL, especially with a guy like Chad. He would have identified that straight away. Yeah, and you know what? Credit to him, Savage. He almost got back there. He was a meter out, but it's that meter. There can be a mile in the NRL. Well, you may as well, like, you know, he wasn't there. That's the. That's you might the, as well have not yeah. been there. That's the reality of it. Yeah. And so that this is why uh, on this show, we, I constantly say we have to give these rookies time, guys. Yep. Like, I know it's exciting. I know it looks like when you're a struggling club and you see this young guy come in and kill it. There is, there's a reason why Wayne Bennett used to take time to bring guys in. There's a reason why all the great coaches, Storm, are really patient. These guys need experience. They need games under their belt. I think in the long run, this will be great for Savage. I think you'll learn heaps from it. And there's no doubt in my mind that Savage is going to be a great first grader. Yeah. Uh, I think Ricky needs to handle this with soft gloves in the sense of like making sure Savage is aware of the error, but making sure that he keeps his confidence because a talent like that, like a natural talent like Savage, you don't want to take away his gift, which is explosive ball running. Yeah. Um, I, I think that this is what I believe probably went through Savage's head. I'm going to take this short side because I might be able to burn him. But if I do get hit, I'm strong enough to get to the ground. But obviously in NRL, he hasn't had much NRL. So he doesn't know that every single player that's playing is the man in their position. Yeah. Um, and on a Sunday afternoon on a dry track playing the <clears throat> Cup, you probably get away with it. You definitely get away with it. But that's the that's – the, and that's what yeah. Ricky's been talking about the entire season when he's talking about these two. What we've been saying as well, it's runs on the boards over highlights packages. Yeah, because they'll come in. Yeah. Like, Savage will come in. So, oh, I love Savage, and I hope it doesn't uh, hurt his confidence too much. I don't think it will. I hope his shoulder's okay. That was my main concern for him. Yeah. His shoulder looked hurt. Uh, I, uh, it 
And also, to be really clear, it wasn't Savage's fault they lost the game. Yeah, you know, for sure. The, the, they were, the Raiders put themselves in that position by being un, not patient uh, in the, to close out a game. And who usually would close out a game? An experienced 9 or 7. They're the ones that close out a game. Who closed out the game for the Cowboys? Chad. Chad Townsend. And everyone wants to put now, now you know, everyone wants to put shit on like Townsend signing an 800k deal with the Cowboys. What are they thinking? They're thinking this is a premiership winning seven that although he may not be Alfie Langer, Andrew Johns or whatever, he is, got, he is mature and patient and he'll close games out that we need to close out. And the Cowboys, they had a lot of games last year that they needed just to close out and they couldn't. Um, anyway, so with the Raiders, uh, the glass half full is that, yes, it is a two and four start, but a few of those games are two points. So you fix up just a little bit you fix up those four errors and you drop that to two errors, maybe you win the game. So yeah. the, the, it's not too far away. They're not too far away from being a finals footy side, in my opinion. And I know, you know Raiders fans may be like, well, fuck, like we used to be a premiership threat. I think that's not really the reality anymore. The reality is, is, is trying to find that culture first and just winning the games you can, maybe get a bit of confidence and then you might become that premiership threat again. So... Not that they're not too far off. Just a few little tweaks here or there, and it's only round six. It's yeah. only round six. Yeah, it's early days. Early days, plenty of time to fix it up. It seems as though the, there's no bad blood between Ricky and the playing group as well, even though there does, there's not the same connections that they may have used to be. It does seem that they've gotten past the, the bad blood of last year. Uh, so, look, just got to keep working, and hopefully they can bounce back um, because I can't really pinpoint one player that says – Week in, week out, he's the reason yeah, they it's lost. It's your fault. Yeah. yeah, it's just a culmination of an error here, an error there, and, and that's where they get lost. Now, on to the Cowboys. Uh, look, I thought that this was a really good example of a culture, a good culture being built at the club because they had every reason to throw that game away. They go down to the Can- Canberra, they start off poorly, and they found a way to pull it all together and get the win in the end. What do you think, what do you think Matty, about the Cowboys? I don't know why, but I keep, I just keep forgetting that they have Talmalola. And, like, if you look at his numbers on the weekend, he had 114 post-contact metres, which was, which was more than any normal metres of his team in the forwards. Yep. So, yeah, I thought he was great. Um, That's why he's my 13. Like, he played fucking oh, really well. Unbelievable. Um, and I, I think as well, it's so good to see Val Holmes play good. Yeah. It just, it warms the heart a little bit. Um, but, yeah, they were terrible. Well, not, I mean, they were pretty bad in the first half, I think. Nanai had a half to forget, and I'm glad that he scored in that second half because he, I think he gave away four penalties in the first half. Um, but yeah, they, they showed, as you said before, patience to, to come back and win that game. And that whole second half, it just looked like they were going to come back and win. Yeah. Yeah. The, Nanai, that's his, his big, his consistency is his issue. He's young. He's young. Yep. Uh, he, he was incredible a few weeks ago. But if you remember our podcast, we spoke about it, I think, two weeks before he had that great game. And we're like, he missed 10 tackles. Like, and so these, these are like, it's almost like imagine a sculptor and you're just trimming away all of this stuff and the best version of Nanai will come out. So uh, always got to sort out consistency. I think he will do it. I think it's great that the Cowboys re-signed him. Doesn't sound like it was a contract that broke the bank either. Yeah. Um, and so I, it's going to give him time to develop, really, a lot of time to develop. Uh, and I think as well them signing him for the one year 
Mm. Puts the ball in his court. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know, we, we know you've got endless potential. And I, I think it's a win for both, both Absolutely. parties. I think it's good for, for Luke. He, he can go away and sort his stuff out. And the Cowboys, if, it, if he hasn't sorted out in a year, they have got, they've got Luciano Lelua there arriving next year. They've got Highland Lukey, so they can make moves if they want to. I think, it's, I think his manager, whoever it is, or whoever gave him advice, I think the advice was, mate, you're so young. Sign a one-year deal. Work on your game. I obviously interviewed Nico Hines here a while ago. And the year before he eventually signed up with the Sharks, signed with the Sharks, he rang his manager and said, mate, let's go looking now. Like, I'm not going to get a crack. Such a good side, very hard to get into. And his manager said to him, mate, just give it 12 more months, become a better footy player, and then we'll put you on the market. And look how much that helped him. Well, you said the same thing about your career, didn't you? Yeah, I mean, I wish I had of that. I yeah, wish I had that. that. I yeah. wish, I fucking wish someone had said to me, mate, yes, the Broncos have told you that you're the third string hooker. Uh, third string hooker. I fucking wish. <laughs> third string winger. Um, but you will fight your way back in. Like, look how you fought your way back in this time, but no one told me that. Like, literally no one told me that. Um, but that's insane that. I'm a grown man. I make my decisions, so it's my fault. Uh, what do you think about the Cowboys overall? Yeah, I thought it was a really good effort for them to come back in that game, um, especially down there in Canberra. Very tough road trip. I just love the way the halves are playing. They're just uh, And I'll be the first one to say that I would have had drink water in the halves at the start of the year, but... So wrong. I, th- I think drinky has been really good at fullback. I thought he was good the other the other night as well. Um, came up with a try assist and was unlucky not to get another one, which I thought was a really good play by him. Um, yeah, they're trending in the right direction, the Cowboys. So I, as much as it's only, you know, a six-point win over Canberra, doing it down there from 12-0, it's bloody impressive. Oh, mate. Cowboys going down there, Canberra, the cold Cowboys time. going down, yeah. like it's just, it's opposite climate. It's, yeah, yeah it's impressive. Yeah, absolutely. And I was, I think earlier in the week, I tipped Cowboys. And then by the end of the week, I tipped Raiders because I was like, fuck that trip, man. It's a big trip yeah. for them. It's a, it's what, three, three or four hour flight. Uh, the weather is fucking freezing. Uh, yeah, I thought it was a great win. I think, uh, man, they got a, a really good problem on their hands because... I think it's hard to put Paul Drinkwater out of that fullback position. So I really I. do. Yeah. But I also think it's hard to move Talungi or to move – you're not going to move Felt or Holmes. Hiku. Fuck, how good's Holmes? Like, Matty just mentioned it. He's incredible at the moment. And Mate, he's been given it. a bit of a license to roam around. It was good watching um, him and um, Jordan Rapana, who sort of have a similar role in their sides. Obviously, as you mentioned before, when you have that player, it does sometimes um, mess up. Uh, your edges. There was a there was a play there for the Raiders where you saw Rapana come into the middle. Schneider got it and, and he kicked to space. Mm-hmm. There was no one there. Like, yep. like that that can happen sometimes. But I think having guys like Val pushing through the middle. Like that, that try that he scored at the end, where I think it was Hiku just threw a floater into the middle of the field, and he yep. just like so hard to defend when you've already got your eyes on guys. Whether it's Drinkwater um, or Hamiso, to just have Val floating around there. So dangerous. So, like, if you would have said to me 12 months ago, who's going to be the centres for Queensland over the next few years, I would have said, fuck if I know. Yeah. Yep. Cape Wall, maybe. Yeah. I mean, Val Holmes, God, he solved a problem there. A massive problem. It is, it, like, when you look at it, you go, Val Holmes, Gagai centres, yeah, I can live with that. Yeah. My, yeah I can live with that. It's crazy to think, like, if Michael Morgan was still playing, he'd probably still be a centre for Queensland. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. Now, now we're talking about out-and-out proper centres. And Val Holmes, he's going to be a serious problem for the Blues this year. Yeah, I love that Val Holmes' uh, redemption arc 
Uh, it's going to be interesting come contract time, though. I don't know when he comes off. I think it's in another year or two. But he'll obviously have to take a little bit of a cut, I think. Well, this is the thing. You, you play better, but yeah. because you're in a different position, you get less. Yeah, I know. It's Realistically. It's wild. Yeah. yeah. But uh, that's just the reality of it. And the good thing is for Holmes is he's made his money, you know. Oh, but Holmes is off contract. He's on contract till the end of 2025. Oh, wow. Yeah, so he's and I, set. And I would argue as well, the way that he's playing with his roaming role... He's almost having more impact in the game. He's having more impact on the game in a fullback kind of role when he's roaming yeah. than what he was when he was actually playing fullback for the Cowboys. Yeah, no, I agree. He's having much more impact in the yeah, game. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I, I don't know if I worded that. You know what I reckon yeah, it is, yeah. though? I reckon it's because he can choose when he comes yeah, in he rather can. than having to do the shit fucking yeah. hit-ups. Um, yeah, so look, great game from Holmes. Great game from Hickey as well. I thought Hickey was really good. Um, Scott Drinkwater, I, I think... There's going to be a tough, tough. Someone's getting so unfairly dropped because I don't know how you, I don't know how you take him out of that fullback spot. I really don't. No, like, I couldn't. Take I just, him out. I don't know how you do it. And if I'm playing against the Cowboys and Drinky isn't at one, I've got to tell you, I'm stoked. Mm. As much as Hammer brings his own problems, we said it the last few weeks. Drinky can beat you in a number of ways, which Hammer can't. Yep. Um, I feel. I just really feel. Whoever is not going to make that side, whether it's Drinkwater, it might be Drinkwater. I feel sorry for it. I think that the real positive is, is how long has it been since we've looked at a Cowboys backline and gone, fuck, like, yeah. this is a top-tier backline. Gun to your head. Cowboys playing finals footy this year. They're seventh at the moment. They're a smoky. They're a smoky for sure. Um, are they playing finals footy? Oh. So you basically, let's say, okay, you've, you've guaranteed, like, the Sharks will make it. Let's say, so you've got Sharks, Roosters, Panthers, Rabbitohs, um, Eels, Manly. Okay, so, so as it stands spots. right now, all those teams are in front of them except South, who are eighth. The yeah. teams below them. So one of these teams is going to have to take the Cowboys out for them not to play finals. Warriors, Titans, Knights, Canberra, Dragons, Brisbane. See, I, I really like the Warriors, eh? I think they're playing some fucking... Their defence mm. on the weekend was outstanding. And if they can get home at some point, yep. they're going to be... Yeah. And I mean, mate... We'll talk about it when we get there, but to do that without Matt Lodge as well, yeah, very impressive performance from the Warriors. And um, what I love though is like, yeah, there probably is a bit of a gap between the top five and the rest of the, the, the table, but I think this mid-table has really spiced up. It's almost like a finals for that first those those last the six and the seven and eighth position. It's almost like a comp in itself. Yeah. And I, that's not disrespect for anything. That's just the way it's Mate, shaken out. In saying that, the Warriors pushed the Roosters the other day. That was a game they could have won. Canterbury, I thought they were all over South Sydney in the first 20 minutes until the yeah. sin bin. Uh, I look at Manly, the Titans, as much as I thought Manly was the better side, the Titans only, I mean, you, you give that try to Bo Fermore in, in the last minute, all of a sudden they lose by two points. Yeah, like, for sure. The, there it's is a gap between better. the top and the bottom, but it's a lot smaller. Yeah, nowhere near as big as last nowhere year. Nowhere near. No. So yeah, that that seven and eighth position is really interesting. It's really I, I just I I you know what I think there's a bigger gap between there's a big gap still between Panthers, Storm, maybe Eels and Sharks and everyone else at the moment. I mean, this Manly are playing some fucking great footy though. Anyway, it's uh it's interesting. I love it. I love the fact that whereas like last year it was like it doesn't even matter who comes seventh seventh or eighth because yeah. we know that they're not going to challenge the big seats. dogs. Yeah. Um. I think with the Cowboys though, like it was a year ago, we were saying they are the biggest swing team in rugby league. Yeah. We've got no idea what's going to happen. Throw a chat in there. Yeah. Who two clubs decided they didn't want any more in the last twelve months, and all of a sudden we're saying I don't know if they fall out of the top eight. It's yeah. crazy. It's crazy. It's it's a. Uh, 
I think Peyton deserves a lot of raps for getting yeah. in there um, because they're, they're doing pretty well. Uh, they're doing really well. So, look, very promising signs for the Cowboys. And it's great to see Tamalolo punch out 250, 50, 55 metres. And, like, it's, isn't it weird how... If, the, if, if you don't get talked about a lot in the media, all of a sudden you just, you're not one of the top tier players, but then you can put on games like this and no one talks about it because the media's not talking about it. Yeah. They dictate what we, they dictate who's good and not good so much. Like it's crazy. And, and it's, once, it's fair enough. Yeah. And once again, credit to Todd Payton because he's gone, you know what, I, maybe I've been overthinking the room with Tamalolo, just let him play footy. Yeah. He's getting the best out of him. And, you know, it's hard to fall back on your sword sometimes like that. Mm. But Todd, to his credit, he's getting the very best out of his team. So well done to him. Yeah, absolutely. And well done, well done to the Cowboys on a big win. Down in Canberra now, on to Rabbitohs, the Doggies. What did you think of this game, mate? Uh, yeah, I thought, as I said, Canterbury, I thought they started really well. It was... um. It felt like to me the first twenty minutes, both of these teams had gone in with a real mindset. We need to complete our sets. Yeah, it was a re- it was like a game of tennis. Just just wait and see who was going to crack first. Um, Flano he set up that first try to Naden with a cracking ball, beautiful ball, uh, sensational. Such, such a good pill to throw. Um, they then were down there again. Uh, I think it was Josh Jackson. T- he he lost control of a, of a pass or whatever. Turned the ball over there, and then that's just that was for me. As you can't, as an experienced main guy, and he he absolutely works his ring off, and he's had so many games where he doesn't do that. But it was such a crucial error, and I think you could see by his reaction, he knew yeah. how crucial it was. He oh. knew that he, when you when you're coming up against these top sides and you've got them on the ropes, you cannot let them. Um, they could have been twelve nil up. Mate, know? could have quite easily been twelve nil up. And then, as we said before, the Jeremy Marshall King, I. If you, if you have a look, a look at his stats and you take out the fact that he got simbinned, cracking game from mm. Marshall King. I thought the first 20 minutes he was so good. He got through a heap of work, uh, but it was a, a really dumb penalty. It was just – and you heard Josh Jackson say after the game that the, the referee had warned them. Oh, 100% the referee It's coming, it's coming, it's yeah. coming. And JM, just not a smart moment from JMK. Uh, and, yeah, as I said before, that 10 in the bin – it turned into 18 nil. Yeah, which was, changed the whole game. Yeah, and, and the game. other thing that it did was that, and Matty, you'll be able to talk about it more, but there were so many breaks in that 10-minute period mm. that as much as it, like, it, it, for me, I was watching it going, there were so many breaks that actually got, it, it allowed South Sydney to prepare what they were doing mm. every <laughs> single time. Yeah. And um, they, they just made Canterbury pay. I think they missed out on one try, so it could have been. Well, there was, yeah, they they scored four times in that 10 minutes and one of them was disallowed. One of them was disallowed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Crazy. But that, that 10 minutes went for about 25 minutes because there were so many stoppages. It was, a, um, it was kind of annoying watching it, but yeah, it you're right, it did help watch, South. Yeah. What do you think of the game, Matty? I mean, I loved it as a South fan. Back to the time thing, um, my mates were bagging me out because I kept saying, like, this game isn't going to make the Channel 9 news cut off. It finished at 6.08. It's supposed to finish at like 10 to 6 or something. They were just yeah. so many stoppages during the game, which was annoying. But besides that, I think uh, credit to Jason Demetrio. I think something that hasn't been used over the past few years is bombing the Campbell Graham. He wins every contest. Mm. It, it, it's great to see. So every, every time I know Ilias or Walker put a bomb to him, he, he seems to catch it like they were utilising that. Um, but yeah, South just took advantage of that extra man in the in that 10-minute period. And it was the game was over in... <laughs> Yeah, you know, once that like, I felt like Bulldogs had the upper hand. Like before the game, I I don't know. I I just sniffed. I could feel like like the Bulldogs may come out and do something 
take it to the Rabbitohs. But as soon as that 10 minutes happened, boom. It was just like the life yeah. got taken out of them. Uh, and that's the Bulldogs' fault. It's not the, the Rabbitohs' fault. It was 9-6 against to 2. So the Bulldogs were really testing the ref in that, yeah. in that time. Yeah. The bull, like, I do feel like there were a few calls that are pretty tough on the doggies that game. Um, you know, but don't get me wrong. Don't, we'll get to the referees uh, on the weekend. We'll get to that. The other one that I just oh, I couldn't figure out, and uh, I, I don't know if we want to come back to it, how on earth was Josh Jackson allowed to stay on the field? Oh, fuck. I, I was just sitting there waiting, waiting. They'll pull him off, they'll pull him off. And I, I don't know if the doctors were just so busy with everyone else that was injured, but how on earth that flew under the radar, that head clash, that was, he was covered. He, he looked like a piece of art walking right. around on the field. And, and then they like, didn't... You had like, what, two weeks, like three or four weeks ago, blokes like were getting touched... Like kicked in the nuts and he got taken. He got taken off. Yeah, Fuck. and and like that game against Penrith, if he doesn't like, he's a key player in their team. Yeah, look I, again. I, it's just I don't understand. I don't I don't get how it's so different game to game. Maybe it's different doctors that see different things. But Execution. Yeah. This is what we spoke about the moment it started. Yeah. You might be right. They might have been worrying about the stretcher coming on the field because that. He was knocked out. Like, that yeah. was pretty heavy. Oh, just... But, not to make I, excuses, but... It was so... Yeah. Ob- that one was so obvious to me. Of yeah. Like, look, if we really are about this... And Josh is a warrior. Like, he's a warrior. But if we really are about this and, you know... We've had other teams that essentially have been disadvantaged for much less. And then Bulldogs happens and... They like, showed a replay of it three times, the head clash. He then walked around covered in blood. All I can think mm. of is, is what you've kind of said is like maybe they were so focused on the other guy yeah. that they just for, like forgot. And then by the time maybe they figured it out, it was too late. I, I don't know. I don't know. But um, yeah, from the Bulldogs, I, I just thought a couple of their backs let them down. Mm. You know, I, I thought unfortunately Naden probably had a game he'll forget. Uh, he had five errors. Uh, he bombed a try, and then he probably should have scored another one. Uh, I also think Avrilo made a couple of errors. Uh, I think Burton, there was a few poor kicking choices. Because, look, I think the doggies forward pack, it, they hang in with teams. They really do. I just, I just think as an outside back, you you've can't afford to let your team down with a bunch of errors. Um, so, yeah, I, they, they're just missing... They just need to figure that out. You know what I mean? They need to figure out. They get themselves in a good position to go on with the game. And then they'll make, like, error here, error there. And all of a sudden, the game gets away from them. Uh, so they've just got to find a way to stay stay in the game, in the zone, for 80 minutes. Like, yeah. just and stay concentrated. Like, I texted you after about 20 minutes and said, fuck, they're playing well, but it's 6-0. Yeah. It's only 6-0. Souths are going to start to play eventually. And unfortunately, that was magnified by the sin bidding. Mm. Uh, but yeah, with the start they had, you'd want to hope that they put more than six, a six-point lead on the yeah. ball. Or, or at least just like... Or build more pressure. Yeah, build like, pressure. Yeah. yeah. yeah like like Souths like, were allowed to come out of their end, but then you get to your end and it was just panic stations. It just didn't look like South Sydney. And yep. yeah, I, I think if Souths were on from the first minute, Canterbury could have found themselves in a bit more trouble because they didn't make them pay enough for me. Yeah, I, I just they just need to find a way to concentrate more. And at, from, as from their outside backs, all they really need is just like a lot of runs, low error count. Yeah. Um, and also finish the tries. Like when you get an opportunity to score, you need to score it. Like watching the, the Storm game, I think they had like no tackles in the – no, sorry, they had three line breaks or whatever and they got three tries. Three tries. And I think that's what really separates the good teams from the teams that struggle is that the good teams – Every time they get a half chance, they take it. It's done. It's a try time. 
Whereas the doggies, I just think that they get these half chances and they'll drop it over the line or they'll take the wrong option um, or, or they'll, you know, be building pressure and they just make an unforced error. So until they fix that, it's not they're just they're going to keep losing games, unfortunately. Yeah, and look, I don't think it's the reason why they lost this game, but the injuries they did had obviously they had to move Matty Burton out to centre and um, bring Wakeham in. Like it wasn't ideal, but once again, that's the NRL. I thought that was in- like pretty interesting considering they were trying to chase points. Yeah, I move, don't know. Yeah. I, I, I was surprised at that too. Like, why would you move your main guy? Yeah. Into the centres, like surely you can move. You know. I can understand moving him there in defence. Yeah, but I, I would, I, I thought it was strange how they went about it in attack. Um, and once again, this, you know, without harping on it, this comes back to in that position. You can maybe move your gun five eight to centre if you've got a halfback that's been there for a number of weeks. He's now in his second week of yeah. Like it's 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 a tough and uh, you know you you mentioned that try that Naden dropped. Geez, that was a good kick by Flanner. It's a great kick. It was a perfect like. No, jeez, you you would have been filthy if you were Flano in that moment. Yeah, like sure. shit happens, but as a half to land that kick in that perfect spot, it was just it mm. was perfect. Yeah, look, I, I thought Luke Thompson was really good. Yeah. I thought uh, Tavita started the game really, really good. Um, fell off a bit towards the end with his defence, a few missed tackles. Um, look, I think Vaughan's been pretty good, to be honest. I know they're not going to. Well, they say reportedly not going to resign him. I think Vaughn's been pretty good for the doggies. I actually think the doggies' forward pack has been pretty good this year. I think it's. Um, I think Luke Thompson is a is a real goer, a real goer. He takes what I love about Luke Thompson is is regardless of the the game or how much they're losing by or whatever, he takes it to the opposition. Yep. He, he constantly, he never, he never takes a backward step. Uh, so and look, Max King, you know, he has some good moments. Uh, Joe Stimson, you know, the other week he was all right. So, look, they're in a much better place than they were last year, in my opinion. Oh, like, for sure. I don't, I don't see that team even getting close to dominating the Rabbitohs for the first 20 minutes or whatever. And you have to remember as well, against the Storm, even though they didn't execute, they did dominate the Storm for the first 20 minutes uh, and had them in their half. So, uh, they're building something at least. They're building something and they're making progress. They're definitely a team that is better than last year. Well, mate, as we said, it was it was 18-0 in that 10 minutes. You look from that period on, South only won that game 18-10. to 10, And I just gave you all those stats about how much a 10 in the bin hammers teams after the sim bin. And Canterbury, they hung in there. Like, you take out that 10-minute that period where they lost 18 points, <coughs> all of a sudden it's... It's 18-16. Yeah. You can tell Dufty wanted to get more involved as well. Oh, man. Dufty, yeah, Dufty was great. Back. Great yeah. bounce back. Now, it's just about, you know, this can't keep happening, though, for Dufty. Yep. You know, it cannot be one week, you know, poor. Next week, fuck me. Dufty is really taking it to him. Uh, it's got to be week in, week out. And, and maybe there's some personal stuff going on. That's When a player is like that, usually it's because, like, something personal is going on. So... Uh, but it just you have to be week in week out. We need to see this Dufty every single week because I thought he was fantastic against a team that was, especially a team that for a period like towards that eighteen the the minute with the ten minute when they had someone sent off, like they were just dominated. And I thought Dufty was still looking dangerous through that period. Um, so hopefully they can bounce back next week. Thoughts on the Rabbitohs? Yeah, um, you know they obviously made Canterbury pay in that. 10-minute period. I think Cody Walker and Elias, they're just improving each week. What about that ball that Cody Walker threw to mm. AJ? AJ? He's just – he's such a freak when he – The freak. And, uh, you know, we said it in the first four weeks. They were a couple of centimetres away from scoring another five or six of those tries. Mm. Um, I thought Taff was really good coming into that side. Um, obviously, no Latrell, but I think he's going to do a job for them. 
uh, over the next few weeks. So, yeah, I, I think South will be disappointed with their first 20, 25 minutes with the ball in hand. They just looked a little bit all over the place. Mm. Um, yeah, they, they, they almost looked like a side that hadn't trained together during the week. The way, that, But then once they sorted their structure out and they got on a roll, as we know with South Sydney, they're a momentum side and... Yeah, once they started to put points on, they were very, very tough to stop. Yeah. Now, we spoke about it last week, the great cookie. Thoughts? Mm. Yeah, good game. Um, <laughs> would you still give Grant the jersey? I'm going to sound like an asshole, but yes, I would. You would? Wow. I mean, uh, Cook had a... I'm going to sound like such an asshole. <laughs> Cook had a really good game. Um, three tries is fantastic. Um He's got two tries supporting up the middle, the other one off the scrum. So, yeah, it was a fantastic game by Cook, but I, I still have Grant, Grant ahead. my guy. Yeah. What about oh, – you, you still had Cook? I had Cook so? last week. I might be a little bit biased. I still think that Origin's going to be the decider in that, yeah. whoever yeah. plays better be. Origin. Yeah. yeah. What, what I love is, like, you know, there was a bit of chatter a few weeks ago, and since then, Cookie has just gone boom. Yeah. Like, he has – He's the old cookie, you know, he's running the ball, he's constantly dangerous, he's picking his times, you know, his, his combo with Cam Murray and Cody Walker is some of the best in the competition. Uh, you know, think about this, Thir- three tries, 89 metres, three tackle breaks, two line breaks, 34 tackles, zero misses, zero errors. Like, far out, that's a good game. And I, I think you can see with Cook as well that, y- yes, there's been talk about him and he's gone to a new level. I also think, and as crazy as it'll sound, I think that the way that Wayne Bennett plays his football, his hooker is more of a stand and deliver sort of guy. Yeah, true. Um, you take Wayne Bennett out of there, and I think they've it's given Cookie a bit of a. And he, he even said it. I think it was the Matty John show the other day. They he said he, he actually made sort of a bit of a joke about it um, that you know Wayne doesn't like his hookers to run, but I genuinely think. It's a thing. Yeah. Um, you, you look at the hookers that he's had over the years at different clubs he's been to, whether it's Dean Young, whether it's Andrew McCulloch, these sort of guys, they are stand and deliver. They're not your running sort of guys like Cookie. So mm. I definitely think that that has helped him as well. Um, but yeah, as Matty said, I want to I want to see how they both go in origin. Yeah, I can't up. wait. I can't it's wait. Yeah. Um, Keon again was fantastic. He's just matured so much, honestly. He's just a damaging, damaging back rower. He, I kind of get with, like, Keon. I feel like, okay, he had a great game, but surely he's not going to do it because he's this young, big, uh, wide-running forward. But I just think he's taking his game to the next level of, like, a mature first grader where he is not allowing himself to step in and out of games. I think, like, at the start of his career, as all rookies, like, they kind of step in and out of games, they use their talents, then they step back. Whereas a guy like Keon, you know, 16 runs, 156 metres, 78 post contacts, 26 tackles, only one miss. He's really, really pushing for the battle for New South Wales back row is pretty tantalising. Yeah. You know, far out. And just on him, you know... I, I think it was Nine did a piece on him this week, him and Cam Murray taking them back to Mascot Over where they played their junior footy. And just a shout-out to the Mascot Football Club. I mean, like, there, there was a period there where you could go and sit there on a Sunday afternoon and, like, there was Dylan Walker, Aaron Gray, Adam Fanua Blake, Sifatalakai, Colin Matangi, Cam Murray, Emre Gula, Billy Magulius. Like, the amount of guys that they've produced out of three or four years of rugby league teams is insane. Yeah, absolutely. Just crazy. Yeah, so... Look, I think Keon's going great. I thought it was another great knock from Cam Murray. I think Jai Arrow is also probably taking his game to another level this year. I can't believe he played the other day. Oh, yeah. no, with that fucking infection. Apparently he got out of hospital on, on the day. Yeah. 
crazy. He played 44 minutes. He ran for 130 metres. He looked half dead after 10 minutes. He looked like his face was going to explode. Yeah, 29 tackles, only like three misses, like with a fucked face and an infection sitting in hospital all week. Talk about tough. That Fuck, bandage yeah. was never going to stay on. Oh, I, when I saw that, I was like, what's <laughs> the point man. of that? Um, so, look, great signs for Rabbitohs. They're, yeah, fucking great signs for Rabbitohs. I will That's, say about Rabbitohs, and they have conceded a, a late try in all of their wins. Yeah. So this is like Rabbitohs did that last year too. Mm. Like the, the, I think that's who you are. That's yeah. that's who the Rabbitohs are. Like they're just going to outscore you. Like they're just going to score a bunch of fucking points. Um, now on to Panthers v the Broncos. What do you think about this game? <sighs> Fuck, I feel for you. You're not playing badly. That's the thing. Like you've played, and I, you know, you might have a different view, but I just I look at the way you've started the last two weeks against the Roosters and the Penrith Panthers. Who personally, I would have given you no hope in hell of competing, you know, competing with at all. Um, and I thought you started well in both those games. I, I don't think 40 to 12 is a fair represent of how this game went. Uh, I feel sorry, especially without Payne Haas to, to stand up, for your, for your pack to stand up the, the way you did in this game. I don't know. You'll probably be a bit harsher. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know. I yeah. just What do you think, Maddie? I just want to highlight a point in this game that I noticed and I was like, I felt so sorry for you, Denon. Um, Penrith were on the attack. It was like fourth tackle or fifth, and Cobbo absolutely crunched the winger. Cleary puts a kick in, and Staggs gets back. Reynolds does the drop out. It goes out, and then you do your best set of the game, and then Cobbo tackles it on fifth, and you get caught. You've gone 100 metres. I was thinking, wow, great defence, great everything from Broncos, perfect footy, and then Luai scored. Mm. And I just thought, oh, my God, Penrith is so good. Like, yeah. that, that would be so disheartening. And then and I just thought that. I thought, yeah, Penrith are definitely going to win by a lot here. But, like, the effort was there. Like, it was there for what I could see anyway. Well, I, I thought know. this week, if you would have taken the Broncos and the Sharks and made them play each other, fuck, that would have been a game. Yeah. Because both game. played so well, but just came up against high-quality football sides. Um, yeah, I mean, on the bright side... Great to see Stags back to yeah. uh, the guy that he, he should be. Oh, I thought my, my favourite thing out of this whole game was just watching Adam Reynolds and Nathan Cleary, their kicking games, going mm. head-to-head. Yeah. It was actually the best contest of kicking games I've seen since the grand final, which was also Reynolds yeah. and Cleary. Um, some of the kicks that Reynolds was doing was incredible. Cleary was crazy. We've all spoken about him all weekend, but I thought Reynolds was uh, – his kicking game was unbelievable in that game too. Yeah, look, it was a – I thought the, the first half was something to be really proud of. I yep. thought the second half, uh, unfortunately, we just, we're just making real rookie errors and we're not, we're not capitalising on the field position we do get, but just, just rookie errors like, for example, again, at the end, Hetherington, who is our workhorse, he works his ass off and he does it every week, but... This is the second week in a row he has been at marker and not being constant. He's not concentrating on his job. Like, yes, Gerard, uh, Luai got up and pushed him after he was holding his hair, like as after Kobe was holding his hair. Yes, all that. But you're on the try line. You've got a job. Don't worry about any of that stuff. Yeah. And it's a try. Like, and so little stuff like that, it's like we have to get that out of our game. Even like, you know, Selwyn is a, is a rookie, but like how how – Sorensen broke the line and Selwyn wasn't there to even really attempt the tackle. Like that's poor positioning. That's yeah. poor and that's inexperience. It's poor positioning. And it's unfortunately like in the NRL, 
you have to be like you can't allow that to happen you just cannot allow that to happen so yeah you're right it, it, like the first half super proud like i thought reynolds probably played one of his best games i thought his kicking was fantastic i thought the boys were all ripping in massively i thought tessie was actually a real loss um i thought he was playing some really good footy and you know i know last like a few fans have been into him but he's been actually dealing with a lot of personal stuff um like serious personal stuff and i actually thought he was pretty good uh to start the game so i think the loss of him affected just the the flow of things for us i think people will start to see i think they'll start to respect tessie more when he's not there yeah for sure you miss for sure um so look Good, good first half, but we, how many years have we been saying this, you know, like we, we, we took it to Panthers last year, you know, and, and we lost the game then. And, and so it's just that second half, we've got to be better. Like we've just got to be better and more like focused on the game, like yeah. focus, like allowing ourselves to like mentally be distracted constantly. I, I, I just don't understand it. I, I yeah, the, I just, those, those two things for me, I just thought, fuck, like they're, definitely things that we can get better at and you know like without excusing the performance i mean you, you talked about that, those little things you got to get out of your game like if jordan ricky he, he on that play on Sorensen, he, he just shot up a meter too far there, there was no need for it you take that out you take out the hetherington grab you take out a, try, a penalty try off a kick on the last play all of a sudden 40 to 12 is 20 to 12 if stags holds that ball off the kick all of a sudden you're in a fucking football game that's, that's what i mean yeah. like the, like the ricky thing and then what's crazy is later in the game, I think it was Rapati that shot out. Yeah. And it's like, bro, what? what? Like that's, you get taught that coming through footy, don't step out of the line. Like I understand you're trying to put on an aggressive shot, but this, this is lack of concentration. Like this is, you can only be the young player for so long. Like I just, it, it is frustrating because it, it, it's hurting themselves. They do all yeah. this really good work. The great work, Ricky, all the boys, they rip and tear, but then they just stop concentrating and make poor decisions and hurt. Like they're all they're thinking about is themselves. Like I'm going to jump out and hurt this guy instead of being like, no, hold my line. Oh. Like Jordan Ricky forced Sorensen into that hole pretty much. Yeah, because he it's stepped not where he into was it. going. He, yeah, he, he made him step into like it was. Yeah, and so when I see stuff like that, th- this is like we aren't. That's hurting ourselves. Like, yeah. we, like th- Ricky's a better player than that. We all know that he's a great player. Kobe Hetherington, he's a better player than that. Uh, you know, at the marker. You know, I think I think it was Rabadi. I could be wrong, but you know, I think he steps out and Sorensen makes another line break later in the game. Um, you know, Selwyn just need to needs to stay on the ball. If, if he's playing fullback, he needs to stay on the ball. Like the fact that, like. I'd understand if Sorensen made the break, then he stood Selwyn Cobbo up and gassed him, even though he shouldn't. I would understand that, but it wasn't that at all. He literally just beelined and Selwyn wasn't there when he should be there. So these are little things that we just got to fix up. And, and I, they are young, especially Selwyn. He's really young. And Jordan Ricky, he's still only 20 on 22. Same with Rabadi. So like, once we fix these things up, it becomes a very different ball game. And, yeah. and I think that if we're looking at glass half full, you could say, we can take it to these top sides. It's just about these little lapses in concentration that it's not just one person. Like a lot of the younger boys are making these little lapses in judgment. If we can just sort that out, you know, we are a top eight side. And, yeah. th- and this is why I, I didn't predict them to be in the eight is because I thought that this year would be the year that we we're trying to sort that out where we like, we get our younger players to grow into, you know, experienced first graders that know, 
you have to know as, as a first grader, there is not a second on that field where you can switch off, where you can go, oh, it's not going to happen this game. It's not going to happen this time, so I'm going to do it. Yeah. Um, and we get punished for it. We're getting punished for it, and rightly so. Now, look, yes, there were some 50-50 calls that I thought were pretty rough. I thought, um, you know, for example, like the Cleary one, that wasn't even a penalty, was it? Did we I get a penalty so. for that? I don't know. I don't think it did. I think it went played on. I think it was play on. I, I think I really, really think it was play on. Okay. Um, could you please like maybe check the video and As see in the, hit, the hip drop? Well, the well, wrapped his legs around it. Drop, yeah. I don't even think we got a penalty for that. Yeah. Uh, so, I do think there were a fifty-fifty calls that definitely didn't go our way. Um, there was uh, like a, there was there was one was like a knock on, like a, a bad play the ball, and then there was one where he just like rolled it through his legs. But you, you can look at that all you want. At the end of the day. You can also show examples of Ricky stepping out of the line, yep. Kobe Hetherington getting caught up at marker, uh, I think Rabati stepping out of the line. You know, so it can't really excuse that. When when we get rid of all those little niggly things and those little inexperienced things, if we get rid of that, then we might, might have a conversation about the ref being a bit tough on them. But at the moment, it's like how how can we argue that the ref's done us tough when we're doing ourselves tougher? Yeah, especially when we do so, such good work in the first. Like we were incredible in the first half. Yeah, and you know. Glass half full. Once you get Haas back, once you put Herbie back in, all of a sudden, now you've got two genuine strike centres. Like, if Herbie goes back to where he was and Stag stays where he is, Adam Reynolds kicks the way he is and Payne Haas does what Payne Haas does, mm. you've got a fair contest to beat a lot of teams in this competition. Yeah. Oh, I, that's you're still going to get all those little things that you pointed out out of your game, for sure. Yeah. You know, just, just, out, just need to sort it out because, like, at the moment, it's just killing us, like... It's just, it's killing us. I, you know, glass half full. I thought Keenan uh, and Corey Jensen were fantastic, like fantastic. I thought Keenan was amazing. Um, you know, he was off for 10 minutes. He ran for 186 metres, 71 post contact, 32 tackles, only three misses uh, against the Penrith Panthers pack as a rookie. Uh, I, thought, I thought Jensen was fantastic and I thought he played well enough to keep his spot in the whole side, like on the bench, obviously, when Payne Haas comes back. But... So the positives are our front row is really starting to shape up, really yeah. starting to shape up. I think um, I think next week's a big game for you guys. You play Canterbury. Yeah. Um, after that, you go Sharks, Bunnies, Manly. So that that game against Canterbury, I'd say massive. That's that's, that's a must win for both clubs essentially. But yeah. I think for Brisbane with the draw coming up, playing at SunCorp as well, uh, huge game there. Yeah, for sure. Um, I thought Billy Walters was a bit underwhelming. Yep. 13 tackles, seven misses as a half. Got to be better than that. I just, I didn't, I felt like he didn't really get involved that much. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Deloitte Hoyter. Yep. I thought he was really fucking solid. Really solid. Yeah, and when he played a couple of years ago at the Tigers, you thought, like, he, he, he looked the goods there. He sort of, I'm not sure what, what his exact story is, but it's the first time I've seen or heard his name in a few years. So yeah. good to see it's him. It's been like, what, five years or something? It's been a long time. So yeah, massive congrats, yeah, congratulations to him. him. And also, he, he played really well. Like, I was really impressed uh, with 139 metres, you know, two tackle breaks, 12 tackles. So, you know, congratulations to him. Uh, what, wow, it's actually been seven years. Seven years. 2015. Yeah. Far out. So massive, I mean, massive congratulations to Hoyta. Just if with Cleary, um, I can't really remember, but from what I can see here, it wasn't a penalty, but he got put on report eventually. From what yeah, I can see Yeah, they came here. back and looked at it. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they put it on report yeah. at the end and of the And that's what set. I mean, yeah. like, how's that not a penalty? Like, say what you want about whether he should have got weeks or not, 
but that's a penalty every day of the week. Yeah. Uh, and that the, those little calls I really didn't, I felt didn't go the Broncos way, but it's hard for me to talk about it because then people just say you're biased. Yeah. Um, but I, I genuinely feel if you watch that, it's hard not to say the Broncos got dud on a few calls, in my opinion. That, oh. It's not why we lost, though. It's yeah. not why we lost. And I would also say, and I think you're exactly right, Hetherington's got to be better in that moment, but... How on earth a marker can, like a guy play the ball can hold the marker. Crazy. And it not be pull hair, whatever. If you play the ball, you cannot hold the marker's jersey. It's crazy. And, it, and the guy run through that gap and go, oh, fair play, try. They let it it's, go. Mm. He, like we give, you can shadow, like um, Jason Saab touches Brimo in the back. Brimo <laughs> yeah. isn't even going to get, Brimo, first of all, should, isn't allowed to play the ball. He's not allowed to, like he can hold his line. But he has no effect really on that play. He got a tiny little push. Saab gets a penalty. Luai holds Kobe there. And to be really clear, Kobe shouldn't have got involved. He should have just focused on his job. Um, and they don't give it a penalty. Like, that's where I'm looking at it going, Cleary doesn't get a penalty against him. Luai doesn't get a penalty. Him. As a Broncos fan, I'm sitting there going, hang on a sec. Like, this is what should have happened. Uh, Jerome Luai, they should have called it back. No try. But Luai should have got a penalty for the hair pull. Like, Luai should have got the penalty. But it shouldn't have been a try. It shouldn't have been a try. And um, it shit me even more 10 minutes later when it was the last play of the game and we watched a replay 15 times of Staggs give Isaac a little shove. Mm. And it's like, like, yes, he's pushing guys, but you had a Panthers guy pulling. Pulling a, a marker back on the top. And he ran line. through into that hole. Anyway, I, I don't want yeah. to... Yeah, needs to be better than that in the yeah. first place, but... It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense. Jerome should have got the penalty for the hair pull. And, like, I don't think... I think, like, Kobe just... He grabbed something and he didn't realise it was his hair. Because I can't imagine Kobe, like, intentionally grabbing his hair and, you know, whatever. But it still should have been a penalty to Jerome. But how that wasn't... Like, anyway, it, yeah, people are just going to say I'm biased. So I can't really talk about it. But I just thought that was some really obvious poor cause against the Broncos. Um, so we just got to fix up this little stuff, man. And it's just, like... You can't keep doing these little things, lapping, lapping in concentration and stepping in and out of games. Um, there's a football team there, though. Absolutely, there's a there football is, team there. Yeah. Just got to be better, man. Just got to be better. We have to have high standards of ourselves. We have to, you know, for example, and I'm, I'm not like, I feel like I'm like kicking the boot into Kobe, but I'm really not. It's actually because I, if you've listened to this podcast, you know how much I rate Kobe. But like the easy option for Kobe right now is to go, Jerome held me back. That's why I didn't make the tackle. But if we hold ourselves to high stands, we have to say, mate, we, we can't get involved in those little niggly things. Yeah. Like, don't even focus on it. Don't push back or anything like that. Just get up and focus on your job. Then if you want to go and say something, say something. And like the Ricky situation, like in, coming out of line like that, you know that's not the right call. In, in no world was it... You've never been taught to do that. Yeah. Um, so there's a lot of positives to take out of it. And I think 40 to... I think... The Broncos shouldn't focus on the 40 to 12 scoreline because I don't feel like the game reflected that scoreline. But in the same time, they do need to realise it was 40 to 12. Like it was 40 to 12. There is no getting around that. Yeah. We can't sugarcoat it. We lit in a bunch of twice towards the end and that is not what the Broncos are about. So hopefully we can see more of the first half and less of the, the second half or the last 20. Um, what do you think of the Panthers? Yeah, I thought Cleary was unbelievable. Um, such an impressive performance from him. I, I just love how much, like, despite coming back from a shoulder injury, I love how much he's he's running. Yeah. He's just a constant threat. I thought, I thought the second half from Appy 
how, how he he just gets through holes that aren't there. Have you? Yeah. I was thinking the other day. Have you ever seen someone that's better at ducking on halfway in the middle of the field yeah. and getting through? He's just incredible the way he does it, Appy. Um, and you know, I got a lot of pushback last week from putting him in that same sort of category as Cook and Grant, but. I really don't think he's that far off. I don't think he's that far Bloody off Bloody good either. player, Appy. Yeah. He's the one with the most recent premiership. If he has another one this year, um, yeah, I, I thought he was great. You, you mentioned Scotty Sorensen. As much as Ricky pushed him into that hole, still a great game from Sorensen. And this is what we spoke about last week, that Ivan is getting the very best out of those, if you want to call them tier two guys. You're not, not, not your superstars. Yeah. yeah. Your 200, your 250K sort of players, they're playing so far above their weight. Well, that's, that's my concern is like, okay, guy like Scotty Sorensen, great player, yeah. but I would say Jordan Rickey probably should be playing as well as Sorensen. Now, I don't, I don't mean Jordan Rickey should be running for 200 metres. I just mean that all these little things, like when you look at the Broncos team on paper, we have as good as a side, maybe we're a bit shallow in the, the spine, but when it comes to forwards and backs, I believe we have a top eight side. And then you see a guy like Sorensen who is just going from strength to strength um, in a better system, seems like a better system anyway. Um, it's just a good example of like how we at the Broncos aren't really getting the best out yeah. of what we have. Your Sorensons and your Eisenhurts wouldn't be the same players if they were the Broncos. Which it seems. Like even Kate Will, I think, hasn't really been as involved as, yeah. you know, yeah. hasn't been playing as well. Yeah. And so I just think that it's a clear sign that our systems aren't in place yet to get the best out of our players. But... Uh, you know, I, I hope I'm not being too harsh on the, the boys because I don't want to take away from the fact that they've fucking ripped and teared. But at the end of the day, we got beaten 40 to 12, and that's just um, hopefully we can bounce back. But sorry, but anyway, go back. yeah, no, I, I thought Penrith uh, very good. I, um, you know, obviously um, that left side has been so damaging in the first few weeks. I, I, I thought it was really, and I think Ivan sort of alluded to it as well. I think it was really good that Stags at different points gave them a bath. I think it's really good for the development of those two out there yeah. to, you know, Gutho made them look silly in the preseason. Dang Gagai did it a few weeks ago. Staggs did it here. I think it just keeps the, that little competitive. You don't want it to come too easy for them. Yeah. Uh, which and I really like. also give them a, an example of like, this is the top tier that you're going to have to deal with. Like yeah. you, you, you may have gotten away with a fair bit last few weeks playing really good, but every now and then a guy's going to come along and just fucking put it to you. Yep. And, and you're going to get beat sometimes and you've got to bounce back to it, which is what I would say, credit to them, they always bounce back. <clears throat> yeah, for sure. I will say, Stephen Crichton, man, he is just going under the radar, but he is playing arguably career-best footy. He is so solid. I think his defence has improved so much. Look at this. This is Stephen Crichton. You, you, have, you don't hear about it, but as a centre, 15 runs, 135 metres, 52 post contact, a tackle break, two offloads, 14 tackles, zero misses. Like, what a game. I think, as you said, his defense has improved, as has coming out of his own end. Yeah, massively. I think it's been a big emphasis of Ivan Cleary this year that he's pulled his, you know, his outside backs are always good coming out of their own end. But I think he said that we need to be even better this year. Mm. I think the way that you watch how Charlie Staines is coming out of his end, uh, Stephen Crichton, I've been so impressed with them. Uh, yep. And yeah, you're right, mate. He's he's a fellow that uh, you know. If Latrell does miss Origin one, he's been in camp. He's a guy that is gonna he's he's delivered on the biggest stage you can come up with. Yeah, I would. I argue. would say he's front runner right now. I honestly would with his connection yeah. with everything. I, I need to see more games out of Stags. Like his last two have been phenomenal. Yeah, but I just need to see if he keeps doing it. I would say Stags may pip him. 
But right now, I'd probably have Crichton as the lead runner. I, I, I reckon that Crichton and uh, Matty Burton, I, I just think with their, their connection with that Panther side, I, I reckon those two are the front. Despite my, my Burton's con- yeah. form, I understand my that. My concern with Burton is right now, he's just not playing that great of footy. He's, don't get me, he's had some good games. Do you pick Josh Adokar? He's played far more. Yeah, no, no. I, yeah, yeah, I agree. But yeah. I, I think it's got to do with the system he's in, the new position he's playing. I, I yeah. It's a, it's a lottery though. Saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Adokar's been there and done it. Whereas you're bringing in Burton for a debut when he's struggling to find confidence at the mm. moment. Yeah. You know, like even, even like he's getting moved to centre over Wakeham is a sign of like, even like Trent isn't considering him as like so, so important to their attack. Now, maybe that doesn't, it's, maybe that's an unfair example to use. Yeah. But like, you I know, don't, I don't know you, if that's a reflection well, okay, of the system. Would, would you see? Would you see Bellamy move Munster to centre? No, I wouldn't. But once again, I think it's a reflection of the Canterbury system. It's it all, it all making the wrong decisions. Yeah, 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 yeah that's, okay. what I'm that's sort fair. Of saying, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I agree with you there. Yeah, I agree yeah. with you. I don't. I thought it was the wrong call for sure. Yeah. Uh, what do you reckon, Matty? With the Panthers? Uh, about the Panthers, I I just reckon they're they're just such a well-oiled machine. Like it's it's crazy. I think of the Storm a few years ago when they had Smith Slater, etc., and they were just like such a well-oiled machine. I think the Storm now they're a little bit more off the cuff, which is great. They're absolutely killing it. But Storm and Panthers are nothing to me anyway. In my opinion, they're just they're nothing like each other, and I love it. And I love I love Yo in the middle, and then everything around him is it's just ah uh, everything's just so precise and perfect. Their their left side May Taylor May was incredible. Uh, Isaac Tungo is becoming close to my favorite player. He's he's incredible. I just who's going to beat him I can't wait for I think they play Melbourne in the magic round so it'll be good to see it'll be good to see them on neutral ground how how they go against each other but yeah it's just who's going to beat them at the moment they're just so good as they stand right now they're undefeated so it won't shock you they're the best attack team and the best defensive team Mm. crazy fuck that's good that's so good Uh, yeah they're they're the best defensive team by 20 points yeah they're out and out the best like they're out and out uh, I think they're in a league of their own right now when it comes to like the best team in the comp um and then, like, well, obviously they're fucking winning. But what I'm saying is, is like, I do believe there's a bit of a gap at the moment between them and Melbourne, only because Melbourne, although still red hot, they're still a little bit patchy. Like they'll come in and out of games a little bit, um, but they're getting better. The Storm, I think, when it clicks for the Storm, fuck, they're getting be better. Yeah, Storm are getting better every week. But yeah. you're right, like they were in and out of games yeah. for the first few rounds. The first few rounds are in and out of games for sure. Especially like when you have a look at their attack. I mean, I look at the Sharks and I think their attack is just humming. Penrith have scored 44 more points than them oh, in the first yeah. six weeks. I look at Parramatta and I go, like, their halves are unbelievable. Penrith has scored 34 more points than them. And they, don't, they haven't had Cleary for most of the year. They haven't had Fisher-Harris for a lot of the year either. Like I, think, I think Jerome Luai has Toto's it. not in the fucking side. Yeah, it's crazy. I think uh, Luai's been underrated, underappreciated this oh, year. Yeah. I think he's been outstanding, like outstanding. On the weekend, seven tackle breaks, a line break. 71 metres. Uh, yeah, look, the Panthers just are an absolute beast of a side. And they're going to be there come the business end. Cleary came back, three try assists, and was phenomenal. So, although tough loss for the Broncos, this is a red-hot Panthers side. And so, I do believe that the Broncos can take more good than bad out of this. Realise that it was a tough, big loss, but... Let's focus on the good things that we did, which was, you know, probably 60 minutes of fucking high-quality footy from a Broncos side that's missing key players um, and use it to our advantage. For the Panthers, fuck. Business as usual, baby. Business it's, as uh, usual. It's going to be a really interesting month for the Penrith Panthers. They play the Titans next week after that. Parramatta, Melbourne, Roosters. Wow. 
Fuck, it's going to be cracking month of footy, cracking month of footy. Yeah. So, look, I'm really proud of the boys. Their first half just got to se- just got to sort out that second half. You've got the you got the team. You got the conf- you've, if anything from that game. Hopefully, it makes them realise we got the fucking team, boys. We can fucking beat anyone, and we didn't even have Hass or Herbie, which is our two form players. Yep. Just got to fix up the little ba- the poor errors and that. Uh, now, Manly Titans. Thoughts on this game? Yeah, uh, tough road trip going to Brookvale Oval. It's always difficult. Um, Mate, Titans, it's like they like to play from behind. Oh, fuck. Mate. It's like, I don't know. It's like they walk into a boxing and they wait till they get punched three times and go, okay, mm. I'm ready to go now. Yeah. Like, once again, as I said, if you give that try to, to um, Firmore in the last minute, all of a sudden they lose by two points. And I said to Maddie before, the poor fucking halfback, he must have hit the post three times with conversions that bounced away. Like... All of a sudden, if they come off the post and they just fall their way, you're looking at a, a potential win at Brookvale Oval for the Titans. But it's the same story every week. If this would have happened for the Titans, yeah. they win. And that's the reality of who yeah. they are. The concern is, is they keep putting themselves yeah. in this position. Yeah. yeah. And I you know, and I, I thought the halves, I, I thought Sexton, his kicking game... Was outstanding. Was so good. But the other part of his game, yes. not so good. Yeah. But the, the maturity he's shown with his kicking game, which for, for me, I think can is normally the hardest bit for yeah. young halves coming into their game. So there's so many positives there. I mean, they had a missed opportunity really early to, I think it was Sammy on the wing. He dropped a clean ball that they should have scored off. Um, they saved a try on Andrew Davey in the first few minutes as well that I thought was a try for all money. I was sort of sitting there going, fuck it. It should almost be 12-0 to the Titans. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's it's just about closing out those games. and Well, just like not putting yourself in a position where you've got to chase fucking so many points. Yeah, yeah. But then when they do put themselves in a position where they don't have to chase points against the Raiders, they still find a way to, you yeah. know, they're just... They're, well, I mean, they're chasing points in another way, though. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, yeah. It's just the second half where they're chasing points, really. Yeah. Holbrook was at a loss at the end of the game. They asked him about it, and he's like, like we, we burn all our energy in the first half, but somehow in the second half we come out and, and score points. It doesn't really make sense. I think they've, they've lost four games, and I think the combined total is 20 points. Yeah. Well, they've, yeah, they haven't lost by more than... Oh, this is the first time they've lost by more than a try. Yeah, but it was only eight. Like, And if you, yeah. you chuck a couple of conversions in that weren't bad kicks, all of a sudden, it's four. Well, it's four tries apiece. Yeah, the game. four tries each. Yeah, Yeah. look, I uh, Titans, they've just got to hang in there, stay confident. Uh, you know, it's like it's similar-ish to the Broncos where... You look at the side and, and they, they've just got to fix these little lapses in judgment. When you're going, don't step out of line. Sammy, you need to finish that try. Uh, you know, with Sexton, a few options. Like, Brimo dropped the ball in a, in a key moment. Like, these little moments that they've got to win. It's, I honestly think that the Broncos and the Titans are in a relatively similar place. Now, Titans are probably in a, a little bit better of a place at the moment. But I think they're, they're dealing with similar-ish problems of just finding that 80 minutes of NRL experience footy. Yeah, and I'd I probably give a little bit more sympathy to the Titans because they don't have a Cape Wall. They don't yeah. have a Reynolds in that squad. So mm. I, I I knew going into this season that the Titans were going to be an up-and-down side. They're going to lose games you don't know how they lose like this. They're going to be in games you're just like, how on earth are you still in this game of football? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's we say it every week. It's going to be a long process, but... I. They're definitely heading in the right direction. It what, is just little yeah. things they got to iron out. What I would say is, like, with the Toby Sexton situation, just stick with him. Yep. Be patient. It's there. It's right there, Sexton. 
Like, I thought his opening 20 was fantastic. His yeah. kicking game at the start of the game was fantastic. And I think just got to be patient. And I think they will, it seems like they are going to be patient with Sexton. Um, so it's, it's all there for the, for the Titans. They've just got to fix these little lapses in, you know, they can't afford to be having 10-minute periods where they're just not in the game. Yeah. Um, I think Tino has been such a good leader this year for them. Oh, I was just about to say that. That try that he scored. The other guy I want to compliment is Will Smith when he comes on the field. I think he's really good. Uh, but, yeah, Tino, <laughs> he, he, yeah. It, they need to wear a sign on their back that just reminds people how old they are. Yeah, I know. Because mm. him and Fafita, you just forget so often how, you know, you look at Tino, you go, he's a premiership winner, he's played State of Origin. Like, mate, he, he could only go over, overseas and buy himself a beer in the last year or two. Like, yeah. he's so young, and I, th- I think we forget it so often. If they do keep these guys together, which it looks like they're going to, they're going to be a problem over the next few years. And I, I, at least I feel like for the first time ever, the Titans have direction. I know what they're doing. Mm. I know where they're going. I know what this club is going to look like in three years' time, whereas the last few years I've had no idea where they're yeah. going. You can clearly see a direction. Yeah, there's the a clear direction, yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just a small little inexperienced areas. And, you, and you're right in regards to the Broncos, like, you probably give the Titans a little bit more leeway because they don't have experience in key positions, whereas yep. Broncos obviously got Reynolds. Turpin's played a fair bit of footy now as well. Um, so with the Titans, again, it's just about sticking with this core. Uh, the, the key, I think, for them is making sure they can keep these boys all together. I think Firm has been, you know, solid. Um, Fafita was great on the weekend. I think Aaron Clark, for me, he's, sometimes his decision-making with pass selection can be a bit... Um, and maybe that's because of the calls he's getting. But I, I don't know. I want to see just a little bit more out of Aaron. He, he rips and tears every week. He has a red-hot crack. But I, I'm just not seeing that much creativity out of nine. What are your thoughts? Is, am I off here? or No, no, I, I agree. And, you know, once again, he is a young guy coming into first grade. I, you know, I was... We were a bit surprised in preseason when he was told he would be the nine from the get-go. Mate, the more I watch him, the more I think, is it worth just finding a spot for Will Smith in this team somewhere? Mm. I know he's not a 250-game first grader, but he's been around rugby it just, league for Consistency, a though, with Will Smith. Like, he's, he can play some really good footy. Mm. And then, like, so if you start him, like, you know, you don't want him to have a great game, okay game. You know what I mean? And also size-wise, I think like is that Aaron, not what you're getting from the other guys. Though? Well, I think Aaron Clark defensively is a I bit guess. better yeah, with the fair. contact. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I agree with you. Will Smith offers more in attack. Yeah, I, I actually think that you know, outside of Brimo, you would say he's probably their best attacking half. I, I think so. Yeah, um, yeah. Aaron Clark. I, the one that I has Tana Boyd fallen off the side of the earth. Yeah, interesting. What's really interesting. Strange. What's happened with him? You've also got. I think Booth was injured. That's Booth, yeah, I, okay. like I was speaking to someone about that, and they're like, I think he was injured at the like off season, so he's like working his way slowly back into the side. Then he twinged his hammy or something. Yeah. Um. And, and to be clear, this is not to say Aaron has been terrible or anything. Um. It's more just like just want to see maybe a bit more. Like there was a few times where they had no markers and he didn't take a run. And he's a good runner of the ball. Like he's explosive. He's strong. So just a little bit more out of him. Um. I thought Brian Kelly was fucking great. Yeah. Um. They definitely missed him like last week. I thought I love Brian Kelly. I think he's an absolute star. I think there's just there's there's at the same time that you know they're they're developing slowly. They are getting a lot out of guys that aren't out and out superstars like Kelly. Uh, I think you know Patrick Herbert. That wasn't his greatest game on the weekend, but he's been solid. Marsu. I always like the impact that um, Jermaine Jolliffe has coming off the bench. Yeah. He's a solid front rower as well. You mentioned both Furmore. 
I, we, what's what's the mail on Campbell? Yeah, that's what I, I don't know. It, I remember when he got injured, it sounded like he wasn't going to be gone for that long. Yeah. Do you know, Matt? No. Nah. Because he did, he did, it was a really good He's yeah, not yeah, on team lists. He's not. I, I haven't seen him on social media or anything in yeah. a few weeks. Because, like, a bit, look, it's, you know, great that Sarko's getting a crack, but I don't think he's playing so well that it keeps out a guy like Campbell. No, nah, Campbell will walk straight back in. It's just Surely. A when. Yeah. Well, but, I, but I don't think he's injured. That's the thing. I think they're, they've genuinely just chosen a Sarko. That's what I'm thinking. You reckon? Um, that's, well, I haven't seen, like... I haven't any, heard anything either. Yeah, yeah I, I haven't heard, like, saying. Campbell's injured. Yeah. But, like, fuck, man. I, I just... Surely Asako, great he's getting a crack, but I, I feel like Campbell, you know, he's the future. You want him playing as much footy as you can with that. Yeah. Um, anyway, so it is interesting. But, yeah, look, they've got to find a way to get an 80-minute performance. Um, but it's good that they're... It actually says on NRL.com he's meant to be back round seven, which is next this week. Okay, so he is injured. Okay. That's that what the casualty would... Yeah. Says, yeah. yeah, so he is injured. So that's weird. I mean, that's not weird. That's That makes sense. Just yeah. on Tyler Boyd, I... He's only played one game of reserve grade this year. So injured probably. Not then. too sure what's happening there. Yeah. Um, okay. okay. Yeah, interesting. Well, look, Titans, this is what they're going to be this year. It's just about sticking together and getting through it. Um, at least they're, they're looking like they've got the side to, to be a top eight side in the next, you know, year or two. Even Maybe even this year. You just don't know. Uh, they put it together. Yeah, it could for be sure. This year. Yeah. It's weird though, because I, like, and I, and I must be biased, but I just look at that Broncos side and I feel like it's a better side on paper. Mm. But maybe that's just pure bias, and yet the Titans are probably outperforming. Well, yeah, probably outperforming Broncos. I think they have. Yeah, so that's that's reason for concern. I think for the Broncos, the fact that you've got the Cowboys, I'd I'd argue that the top Broncos team on paper is the best in Queensland, and yet we're not. I think that's fair. Yeah, we're not. We're clearly not performing. Like Cowboys and Titans are obviously performing better than us. Yeah, and so that's my big concern. So uh, look, it's positive signs for Titans. I think we always have to remind ourselves their spine is like twenty three, twenty, and like twenty one or something like that. As is their captain. Yeah. So this is a young side with, if they can keep it together, the next five years is going to be incredible. And history tells us that young sides like this, as much as they're not winning a heap of games, they're competing in every game. Yeah which isn't the normal reality for a young side well, like this. Well, a perfect example is is the Broncos. And I, I hate to keep bringing it back to them, but they're in similar position where they're trying to develop all the young guys. The Broncos ended up losing 40-12. to 12. Uh, The Titans, now the Panthers obviously are a better team than Manly, but the, t- the Titans end up fighting back and losing 26-8, you know? It's like yeah. there's a, a tale of two different sides that, um, you know, one is... One is Finding a way to hang in games, and the other one, when they lose, they lose big. Yeah. Um, but anyway, on to Manly. Uh, I want to give a shout-out to Ruben Garrick. I think Ruben Garrick is one of the most – he's just super underrated for me. He does a job, gets through his work, not many errors. He's a great goal kicker, which is so underappreciated in today's game. And he's the kind of player you need at your club long-term because he's not going to break the bank, but also he's going to give you top-tier – quality footy and he's going to put points on the board which is it sounds so obvious like you yeah, of course a winger but it's it like look at Hazem Al-Masri he built a career off putting points on the board and so I, I thought uh Ruben Garrick was fantastic uh, Garrick, it's like it's good as well that he's ver- kind of versatile in the back line like, yeah he's absolutely. a great winger but he can also fill in when Tommy's when yeah. Tommy's injured yeah, so. just, totally just on Garrick as well like I know yourself and the whole sport boys joke about how, how, how good looking he is and everything like He's um he's a Jerengong boy, and I remember like last year I was at the bowling club, and he walked in, and you know he's obviously 
the guy. Yeah, the guy. And, mate, he had time for everyone. Mm, He's a legend. He is the most genuine, nicest bloke. Yeah. And, you know, for for me, that stuff matters. Yeah. A heap, so. And he's he's even, like, like he'll do some media stuff, but he's, like, a really down-to-earth, like, doesn't, like, really want to get involved in that. Yeah. Which says a lot about, like, him as a bloke, you know, like coming from me that's in obviously clearly doing a lot of media stuff but guys like that usually they don't ever get ahead of themselves because they're not trying to carry on too much uh, whereas like guys like myself clearly carry on like a fuckwit all the time um, so we have confirmed Ruben Garrick better bloke than the beak uh, I also thought Kieran Foran man mm. I think he's playing fucking great footy great footy and I actually think it's Manly's uptick in form is a lot to do with Kieran Foran. Uh, DCE has been fantastic. Don't get me wrong. His kicking game is fucking gone. His kicking game is outrageous at the moment, DCE. But I think it's Kieran Foran getting the ball in his hands more and, and demanding attacking plays more. Hey, mate, I'll, I'll be honest. I messaged you about three weeks ago and said, I think he's too slow now. Yeah, yeah. And he's just, he's exploded since then. Like that game the other night, he obviously scored that try. And, you know, he's a guy that he's bought, like, and, and I think with him as well, you've got to remember, like, he was the first guy that really straightened up the line and went deep into it. Like, what, what he was doing 10 years ago for Manly, every single half used that as a, as a blueprint to follow. Yeah. Michael Morgan, Luke Keery, these sort of guys, the way that they do it now is all off the back of what Foz has done. His body's banged up. He's had to change his game a little bit. Mm. And, you know, I, I know we all spoke about, like, the evolution of Benji and how he changed back into his career. Foz has done it in a different way. Yeah. But, fuck, he's been sold. There was also, you know, he... he he threw a ball under to Andrew Dave. It was a miracle that they stopped him from scoring as well. You know, all of a sudden that could have been a try and two tries. This sort of game for Foz. I think he's been very impressive. You mentioned DCE's kicking game. He's always been a good kicker. Fucking hell. Where has this come from? But he is unbelievable. And he, you, get, you can see how confident he is. His, in his confidence is through the roof. Yeah. And I, I think it might be because, and this is just outside looking in, but it seems as though DCE is playing more freely now as if he's kind of said to himself you know what i'm gonna let Foz take the attacking like dc still gets involved in attacking but i think he stepped back and gone i'm gonna let Foz do his thing and you know what my thing is i'm gonna fucking ping it every just just pinpoint my kicking game and then when i get a crack i'll take a crack and, yeah. it, and it's almost he's taken a step back to take two steps forward dce yeah. and so yeah, I, I, his kicking games. I, I've never seen this kind of kicking from DCE. Just a stat on DCE's kicking. He's forced two dropouts all games but one this year. Wow. Far out. Mate, so I, he's I, just... Fun. I can't believe how confident him, Reynolds and Cleary are at their 40-20s. Yeah. Mm. Like, take yourself down to a park mm. and have 10 shots at a 40-20. If you hit one of them, you've done well. Yeah. Now get a 110-kilo bloke sprinting at you. Yeah. With that, a fullback who's done tape on your kicking game all week. Yeah. And it's incredible. Like the amount of times they do it off one bounce, yeah, it's, it's phenomenal. It's amazing. Like the the DC. I think it was a DC. No, no, the, the Reynolds. Who was the one? No, Ben Hunt's dropout yesterday mm. was outrageous. He kicked it fucking fifty yeah. meters. It bounced once, went straight out. Like that was amazing. Um, they they must have. Uh, I do believe that for a period kicking games weren't as important or didn't seem as important. And we always like looked at Cooper Cronk as like, wow, his yeah. kicking game is... But I feel like we've got multiple players now that kicking game is like on par with oh. a guy like Cooper Cronk. Oh, I thought the other incredible kick on the weekend, Adam Reynolds off that dropout. Mm. Yeah. Like for something, like it seems easy, but 
keeping a drop kick below a metre and skidding it for 40 metres into a hole, yeah. that's unbelievable. Yeah, it's crazy. It's incredible. Incredible. Um, so, uh, look, Manly, each week, I don't know why, like, I would love to be a fly on the wall with Desi Hasler and understand why their start of the seasons are so poor. And what happens where they go, bad game, bad game, bad game, they're almost looking like a team that won't even get close to the eight, two, boom, exploding into, oh, shit, they're a premiership threat. It's, I don't know, I would love to know what happens because mainly every week are looking better and better. Yeah, Is it a, I don't know, I don't know if you have the answer. Do you think it's like a, is it a mental thing? Is it like a load on their training? What do you? Yeah, I don't know. It, it must be. It must be a load on their training. Like it, he must have this because he's very like numbers orientated, yeah. is he? So he must have like a like a plan that it the start of the year teams just are more like less fit, like they're more fatigued maybe from their training loads, yeah. and he times it because he because like this is a pattern with Desi. This isn't just like the, the start of Desi's year are notoriously poor. Yeah, and so maybe he he like flogs his team into the season. And then backs off so they make a run. I, I'm not sure, but it, it seems planned almost. Like, it almost seems planned. Yeah, it's becoming – and, yeah, obviously you can say last year it's because they didn't have turbo, but it's not <coughs> just a last year thing. I've been no, doing this for yeah, a while now. Yeah, yeah, Desi starts the year notoriously slow. Yeah. So it must be a – and he's a numbers guy. He's a numbers guy. So, yeah, look, I think, um, you know, I thought uh, Kohler was – I thought it was really good. Um, you know, there was – missed a couple of tackles here and there, but I thought for a rookie – He's doing some pretty good things. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. I mean... <sighs> I also think the Tui Pulatua... Tui Pulatu? Sorry. I... Tui Pulatu, I think it is. Tui Pulatu. Uh, he's been outstanding too. Yeah, he's been great. And that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Harper, I believe he was out last week with COVID because he didn't play reserve grade. Does he come straight back into right centre? Does... I don't think so. I don't think so. You think Kola hold, holds it? I think Harper, he has a tough start to the year. Yeah. Um, he played better last week. He had a tough finish to last year as and well. He, that's that's yeah. what I mean. And that, if, if it was just the start of this year, I would be like Harper gets it back. But the problem for Harper at the moment is he's actually put together probably like eight games that aren't the best. Yeah. Um, it's, it's really hard. I feel like I say it every single week, but Harper actually was one of my favourite centres last year. In the in season, post-season with like the, the finals footy, I thought he really struggled. Yeah. Um, but at the moment, I think you give Cooler a crack. And I think, yeah, and I think uh, Tui Puller too, he's really good too. So Harper comes back in. Who else? Oh, yeah, when Tommy comes back in. But they've still got, what, three weeks to Tommy's back? Yeah, three weeks. I reckon you give these guys a crack. Like, it'd be pretty, un, not unfair, but pretty tough to drop these rookies when they're playing like this. Um, especially, like, you look at uh, Cooler. He made six one-on-one -on -one tackles. Mate, I was just looking for that stat. I couldn't find it. I felt like he made a heap of them. Yeah, sixes yeah. for a centre. A centre. That's massive. A rookie centre too. People don't understand how hard it is for, to make a one-on-one -on -one tackle when you're out in the centres like that. Um, yeah, look, I, I think... Where Olakawatu, he's just gone to a whole new level. Like he is so consistent now. Uh, I think yeah. um, Dylan Walker as well has oh proven he's one of the best fourteens in the game. He just comes on and injects himself. I think he had the most or second. Actually, I'll look. He ran for one hundred eighty-four meters. He had the second most runs for his team. Yeah, like every time he comes on. That's actually in my notes. 
184. Yep. In my notes, wow. I wrote Manly has one of the best. No, Manly's bench is one of the form benches of the comp. Look at this. So you've got Dylan Walker comes on, runs for 184 meters. Paseca comes on and runs for 180 meters. Fucking hell. Like the impact of that. And then you have to remember Carl Lawton when he came on uh, last week, he, you know, really lifted them and they scored a try off it. Uh, you've got Sean Kepi still on the bench coming onto the field. Like I, I believe that Manly's bench is probably having the most impact out of maybe any bench in the competition right now. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like find me a bench that Dylan Walker and Paseca have, essentially been some of the best players in the competition uh, coming off the bench. So, yeah, look, things are looking real good for Manly. Real fucking Isn't good. Isn't it funny how you can, you can like, so, some front rowers are just better off the bench? Yeah. Like a Paseca. Like, I, I thought, I, I found him so frustrating to watch last year, but he's just not a starting front rower. And there's yeah. nothing wrong with that in the modern game. Mm. If anything, I, I think there's a fair argument that you guys that come off the bench are almost more important sometimes. Yeah, as long as you give them enough minutes to get into the game. Yep. But yeah, I agree. Like Paseca, every time he comes on off the bench, he breaks the game open. He's almost like a big Nelson. Yep. Nelson and Sofa Solomona, uh, who is having a cracking year. Uh, yeah, Manly. I think Josh Alloway has been fantastic. He's been huge since yeah. returning. Since returning. He's up a big reason as well why they've played so well, in my opinion, since it... I think they won a game without him, but then after that, he's been back for the last three rounds, I think. Yeah. And he's been really, really important to them. So, great signs for Manly. Great signs for Manly. This we is are. without a Tom Travojevic. We have to remember, this is, this is a team that hasn't had Tom for the last two weeks and they've put on performances like that. It's, it's yeah. easy to forget they're, they're four in a row now, yeah. Manly. Yeah. It is easy to forget. Four in a row. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. You Saab last week too. He bounced back this week. Um, ten hit-ups. So yeah, much better. Last week. Much better. Um, and that's, that's the thing. Like, He just needs to get his hands on the ball. Just get your hands on the ball, get involved. That's when the big tries come. It's when you're active, you're involved. Every time I used to play, all the games where I would just wait on my wing, just you know, doing my job or whatever, the game wouldn't come to me. But every time I went in and take a bunch of scoots, all of a sudden the game would come to me. Like yeah. the, I'd get those good balls out in the wing. So I'll just say too on um, uh, Cola, obviously he... You know, we all expect these big highlight plays from him. They didn't really come, but I thought that quick play, the ball that he got, mm. and on the next DCE yep. went, it left him in just right, put in a perfect kick. Uh, I thought his defence was good, and I, I thought an attack, as much as he didn't have the huge highlights, geez, he, he did some good things with the ball yeah. in hand. Just just the good, simple things that you need. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think he, they scored a try off him another week, a few weeks back, where he got a quick play the ball as yep. well. Um, do you put Harper in him? And, do you pull Harper back into the side and drop Cooler? No. You keep so you give Cooler another opportunity. Oh, basically, this is what I would be saying. I'd be saying Cooler, it's week by week for you. So I yep. need if you the if you don't play well like this week, then Harper comes back in. But right now, I'm going to give you that that shot, and I'll say to Harper as well, mate. Like it could just be one week. Like go back reserve grade, kill it. You're back in the side. But yeah, I'd probably keep Cooler there. If you whilst Turbo's out, there's obviously. Another w- wing spot that's open there too. Is it worth playing Harper elsewhere or is he just a centre? I think Tua, uh, Pola Tua has been fantastic. Mm. Like, I really think he's been solid out. So no, I, I keep him. Yep. Keep him there. I keep Sends him a good there. message to the rest of the squad too. Mm. <clears throat> I, mean, I, I think it was a few weeks ago at the start of the season when DCE came out and said, it's going to take a lot for one of our centres to miss this team, which yeah. I like. But I think now in retrospect, it's also good to have to know that my jersey isn't safe. Yeah, all the best sides that win comps, 
have players in the outside back that would probably start in most other teams. Yeah. Um, and the, I guess the concern for Harper is, is that he actually, his form hasn't been that great. So it's not even a matter of like, you know, Harper's been playing good footy and Cooler is this young gun. Yeah. I just think Harper probably could go back reserve grade, get some confidence and be the centre that we know he can be, which he was fantastic last year. So look, great signs, really, really good signs for Manly. Now on to a cracking match. What a game this was. What a game this was. Storm v the Sharks. What do you think of this one? Uh, yeah, very impressive contest both sides. I personally thought the Sharks beat 13 other sides on Saturday. Yeah. Um, I, the thing that stood out for me with the Sharks was that Melbourne played incredibly well, and every time you thought Melbourne gave them a knockout blow, Cronulla would just find a way yeah. to get back. You know, then yeah, they they lost 34 to 18, 13 plus or whatever. But there was never a moment where I was like, "Oh, the Sharks are out of this." Mm. They just hang in. They're such a well coached side. Obviously, like I also think losing Dale Finucane is massive, huge, huge. You, you think lose, it's a coincidence yeah. that Big Nelson decided to run up Dale? Nope. Like, you know, it was, we're going to run our big boy at you and we're going to make you tackle all day. Now, like, they didn't mean to hurt him, but yeah. I think Nelson would have been tasked with, you find Finucane and make him tired so that he's not helping his team as much as you can. I think Kafusi went after Hines around Exactly. The same time. In the notes it says, uh, Nelson runs straight at Dale, then Kafusi makes sure to hit Hines as he passes the ball. That's not a coincidence. That's what I wrote in my notes. <laughs> it was interesting what Matty John said on your show on, on Friday, how yeah. Bellamy says go after their leader. That's what they did. Yeah, well, it's, it's something we've spoken about before. Like the Storm, um, actually, Matthew, uh, Michael Pride from about even, he's actually done a stat breakdown of every time the Storm, like in big games, play the Roosters, play Manly or whatever, if you go and look at their number one player, which is like Teddy, Tommy or whatever, their stats... They essentially have their worst game of the year statistically against the Melbourne Storm because the Melbourne Storm basically say, and I've spoken to Smithy about this as well, you're not going to beat us with your A plan. If you beat us with your B plan, good so on you. Yeah. Fair enough. But we're not going to allow you to beat us with your A plan, which is fucking really smart. Well, f- from memories, well, it was Cleary's first game was against... 40 tackles. 40 tackles, yeah. Think about that. That's, what the, that's how clinical the Storm are. What's, what's, it's... One thing to have a game plan, it's another thing to execute it. So many teams go out there, once they get on the field and they just throw it out the window, they don't listen to their coach. Whereas the Storm go out there and execute it. Cleary makes his debut and he makes 40 tackles. It's incredible. And and on the weekend, it's it's part of footy. And I said it before the game as well. I said, I guarantee you that the the Storm are going to go after Hines and put a bunch of pressure on him from the inside. What did we see? But Hines... We stood that pressure, and I thought played outstanding, especially the first half. Yeah, he had a really good game, Hines. He's that kick? <laughs> oh, what a fucking play. Did you hear him talk about it after? What did he say? I sort of said to him, oh, you know, was that something you noticed during the week? And he said, oh, you know, I got out there, and he's like, I saw what Melbourne were doing in defence. It's exactly the same as what I've ever seen and yeah. what most teams do. They just do it better. Yeah. And he, he, he said that um, the I think it was a set before. He just said to Ramian, just stay wide. Yeah. It'll be on here. And that's... That's all good and well to say, but when you actually take in the context of playing in Melbourne against one of the best teams in this competition, your former club... That you didn't really want to leave, but you kind of had to because you... I mean, we, we, we just said how confident is DCE at the moment with his kicking game. He fucked up the same play a week earlier. Yeah. Yeah, yeah? and Hines... And, uh, you know, it, it sounds stupid, but, like, he would practice 100 times a week kicking it from his attacking 20 to that wing... When you take it out of context and you put it down there, kicking out of your own end, it sounds stupid. It's the same kick, but it's completely different. It's really not. It's because it's the pressure. It's so the situation. Different. That's why you know you look at that grand final ten years ago. 
that grubber that Glenn Stewart did. Yeah. I mean, if he does that 20 metres out, you go, good nudge. But he does it down there, you're just like, fuck, that's something else. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, the thing that stood out for me with the shot, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of positives on field we'll talk about. I know a lot of people have said it, but I love the way that Fitzy, after the game, didn't say, oh, we got really close, that was good. He sort of went, it's not fucking good enough. Yeah. We need to do this, we need to do that. And it just sort of shows you. And once again, I mentioned before, you saw Rick, Ricky Stewart walking around with that champion Roosters team. You know, you saw Craig Fitzgibbon there as well. He was part of that. Their expectations are, we win. Yep. We don't Absolutely. get close, we don't play, we, we win. Yep. It's as simple as that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I just think, what do you think of the Sharkies? My two major things out of the Sharks was they didn't make an error for their first 27 sets. Yep. 67th minute, I think Jack Williams. Oh, that's good footy, man. Yeah, like that's crazy. And like it shows like with the Stormer. Um, but the second thing, Talakai, like he's known as this like tackle busting freak, but his hands to Mulatalo so good. in that game, like it shows what a such a good player he is. And he's turning out to be a pretty good quite a good centre in attack obviously got to fix a few things in defence but he's becoming a real problem Mate, I just yeah the Sharks Hines I cannot believe how good he's playing like I cannot believe that this guy went down to Melbourne and put on that kind of performance when he the pressure that he would have and, and what's interesting is like nearly every single one of their good plays against the Storm started in Hines's hands it wasn't like he did one here or there and it was a little kick. Like He was truly the one leading the way to put pressure on the storm. Um, I, yeah, I thought it was a great performance by the Sharkies. I, I really did. Uh, but, I, and we'll get into it soon, I don't want to take away from the storm. Yeah. We have to remember that it's all well and good to get on the Sharks' bandwagon, but the storm turned up and fucking did a job and a really fucking good job at that. Uh, but just with the, uh, the Sharkies... Another guy I want to give a rap to, Matty Moylan. You know, like he, he's doing his job and he's doing it well. You know, he's getting through his work. He's stayed injury free. Uh, I think he compliments. Uh, I think he really compliments Hines. Like he, he gives Hines enough room to do his thing. Uh, I thought the loss of Finucane was massive. Does it mean it would have changed the result? Probably not, but I do believe it was massive. Uh, Jesse Raymond, I think he's been fantastic this year. Yeah, he has been great. And I think... You mentioned losing uh, Dale Finucane. Didn't have Britton Nakora as well, who's a mm. big defensive player Massive. there. And that's that's where you saw Cam Munster take advantage of that side yeah. quite a bit. So I, th- I think Britton Nakora, he was out with COVID, so he'll return next week. Um, I think what Maddie mentioned about their completion, right? That's impressive standalone. If you go back and watch their game, like they were throwing the ball around. Yeah, massively. They they were playing football that probably should have led to mistakes, but they're just such a well-coached and they're such a – I don't know what the word is. They, they're just so well gelled together. Mm. Um, so impressive. I think Hamlin Uela, it looks like he's got a peck injury, so we might not see him for a while, and he's been massive. I was going to say, do you think that really affects their oh, run? I think it does. Yeah, yeah, I think it's going to be a massive loss. Like, I, I believe he's playing a similar role to Fisher-Harris, yep. to, to Haas, to Fenor Blake for that side. He's levelled up this year. Massively. Yeah. And I thought it was going to happen a bit sooner. A couple of years ago, I thought, oh, okay, we've got some, you know, kind of like a, a new age for feeder to yeah. a degree. And then he plateaued a bit, but I think he's been massive for them and he's a huge out. And I think you could tell in their press conference, Fitzy's worried about yeah, it too. Yeah, for sure. Because like they, they need that size and yeah. mobility in the middle. Um, thoughts on the Cam McGuinness penalty for a hip drop? What? Complete, I couldn't believe complete, that. Complete accident. Like, not a hip drop. 
He's momentum. Sw- like yeah. what is yeah? What is he supposed to do? Let go of the tackle? Yeah. Like I just, I don't think there's anyone watching that, even Storm fans, that would have said that was a hip chop. That was a bloke that Papi swung him around because he's trying to break the tackle. And all he did was hold on for dear life. And unfortunately, like Papi, you know, you don't want him to get injured, but this is just like things that happen in rugby league. And then they went up and scored, you know, mm. so it, the rest weren't the reason, but these, these the inconsistency, I, it just, it baffles me because they had so many replays to look at that. And it was the timing of it as well. Like they had them under the pump, in pressure, in the corner, boom, penalty, kick, on report. What did you, I mean, am I the only one that no, thinks No, no, I, I just think it's so typical. It's kind of a gray area. It kind of looks like a hit drop. Everyone knows it isn't. Yeah. But it kind of looks like one. It kind of has the char- characteristics. I mean, if it quacks, it isn't always a duck. Yeah, he landed like just a classic. on the tip of his ankle. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if it was a hip drop, it was the most accurate hip drop I've ever seen in my life. Because <laughs> yeah. he landed, it, you know, it wasn't at the knee. Like the hip drop is hitting the knee. Like it's bending the knee. Uh, Maddie, what did you think about that? No, nah, I couldn't believe it was a penalty. I thought it was a complete complete accident, momentum, swung him around. I just, the ref just got it wrong. Yeah. Simple as that. Fuck, I just, they had so many replays anyway. Um, yeah, Sook Sharkies, I think it's great. I think it's a really, really good sign. I think you guys are in red hot um, position to, to build into a fantastic club. I think guys like uh, Wilton had some really quality touches, a few, few errors in defence, but... Uh, Cam McInnes, 41 tackles. Like, I know he got gassed by Munster once or twice, but this is going to happen. This is going to happen. This he's is not an edge defender yeah. coming off an ACL. No, let's, he's... Yeah. Let's... What, yes. Just one thing about the Sharks, I heard Brandy say it in commentary, if, you need to, if you're going to beat the Storm, you need to ice your chances, and they blew an absolute gift when Harodi didn't throw it to Ramian. Yeah, Harodi had a few uh, situations where he probably made the wrong call, uh, and that's, you know, that's just missing Katoa, really. Katoa yeah. finishes that for sure. Yeah. And, I, you know, just another one. They, they play Manly this weekend. They're going to be without Hamlin Uele. It's oh, a Thursday yeah. night game. It's a short turnaround. They mm. might not get Dale for that game realistically. Yeah. So something else to Huge keep test. an eye on. Huge yep. test. All right. Now, on to the Melbourne Storm. Uh, look, yes, as I said, it's great to be on the Sharks hype train. It's great to ride a team that you know basically was outside the eight to maybe a premiership threat this year but at the end of the day at the end of the day the storm do what they do best and they got not only a win but in the end a convincing win thoughts on this game yeah very impressive um we've said it the last few weeks that this team their spine is the best in the competition for me and every week one or two of them are the best player on the field and it's over yeah. And Munster, for me, he was the best player on the field. We mentioned it earlier, that pass that he threw, that first one, that was like, that was Freddie and Joey S. That was like, not many guys throw that cutout ball where it, it face balls everyone, but it curves around them at the same time and hits yeah. your winger. Just insane. Um, that try that he scored, I said it on my Instagram, very Wally Lewis-like. He's, he doesn't look like he's moving quickly, but it looks like everyone around him is going slow all of a sudden. And mm. just the way that he... The old saying, tell a lie with the football, shows it. And just, he bamboozled five defenders on that run. Crazy. Like, decent defenders too, and just made them look silly. Yeah, Munster, yeah, we spoke about him at the start. He's sort of heading into blank check sort of territory at the moment. I mean, if you're the Melbourne Storm, you're almost sitting there going, please don't play that good. (laughs) Just settle. (laughs) Can you not play so good? Because it's like making it like, 
it's a PR nightmare for us right now. Yeah. Like, if you were playing poorly, we win that battle every day of the week with a storm. You win premierships here. But right now, he couldn't have played a better game of footy. Yep. You know, he was absolutely electric. That's not even including, like, yes, he did kick it out in the full, I think, at the start of the game or close to it. But then he came back in the second half, kicks it out, gets the ball back, and they score. And you could, I remember watching him kick out in the full the first time and just go, the fuck are you doing? Yeah. What was that? But then Come you watch on, the man. second one, and it's obviously something he's working on yeah. that is near impossible to defend when it's on. If you can land it between that centre and that back rower, or centre and winger there on that edge, very hard to handle. So... Munster, very impressive. Um, you know, we spoke about it. We spoke about it last week. Off that kickoff where they got the scrum, I think you have to give away a penalty. Yeah, you have to. You have to. You can't do it anymore. We saw what happened. Yeah, so they, the Hines way that they're up. lining up, I think I said it last week. It's like an NFL team. Yeah, it's they just line up in that direct line. You got Hughes that goes that way, Pappy, or whichever way they want to do it, and you've just got no idea. Yep. what they're doing. Like, uh, imagine being the back rower and the lock in that scrum, looking up, trying to work out which way. Imagine they're going. being Paul Hines going, oh. "Fuck me! Like, what do I do here? Do so I go in? Tough. Do I stay out? I, I think you just give away a penalty." Every day of the week. Yeah. I, I, if I'm telling my players to give away a penalty, 100%. And that's the beauty. Like, on that one, they score. But the beauty of Melbourne is that you know that it's not a play for that one play. Yeah. It's a play that if we don't score, we know. Like, it, 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 if you watch the way that their forward pack moves after that scrum, if they don't score, they know what's coming next yeah. and where to be. And it's just – it's such an advantage. I can't believe more teams don't do it. I know it's an easy thing to say, but I can't believe more teams don't do it. Yeah. It's incredible the way the Storm just can – Execute that, like that's a storm's most underrated, uh, I guess, asset is their execution. Yeah. Like they, they execute the plan. Whereas a lot of teams, let's say storm are one hundred percent, a lot of the bottom teams like they don't get close to executing their plan. Whereas a storm just execute it to a T. Uh, what a high quality match as well. Eighty four percent completion for the Sharkies, eighty one percent completion for the Storm. Uh, it was yeah, it was a super high quality match. Uh, but the Storm, it just shows you that. When you talk, there's only, a, in my opinion, there's only, you could count them on one hand, the amount of players that are $1 million players. If you want an example of what an $1 million player is, it's Munster. Like, it's what he just did. Because, as I said, if Munster isn't playing, maybe Hughes steps up, and he probably would have. But the reality is, I'm pretty sure four of their tries, if not four, definitely three, all of them came off the back of a big Munster play. Not as simple, oh, he just hit a short ball and someone threw of a big Munster play. And that, it's a credit to the Sharks because what it basically says is it required Munster, one of the best sixes we've seen in a while, to do something amazing, to break the line three times. If Munster doesn't have the game, one of the games of his career even, then the, the game is a lot closer. But Munster, I believe, was the difference. Yeah, and I, you know, I said at the start, it's like, it's like they run out there and in the first few minutes, Hughesy can go, oh, Munster's on today. My job just got heaps more simple. Yep. Um, you know, Pappy, he obviously carried an injury throughout that game. He, he was limping around. Shout out to Pappy, too, for calling out that complete and utter bullshit in his DMs this morning. His story? Yeah. Did Pappy post it in his story? In his yeah. story. Yeah. I mean, fuck me, Dad, honestly. I, I, you know what? I don't think anyone that listens to this podcast would send something like that. It was basically just just trolls saying, like, you're a fucking idiot. You don't fake, you're like, faking an injury. You're sweet to go. All this kind of Just a normal carry on. I just want to reiterate, like, would you say it to their face? And that's not to, and I'm not saying would you say it to their faces in let's fight. It's more like you wouldn't say it to their face because they're a human being when they're in front of you. So you'd yeah. be like, I'm not going to say, like, that's a person. It's, it's, it's inappropriate. 
like if you are considering sending shit messages or comments like there's nothing wrong with constructive criticism Pappy, I felt you should have been out the back here, whatever. Like, even though you're not a coach, that's fair enough. You're, you've earned that right as a fan to have that opinion. But sending negative shit like that, it's just like, what? Especially about him being injured. Why would he, why would he bullshit limping oh. around on an ankle? And also, you could see in the video, Cam, like, did land on his ankle. Like, it's clear as day that it landed on his ankle. So there's no, like, oh, anyway. So, yeah, fuck, I just wish. I know some people are of the mind of, like, you're a public figure, deal with it. But it's like, yeah, okay, I'll meet you halfway. Public figures do have to deal with a lot more and that's part of the privilege of being a public figure. But if I have to be better, you gotta be better too. If I have to cop it, then also you can meet me halfway and not send those kind of shit messages. If Pappy was his mate or his son or whatever, you you wouldn't want to put up, like you just, it's just so stupid. And you know, it's, you know it's, it's probably not, doesn't matter but like i saw someone post the guy that said it his like linkedin profile or something like it's a well-educated guy i know that's like, crazy i just and and not that, that makes it better yeah. worse or anything but it's just bizarre how do people get by in life thinking that that's how oh. you behave well, I, I think people would be surprised at how many of these messages the players get but they yeah. just don't post it like People are on the drink, they're pissed off, and they, they, don't, they don't think the player's ever going to see it. They don't think the player's... And so the players are in this really tough spot. Some people say, don't check requests. And I understand that, but then it's like, okay, I'm, I'm trying to interact with people that are fans of me, for lack of a better word, or just enjoy the way I play. So basically what you're saying is, I'm going to rob the good fans, which is 99% of them, of the opportunity to interact with me, say hello, and build up that audience. I'm going to rob them of that, just because of one dickhead wants to send a fucking stupid message. It's like, no, like maybe we should all just be a little bit, I guess, better at not sending. And, and it, look, it's not the end of the world, but if it is happening to you constantly, it's, it's the end of your world. Like if you're constantly getting those messages, it's, it's a lot tougher than people realize. Like I, I think we really do forget that you, let's say you have one interaction with an NRL player. It's just one interaction. These guys are dealing with at least 30 to 40, maybe even 100 interactions. At least, I reckon like, that's huge. You know what I mean? Yeah, and yeah. so when it happens repeatedly, if you say, Dan, you're shit, happens once, all right, whatever. Dan, you're shit, happens twice, right. Happens 10 times, all of a sudden, the next guy to say it cops the anger that's built up from the last 10. And I, I'm just using myself as an example. I look like the bad guy to the next guy. He may not say, Dan, you're shit, but he says something like, oh, this, this is bad or whatever. And then I just snap and I look like the bad guy. But in reality, it's something that's been building up. And that's what a lot of these players deal with is this is like message after message after me- Like imagine being Fafita on the internet last week. Yeah. Like imagine being him on the internet oh, last week. I think so. And, you know, you'll know it as well. I do it all the time where there'll be 15 shit comments, you ignore them, then the 16th one ticks you off and I pick up my phone and fucking go hero and then go, yeah. stop, just, it's not... It, it's not worth it. Yeah, this guy's the 16th guy, but in his mind, he's the first guy. Yeah, it means nothing. I don't either. know how the players, they, they, they deal with it so... They don't yeah. get enough credit for how well they deal with this shit because what they're dealing with would be a million times worse than what I'm getting. Yeah, it blows absolutely. my lid sometimes. Like, like even little things that, like, just in my own personal experience, like, I... Let's say um, I make a prediction before a game and the prediction is totally wrong. Like, uh, I've... You know, I've said such and such is, you know, the Sharks are better than the Storm, even though I predicted the Storm, but the Sharks are better than the Storm and their halves are better. And then the Storm come out and and say, and just blitz them. And then someone might comment, 
um, mate, you were so wrong about that. The storm will much better. I can cop that kind of stuff because it's mm. like that is we're dealing with reality. What I what I frustrates me the most is when people just make shit up. So for example, the Ryan Papenhuisen situation, like he is just made up that he's injured. Like he's just made that up. Uh, you know, it's happened in comment sections before with me. Like people being like, there was one on the, you know, there was one on the Storm game. Someone wrote, um, any chance of you putting some respect on the Storm's name? And I was like, bro, if there is one person that has shown respect to the Melbourne Storm in all of the media, it is me. And that's, that's what frustrates me. It's when we're not dealing with the truth. But, and then like, so they leave that comment and someone else might like, another one that frustrates me is like, um, like, oh, you just say, you, you just always say positive things about the Broncos. And it's like, have you been listening to this podcast for last year? And I'd rather be criticised for what I am doing rather than what I'm not doing. And I think like with Pappy, it's like, mate, are you serious? Like, I fucked my ankle. I played on with it and you're still having a crack? Like, it just, that's what I just, yeah, anyway. So hopefully they can sort it out. <laughs> like, uh, you even saw him in the change rooms at halftime. He wasn't sitting down. Yeah. He was trying to just keep blood flowing in it. Like... He's behind closed doors. Like if, you, if you think he's faking an injury for whatever fucking reason that is, that makes no sense. Even behind closed doors, he's doing yeah, the same thing. Yeah. And, and, and look, some people might say, oh, you know, it's just a couple of messages, but you're, that's just the one you're seeing. Yeah. You, you're, you're not seeing the, the 10 or 20 other ones that he didn't show on his Instagram. And that's if everything in Ryan Pappenhausen's life is going perfectly. Yeah, perfectly. Well. Perfectly, literally. So, yeah, I, I, do, I feel like you always want to allow free speech. But you also want to protect public, like players and that, from yeah. having to deal with this this kind of stuff. So it's just such a tough. You know, I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. And whilst that's a huge negative of social media, how good was the interview the day after at their golf day? Oh, so good. Brandon Smith in the background just. Fuck. <laughs> but that's the problem, though. With that negative stuff, you you begin players go. You know what? Fuck yeah, this. Yeah, fuck yeah. I'm not doing interviews. I'm not answering messages. I'm getting fucking pizzled. Um, you know, so hopefully it's all good. There, but yeah, the interview was, was fucking hilarious. That was great stuff. Yeah, there was a, oh, I won't say the player's name, but there was a guy that reached out to me about like a um, charity thing he was doing. He goes, hey, I'm trying to get in contact with this player. And I said to him, I just reached out to him. He always responds to his DMs. He said, oh, he hasn't. So I smashed the player and, and he said to me, oh, mate, I haven't because there's just so much shit in there. I'll go and have a look for that message. Yeah. Went and found it and, and then they, they, they hooked it up. But it just... It just like it just shows how much they go through with yeah. those. Yeah, and, and, and it's, you know what? It's not just footy players. It's you know women online, and and it's, they deal with so much stuff that you don't see, and it's very easy to dismiss it and go, oh, just just get over it. Who cares? But it's like, you know, that fair. Yeah, you have to deal with a certain amount, but at the same time, like maybe we could also say maybe public be a little bit better. Got to be held to yeah. a standard, some standard. Yeah, yeah, not just like fucking wild west. Anyway, uh, the storm. Mate, they're looking good. They're looking good. As I said, I think they're still just a step behind Penrith, but I think that step will close by the end of the year. Um, you know, we have to remember that, like, although, like, Harry Grant, he didn't play the starting nine role last year. Uh, so that's he's a new person in that system. He's uh, had two injury-riddled seasons as well. Yeah, two injury-riddled seasons. Yeah. So I think these little things will take time and, and we're seeing each week the Storm get better and better. What I will say, though, is if they do click that spine, if there is one spine that could potentially outplay the Penrith spine, that's the spine for me. If you just go blind resume on this team, you go, Pappy, he's playing in his third season of rugby league, yeah. first grade. He 
you know, missed half of last year with head concussions. We weren't sure if he was going to play. Um, Jerome Hughes, he's coming to his fourth season of actually being a halfback. Yeah. Harry Grant is coming to his third season at the Storm after being transferred to another Those club. Full season. Back. Yeah, like when you when you actually look at these players and what their careers actually are mm. compared to the you know the pedestal we put them on it's incredible where incredible. they are and mate, if on their day and i think at the moment pappy munster hughes grant they haven't all had to have been the guy on the same day come yep. that day versus penrith in, in the finals you know I, I i i genuinely think the melbourne storm can have that day where all four of them yep. just go back and i think um, it's a different beast nelson soffa solomona was outstanding, yep. like outstanding. 15 tackles, zero misses, 146 metres, uh, 59 post-contact, three tackle breaks. I mean, Nelson, we said at the start of the year, if the Storm want to have a red-hot crack, Nelson needs to be the guy, and he has been the fucking guy. Zero errors. Zero errors. That's what they need. That's what we want. But yep. that's the difference between Storm and other other clubs is that they'll get their big boys to make zero errors, whereas other clubs would just allow it to kind of continue. Their, their entire pack made two errors. Incredible. Game. Incredible. I mean... I just want to massive wraps to Melbourne Storm. Massive wraps. Both clubs. What what a an example of high quality footy. Now onto Roosters Warriors. Let's get it out of the way. Let's get it out of the way. Um there is no doubt that the Warriors received some tough calls. Yep. And in my opinion, it doesn't mean they would have won it, but I do believe that there were too many 50-50 calls that robbed them of the opportunity to have a fair crack at the game uh i think that in isolation like in isolation you could look at them and be like okay i can warriors fans i think would be like look we didn't get the angus cry and stripping call fair enough whatever but when you add them all together it's like the ref definitely didn't intentionally mean to do it but i believe it was a, a poor performance the ref in the bunker in my opinion had a poor performance of this in this game. Yeah, and I'm always very pro ref, but this was a poor performance. Yeah. Like, I, I, how on earth Teddy stayed on the field? I know we've already spoken yeah. about it, but he he just had to go on that play. And then there were a heap of other 50-50s that went against them that that's the thing uh, I didn't think were fair. I want yeah. I want to make sure that I acknowledge that these were 50-50s. Yeah, yeah. But it just felt like too many of them went the, and and that's why I believe that like it wasn't intentional by the ref. But I think if the ref and the bunker look back on this game, they're going to be like, you know what, we probably we would, we gave too many 50-50s to the Roosters and when the, the Warriors had a chance for 50-50, we didn't really give them. And that, again, I don't think it's intentional, but uh, I think it was a ball performance. Yeah, and I always say that if you, if you think refs cost you a game, you haven't done enough. It's hard to say that to a Warriors fan this week. Yeah, I can understand why Warriors fans are upset. Yeah. I, I really can. And I think that the biggest one for me, and this is, this is no knock on Teddy. We've already spoken about it. I, I absolutely love Teddy. But the biggest one for me was he should have been sent to the bin. Like that was a – in my opinion, there was no grey area there. Like for the last year, if you do a professional foul as the last player, an intentional holding down, you get sent for 10. You get sent for 10. Um, you know, we've seen plenty of stuff like that happen – over the last few weeks where players get sent for 10. Uh, a perfect example, JMK gets, Jerry Marshall King gets sent for 10 because of too many infractions. Like you'd have to say that's on par with what happened with the Teddy situation. Uh, from a Roos perspective, great play by Teddy, stop the try. So uh, from a Warriors perspective though, I, I think that that was a clear cut, tough call. Um, you know, then you've got the, the Reese Walsh may have had it raked out for the Arthurs one. I think on, I think maybe seven times out of ten that is given as a rake. 
Uh, I felt like you could see his arm reaching to grab the ball yep. and pull it out so they didn't score. Um, I could cop him. That's the thing. Like, if they didn't give that in isolation, I'd be like, fair enough, 50-50. Yeah. If, cool. it were, yeah. if they were just little one-offs here and there, yeah. you can wear them. That happens. But it was consistent throughout that game. Yeah, it was tough, man. It was, it was really tough. Even, like, the one that I was really surprised at. So, Angus Crichton reaches in. You can see he has his hand on the ball. Now, he doesn't necessarily go like that. But once a, play, once a tackle is comp- complete, and my, my understanding of the rules may be incorrect, but once it's com- complete, you can't have your hands on the ball. That's my understanding. They, they always score like, you know, watch ball, like hands on ball, hands on ball. And that, that's why you see a lot of players, like if I'm carrying the ball like that, they grab there yep. instead of grabbing there because it's not hands on ball. And so that one, again, that was 50-50, but it doesn't go their way. And then Angus Crichton gets up to play the ball and he's not fully standing up yet. So he's, he's, you, could, you could make the argument that you have to stand up before you start playing the ball. In the video ref, you can see, is it Pompey? Yep. Is it Pompey? Yeah. yeah. He's not even looking. Like he's trying to step out. and He's actually trying to clear the ruck. And I felt like in that situation, like the onus kind of is on Angus Crichton to miss the foot because he's the one that A, can see it, B, is trying to get the quick play of the ball. Mm. And Pompey is doing the right thing. He is trying to clear the ruck. Like he didn't stay on too long. And then that goes against him. So I absolutely want to be clear though. This doesn't mean Warriors would have won the match. I don't want to take anything away from the Roosters. I thought the Roosters were fantastic. I thought both teams were really good. Um, but I, yeah, I, if I had to rate the performance of the bunk in the ref, I do think the Warriors have a right to be, feel a bit hard done by. Yeah, I agree. And, mate, credit to the Warriors. They had a lot go against them. They lost by eight points to the Roosters. Sunday yeah. afternoon, 2 p.m., sunny SCG. Mate, I think great signs for the Warriors. And yeah. I, I loved Nathan Brown's post-match press conference. Would have been very easy for him to go in there and start pointing at the ref and that. And he basically said, you know, yeah, Maybe we had some tough calls against us, but I'm not going to start sitting here and say the ref were the problem. Um, you know, we, we started the second half really poorly. Adam Fenor Blake said the same thing. He said, look, you know, maybe, but we, you know, started really poorly in that second half and, and we let a few things go. So, um, yeah, definitely a tough day at the office for the Warriors. But glass half full kind of stuff. This Warriors side, defending their ass off on the line, I'm fuck. I'm impressed with the Warriors. They're better than I thought they would be this year. And Adam Fenor Blake is leading that charge. Yeah, I mean, all the talk pregame was, you know, Rhea Hargraves has been sitting with Adrian Morley all week. Blah, blah, blah. Mate, it was AFB again. Mm-hmm. He was the best front rower on the field. Um, the way that they've been using him the last few weeks. It's worth noting as well, Matt Lodge didn't play. Yeah. Like, this was AFB then with a cast of, you know, your your Bunties, your Penne's, these solid front rowers. But the guy was AFB, and I thought his effort was incredible. You know, it was obviously a 20-year reunion of the Roosters-Warriors <coughs> grand final, but it felt it felt all week like it was about the Roosters. And granted, mm. they won the premiership. Yeah, for sure. But, like, man, I, like the, the, the Warriors, they had that jersey on as well. And as much as they haven't won a premiership, like... That's the most successful team for the Warriors as well. Like I think this week w- would have meant a bit to them. Yeah, too. absolutely. And they didn't get anywhere near media attention that they should have. I-, I thought SJ, his kicking game, was great for the Warriors. Um, the the usual suspects, Aitken, Curran, these sort of fellas. Curran was in the wars. Holy shit. How on earth did he keep playing? Oh, my God. Incredible. He's such a good buy for them. Hey, Matty, what, what did you think about the refing? Are we being... No, I agree. I agree. I, I think... I know it's silly to say because... Two points are two points, but because it's round six, I think Warriors fans kind of can be like, "All right, we may have got robbed, we might have not, but our performance was good. That if we won that, it would have been four in a row. 
that loss was probably better than all three of the wins. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Um, yeah, there, there was, as you said, like, there was there was a lot of 50-50s, but all the 50-50s went yeah. the, and the, that's, the again, that's, way. That's the key, I think, is like, it just, they were absolutely 50-50s. Let's not, let's not pretend, like, outside the Teddy one, I thought that was pretty clear. You could argue the forward pass as well at the start. And the Kevin Nangama forward yeah. pass. Um, they just didn't seem to get the 50-50 calls. And I, 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 yeah. So I understand why Warriors fans would be upset. We, we're not going to, if I'm being honest, I think the referee in the bunker's performance over the weekend as a whole was, was pr- like pretty poor. Pretty poor. Pretty poor. Yeah. But I don't, I don't want to be sitting here for a fucking hour. Yeah, exactly. You know, bagging the rest because they have such a, such a tough job, guys. Yeah. Such a tough job. Does it make you feel any better as a Warriors fan? Not at all. Not at all. But we have to remember these guys are human. They're not going out intentionally to make the wrong call. Um, they would get smashed online. That we need refs to be, you know, protected because – We've we don't had have refs. a game without them. We, 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 we don't have a game, and we've had refs quit because of how bad it is from the fans and that. Yeah, and the more that quit, the less that want to do it in the future. Yeah. And yeah, yep. yeah. It's, uh, but it's hard. It's hard to say that to a Warriors fan. Oh, you absolutely. Go, hey, you just lost by eight points. Yeah, you know, absolutely. And like, yeah, as you said before, in isolation, it's different. But like that, that um, Nagama pass, for example, like, uh, like you see that once or twice every weekend, unfortunately. But because it's on the back of all the other 50-50s they've lost, you're just standing there going, the f- what are we meant to do? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, like, we can't even get a crack here, really. Yeah. Um, but anyway, uh, so, yeah, Warriors. Reese Walsh is set up for that try. Oh, my God. Do you reckon he fights his way into this side somewhere? I know KP gets that fullback spot if he stays injury-free, but... He's hard to leave out. He's but, you know, you've got Benny Hunt probably at 14 at the very least, maybe at nine. Then you'd probably put... Then you've got AJ Brimson... Do you, do you find a way for him? Like what? Yeah, I, I think he might be the unlucky guy. Yeah, I personally think he's go so with, young as well. Yeah, got so time. young, he hasn't like he's in the squad last year, but he hasn't played a game. If I'm sitting there with him and Brimson, as much as I think Reese Walsh is probably playing a little bit better than Brimo, Brimo's been there and done it on that stage and played before, well. And on played that well. Stage. So, <clears throat> yeah, personally, I think they'll go with KP at one. I think they'll go Grant at nine, and then mate, I, I don't think you can leave Ben Hunt. Out of the side, personally. Yeah. I think Reed is still there, man. I, I honestly believe Reed is still in that yeah, I, I conversation. But you'd yeah. probably know better than me with Smithy. But no, no. I, I just I think he's still in that convo because I think he suits Origin. Yeah, I, I I think he's in the conversation, but I just think be hard to leave Grant and. and I, I just out. don't. I, I don't know if there's much point picking Grant and Reed, and I can't see them not picking Grant. Yeah, yeah. And also Hunt is playing so well. Hunt is playing he so has to, good. Yeah. Keep a spot. I can see a world where Hunt starts and Grant comes off the bench. I yeah, can I can see, see that. that. Yep, yep. Yeah, tough for Reed though. Tough for Reed because <laughs> brutal I think on Reed. Yeah. But it's it's yeah the old Stuart McGill syndrome, yeah. Jake Friend syndrome. Uh, but yeah, back to the Warriors. I thought Chanel Tidivar Harris in the first half was really really good, and even the second half, he did this one on one tackle oh, on like was who was it on Hardgreaves or something or Crichton? I think it was on Crichton. I think it was on Crichton. Yeah, mate. Yep. It was outstanding. I think wow. Chanel um, is, is really pushed, putting his name forward for a contract extension. Uh, I think the Warriors probably need to bite the bullet and get it done. I think they need to get it done. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I'm not sure if it's actually been confirmed, but it sounds like Volkman, from what I've gathered, he's going to be there. So I reckon that pushes Chanel out, or do you think Maybe. they need to replace John Johnson if he... Yeah, well, <sighs> that's the thing. They, they've got Metcalf and they've got Volkman arriving. You would have. I think it's safe to assume they will at least lose one of Walsh, Nicarima, or CHC. I, I think Nicarima is probably on the way out. Yeah, I think Nicarima is yeah. close to gone. Yeah, I'd be willing to bet he's gone. 
You then got Ash Taylor, who's still in the squad. I as well. think he'll demand so little they'll just keep him as like you know yep. lower tier. But Chanel Tavita Harris, like Harris Tavita, sorry. So you reckon they might lose him? I, I, it wouldn't surprise me if they do. Oh, I, I think they'll lose one of Walsh or Chanel personally. I think I, I think Walsh is gone. Honestly, do yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, then I reckon it's good because well, I, 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 I think they'll be looking at, at Metcalf as the one over really? the next few years. Okay, that's how I'd be looking at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Volkman. I mean, it hasn't been confirmed, but if you have a look in reserve grade, they've actually stopped picking him. Ah, uh, Volkman. Really? Yeah, he's playing Jersey flag now instead of New South Wales Cup. Wow, and so. wasn't he, he was playing pretty good in Resi's? Yeah, the kid they've got's good. I think it's so that that would say they've clearly conceded defeat. The Roosters. Yeah, right? I, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Interesting. I mean, massive, great pickup from the Warriors. I, I know I saw someone in the comment section a couple of weeks ago a bit upset that we were saying like Warriors is you know probably go to the Storm or or Broncos or whatever before you go to Warriors. Um, to be clear, I would say Warriors are actually in a better position as a club than the Broncos right now. Um, I, th- I think Broncos have more upside. I think that they have more upside. But we're not saying, like, I'm not saying I don't want them to go to the Warriors. I'm just saying be aware of how big of a deal it is um, and also be aware of, I guess, how much you're going to have to keep those high standards. Not to say Warriors don't have high standards because they're going really well. But when you go from Roosters to Warriors, you, you've got to make a lot of, up, up, like make it, up, up, make it up a bit yourself. You've got to find that little extra percentage yourself. Um, so I'm, I'm not anti welcome going to Warriors. I think it's a great buy. Hmm. I think we even, did we suggest that they would go after him? Or was that after we heard that he'd reportedly signed? It was him? after the fact. I think it was more talking about... We were, we were talking about if a club wants a six, Volkman is a great buy because Luke Keery and Sam Walker have that position. Yeah. I think we're yeah. talking about the start of the year. Yes. So, great signs for the Warriors. And yeah, good sign. And like, I'll be honest with you, I, I'm a little bit worried about him going there development-wise. Um, I, I, I am a little bit worried about that. But <laughs> I had a Warriors fan message me last night, obviously upset about the result, but also saying like... Look at what they've done with Reese Walsh. Look at what say, they've yeah. done with Roger. Look at what they've done with Aiken. Look at what they've done with Curran. I mean, the list goes on and on of Lodge, guys that have got Arthur's. Yeah. So things so, are getting better there. Things oh, things are hundred percent getting better there. Yeah. And I think yeah. So good signs for them. Um man, I love that jersey they wore. Oh, oh it's fucking so sexy. So <laughs> Mate, worries for me right now. They make the eight. Right I now. I I'm with you. I think they make the so eight. So do they knock the Cowboys out then? I think, well, no, there's two spots in that eight. Well, there, there isn't really, though, because so you've, you've got, got... We've got six. The six. Bunnies are coming eighth at the moment. Cowboys yeah, I are think there's, I think there's one spot in the eight, because Warriors are currently ninth. So, yeah, as it stands right now, Penrith, Melbourne, Sharks, Eels, Roosters, Manly. Ooh, okay, Cowboys yeah. are seventh, Bunnies are eighth. So yeah, no, you're right. Gets. I thought there were two spots. I mean, they'll be challenging. Put it that way. They'll be challenging yeah. for the eight. But I, I like what I'm seeing at the Warriors. Uh, Roosters... Look, I think, I think they're slowly putting together. I think Sam Walker probably had the best game he's had all year. Um, Fuck, that was a good try. It's a fucking oh, yeah. great try. Great for, for, try. For anyone at any age, that's a good try. For him, all things considered, incredible. We have to remember, this guy is so young, it's crazy. And even Nathan Cleary took a couple of years to get really, really going. I know he had a great first year. Still took a couple of years. I thought in, uh, interesting that Crichton has got his starting spot back. Um, look, it, it was clunky, but... Look, I, I just believe that the Roosters are building towards something. I really do. And I, I stand by my thoughts that Tedesco is going to have a big back end of the year, I think. Yeah. Big back end of the year. Thoughts on the Roosters? Yeah, I, you know, just before we get into the actual game, I thought what they did with that 2002 Roosters side, 
was just so good. Yeah. Just a great example to every other team how to – you know, I was having a look at that. So, you know, you got – you know, like Adrian Morley, Rhea Hargraves is the modern day guy of him. You got, like, I was even looking, like, I completely forgot that Brett Mullins signed with the Roosters. An mm. experienced winger sure. came there. Brett Morris and Nagama, they've done the exact same thing mm. with these guys. Radley and Rickardson, two local juniors mm-hmm. playing in the 13. Even like a Suwali, how he's coming to this side, he's playing wing, he's playing centre. You know, he'll be the fullback one day. Minicello was that exact same guy in 2002. Yep. Yep. Ricky and Robbo. Both won a premiership in their first season as coach. Mm. There, like, there's, there's so many similarities to, to that side, and I, I thought that was awesome to see how they handled that. Um, the Roosters are getting there; they're far from at their best, though. Oh yeah, and that's a scary thing, though. That's, that's the scariest. Is thing, they're yeah. sitting at fifth or whatever, and they're not even close to their best yet. Uh, the thing that's, and obviously, I love him as a player, so this stood out for me big time. When they spoke to Robinson before the game about Victor Radley, mm. do you see this quote? Mm. He's incredible to coach. Uh, he's got an incredible football brain. He just likes to cover it up with other stuff. He's one of the most intelligent players I've ever coached. Yeah, and I, I agree. I think we've spoken about this. Uh, his yeah. footy brain doesn't get – he's got a half footy brain in an enforcer's body, which yeah. is very rare to see. Very rare to see. I mean, when was the last time we saw a team enforcer have the mind of a half? Yeah, it's – yeah, and uh, like I, I, I think Isaiah has got a similar mind, but he doesn't have that enforcer. Yep. So he doesn't have that shit. Where's Isaiah Yo in the line? He's going to yeah. whack me here like Radley does. Uh, wasn't a fantastic game from Radley, if we're being perfectly honest. But I think the last couple of weeks, he's just, he seems like energy wise, he doesn't have that same oomph. Yeah. He doesn't seem, yeah, he doesn't seem as eager to get these hands on the ball. And that's not that he's been not eager, but I just feel like there was a period there where he was coming out just raging. Raging, yeah. and I wonder whether that's the game that's kind of taken that out of him a bit, where he's a bit concerned about that extra energy. Um, I think it'll be totally fine with that head high. Like, fuck, what is he supposed to do there? Like, fair enough penalty, fair enough, but I don't know what he's supposed to do there. Yeah, I get it being a penalty by the standards that we play at now, but it's so it's got to be the lowest high tackle of yeah. all time. And he's diving it? towards the ground. Like, yeah. what, what's Bradley supposed to do? Like, yeah, what is he supposed to let do? Let him just like, do yeah. it? Like, I don't understand. Anyway, yeah. Um, look, I thought Suwali was really strong in contact. I yep. think he's um, – he hasn't beefed up per se. Or, I mean, obviously beefed up a little bit, but he just looks more mature. Like, when he hits that contact, he was, like, making a lot of post-contact. It's also worth con- just reminding yourselves with him, he's coming back from a Liz Frank injury, which – that messes up a preseason unbelievably. Yeah. So I, I think he looks good, but I, I think he's going to get so much better as well. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Look, I thought um, Daniel Tupu was outstanding. As outstanding. Per, when yeah. is he not outstanding? <laughs> when is he not outstanding? Yeah, no, he's um, one hell of a player. Yeah, look, outside of that, I, I thought uh, – I just thought that, it, you know, the Roosters slowly but surely are, are, are pushing towards a better side, are pushing towards a side we know and love and – it just it gets scary to think that they're not even close to how good they're going to be, and if they can keep on the up like the uphill climb, if they can keep getting closer to that peak form, they will be a real premiership threat this year. I thought it was interesting this week. He went back to butcher off the bench, mm. Angus on the edge, um, which and I'll be honest with you, I actually watching that game. I actually thought they looked a little bit better the other way around. I really, don't know what your thoughts are? See, I like Crichton starting. I think he I- just offers. Yeah, I, I, I think I like Crichton starting, 
But I think the gap between Crichton and Nat when they start isn't as big as the gap when Nat comes off the bench compared to when Angus comes off the bench, if you know what I mean. Mm. Uh, I just think that they can gain a little bit more through the middle, but sensational problem to have yeah. at oh, the same man. time. Yeah. But I thought uh, Saluka Fafita had some good touches. Yeah. Had some good touches. Uh, didn't only got 13 minutes, but I felt like in that 13, like 30 minutes, he made 44 metres. You know, it's fucking pretty good, good knock. Yeah. Also, good to see Verrills come on halfway through the first half. For sure. And Verrills uh, is back. I think he didn't miss any tackles, so. Yeah, good, good 23 tackles, zero misses. I mean, we forget, like, their starting nine, Verrills, has been out for ages. Like, when he gets back in there and is playing big swaths of footy, it's going to change their attack dramatically. It's going to be, like, I remember at the start of the season, we sort of said, oh, Verrills is going to miss the first few weeks. Watson's going to have this big opportunity. All of a sudden, Verrills comes back. Watson's out for a month now. Yeah, I know. So now it's sort of flipped. Now you've got Verrills given this big opportunity. And now yeah. you've got Hutcho who's putting his hand up going, I'm hey, probably the best Hutcho's guy for the first 20 years. Thank hey. fuck Hutcho's in the Roosters team. There's what? Thank, thank God for the Roosters that they have Drew Hutchison in there. Oh, man. Seriously. He's so important, like, like to their – like, he just fills so many games. He's like the new Orbo almost, like, just plays anywhere. He is. Um, yeah, look, I, I, think the, I think the Roosters – nowhere near their best but they're still winning games they're still at the top of the table and when they do explode it's going to be a fucking scary scary sight uh now last game dragons v the knights what did you think of this game yeah i enjoyed this game um obviously a bit of controversy here and there which we'll we'll get to but uh yeah i think we labeled this one last week as a must win for both clubs and i think they both came out with that sort of attitude um but yeah tough Tough one for the Knights to go down here. It's a really big missed opportunity because it wasn't like the Dragons came out and just blew them off the park. The Knights had the game there to win. Got a really good stat for you. The Knights averaged seven metres per set per, per set more than the Dragons did. It was just wow. their fifth tackle options that kind of let them wow. down, I feel. I do believe they missed Clune. We have to remember. Like oh, yeah, absolutely. I think Knights, it doesn't get spoken about enough. They're missing Braley, Clune. Uh, both back rowers, so Barnett and Fitzgibbon. Yep. Um, one of the Saifidi brothers. Um, I don't Dominic think Frizzell's 100% either. Sorry? I, he- I heard somewhere that Frizzell's not 100%, 100% either. Okay. Yeah. So, like, four, let's say five starters. I mean, that's a fair whack of your starters. That's a huge whack. Like, you know, so, yes, a missed opportunity, but... It's just tough because who they go and play now. Yeah. You know, it, that's the hard thing. If they were going to play other mid-table teams, you'd be like, okay, they can regroup. Um, the hard thing is I, I think it's a, 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 a game the Knights are going to look back on and go, shit, that was two points that we right there to take, could build into next week. You know, Now we lost by a small margin and we could be facing a two and six. I heard Joey talk about it in commentary and then I heard Adam O'Brien talk about it in the post-match that they were filthy that, that, they, that they let that McCulloch try in. They were like, fuck, we... We know that that's what he's going to do, and yeah. we let him do it. Like you, you could tell, they're both absolutely seething yeah. that they let that one go. Yeah, and yeah, and you mentioned the injuries that sucks, but there's also guys. There's Mamasia who's not available. There's Croker that's not available as well. So it's unfortunately though the NRL doesn't care. It doesn't care. It doesn't give a shit the shit situation you're and, in. And the, the, just the concern. The problem is, is that now you've dropped four games. So it's like, is it four in a row they've dropped now? Yeah. Yep. So it's like. It, it doesn't matter anymore. You've got to get that win. Like the good teams, Storm and all that, they find a way to just jag that win. Uh, now, Knights obviously aren't on the Storm's level, but I do, yeah, they're going to rue this, man. They're going to rue. Parramatta and Melbourne next two weeks. Oh. Mm. Yeah, we wow. said it last week and 
I hope I'm wrong, but if that two and zero turns into two and six, it's just it's a nightmare because they don't deserve it. They absolutely They're a better team it. than that. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. But two and six is two and six, and if you lose six games in a row, you'd know better than me. But I'm assuming players are looking around, going, "Are we as good as we thought we were?" Yeah, no, absolutely. It turns a such a, a start of the year where so much hope and like, oh my god, the Knights, how good they're playing to their potential to. Oh shit! Like, and like, wow. like I, I was the most negative person in the world on Newcastle. If they're two and six, I'm not going to be sitting here saying I told you so because they're a better team than that. Yeah, absolutely. They're absolutely. not. They're not a shit fight. They're not a two and six team. But unfortunately, as we said, the NRL does. The latter does not care. Doesn't care what your situation is, where you've been unlucky, and you've got to TS. just you've got to find a way yeah. to jag it. Like you just got to find a way. And I, I thought that they had the side to beat the Dragons. Um, but full props to the Dragons. I mean, they got the job done. They got the job done. Uh, Clemmer was outstanding. Kalen Pong was absolutely fantastic. Like, fantastic. Uh, you know, Gagai was solid. Bradman best. Fuck, he's a beast. Uh, I thought it was a really good battle, him and Lomax. I thought, you know, I, I don't think one got... Obviously, like, best got that incredible try, but I thought Lomax also, you know, he yeah. gave as good as he got. Um, that was I thought, good work by Crossland as well to just fire that pass out wide. Yeah, yeah. for sure, for sure. Um Look, yeah, tough loss, man. I think it's really going to sting him, that loss. It really is. I thought it was a great return for Edric Lee. You know, hadn't played in how long. You know, yeah. uh, you know, he made a few errors, obviously, but oh. he still showed glimpses of what he can do. Yeah, for sure. And, I mean, the last game he played was State of Origin. Yeah, so, <laughs> far you know. out. Um, I thought with KP, the attacking was great. That tackle he made on Tarek Sims. Oh, that was huge. Massive. That was and and that could have been a game-winning tackle, oh, you know, like if they win. That should have been a try. Yeah. For most full for most fullbacks, they don't make that tackle. Yeah. I don't think, and that's where when people want to say, yeah, KP is on the skateboard. He's so this. He's tough. Yeah. You can never question how tough KP is. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely agree. He always puts his body in front. Oh, that's Tariq Sims. He was he was the best forward on the field in Origin last yeah. year. Yeah. No, for sure, for sure. You cannot say. Uh, Ponga doesn't have a red hot crack. So look, they'll, they'll rue this loss. I thought Frizzell was also good. Um, Daniel Saifidi off the bench had a you know a red hot crack. Uh, actually, so sorry. So they've got both of their Saifidi brothers. Okay, apologies. Um, yeah, lost opportunity, man. <clears throat> Massively lost opportunity. Uh, now on to the Dragons. Thoughts? Yeah, I think you mentioned earlier. I thought Ben Hunt was great. Um, I always say with Hunt, whenever he's hitting someone, then he's wrapping around the back of them. They're mm. just so dangerous. Um, guy on the wing, you pointed him out last week. He's sharp, He's eh? a weapon. Yeah, <laughs> I, I liked breaks. him last year too. Mm. Huh? He, Three line breaks. Three line breaks. Yeah. Like, I, I liked, I think I spoke about him last year as well. Just, I can just tell by the way he moves. He's, his he's, balance and he's special, just, bro. Yeah, and mate, I remember watching him in reserve grade, and his, his brother's very similar. If you can mm. get those two on a package deal. Oh. You are flying. Yep. He played Absolutely. every New South Wales 16, 18. Yeah. All that coming yeah. through. Like you can tell by the way he moves, he is special. Like the balance, his sharpness, the try he scored, the match winner essentially. Well, the try he scored, the amount of guys he beat in a Crazy. Slide. Very impressive. Um, Moses Suley, fuck, he was a beast. He is, on, a, on his day, just unstoppable. Two tries, Nine tackle breaks. One line break, two line break assists. 177 metres. Like, f- you guys spoke a few weeks ago about centres making a comeback, but like Gagai and, and all that. But how good is it to see like people like Suli and Talakai, these absolute tackle busters, oh, but mate. also, you know, can put tries on? Yeah. I love it. It's great. It's so good. The, like, centre, like, how good was it to see a battle between Best and and uh, Lomax mm. and then Gagai and Suli? Yeah. Mm. 
Like, what a battle. What an absolute battle. We, we spoke, uh, you spoke about it in particular in the preseason, but fucking, there's just something right about the Red V having two strikes in it. Yeah, for sure. Like, there's just, certain clubs have certain things about them, and the Dragons having two strikes in it, going back to Gaz and Coops, yeah. that you can just throw the ball to, and something can happen out of absolutely nothing. It's so good to see. Yeah, it's, uh, look, good win by the Dragons. Really good win. Uh, I, what was really interesting is it was actually all their young guns outside of Benny Hunt. It was all their young guns that made the big plays to, to win in the game. Um, so that's really interesting. I still do believe that they, they need Sloan back in that side. Yep. I think they could have really helped him. And that's not to say Moses was, was terrible or anything like that. I just think Sloan is such a, a live wire. Um, so, look, they got the win. Uh, I think Amon came on and obviously broke the game open. Off his like, what about the guts it takes? You're up. The game's on the line and you take a scoot on the fifth and set up a try like that. Only a young, young naivete can do that. And it was great too. Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, at the start of the year when the, when the Dragons put us in their little hype up little package, there was something that Phil Gould said in it where he said like, the best thing about these kids is they're, they're not afraid of anything. Yeah. They're not afraid to lose. They're not afraid to take a risk. And I thought that was a perfect mark. It probably wasn't the right play, but I yeah. just love that he backs himself. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I love Bird's like energy at six. Like I, I really do like it, but I, I just think you put Amon there. I really He's do. He's not six. You know? His energy is good at six, yeah. but I think you can use that energy better elsewhere in positions where he should be. Especially, yeah. It's not like they don't have a six. Yeah. They've got a really talented kid sitting there. So, But you know, I, I thought Josh McGuire had the best game he's had in years. I thought his impact was fantastic off the bench. Yeah. Um, it actually, like the game was in kind of deadlock. And then Maguire comes on and he brought a bunch of energy. Look at Blake Laurie and uh, Josh Maguire off the bench. 182 metres for Laurie, 134 for uh, Josh Maguire. That's such good impact. It's crazy. I thought Laurie was great. Laurie was he great. Was very impressive. You know, so the, the, the thing is, is like, this is the way I think Hook envisioned them playing, you know, with, with a bit of grit and then allowing their, their, their stars to make the big plays. And the Dragons did that. The Dragons did that. Huge win for them. I mean, so important to just just get the monkey off their back, you know? Yeah. Just, just get that win. It's their second win in like 13 weeks or whatever the, the number is. I, I think they're actually going to get a lot of confidence from this, but it's all about how you back it up now. If you come out next week and you go back to your old ways, then it's like, oh, well, it was a flash in the pan. You're seeing what next week is? Who? Our Panthers. Anzac Day. Chooks. Chookies. What a game. Monday, 4 Monday at 4pm again. Yeah, Monday 4pm. Well, the podcast will be on Tuesday next week because there's two games on the Monday, isn't there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Storm yeah. got so, Warriors, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so the, the cool. podcast will be on a Tuesday. Um, but yeah, look, great, great signs for the Dragons. Suli, fuck, I hope he can play like that every week because he's like unstoppable. Uh, he's a beast coming out of his... He's like, he's like a, a Talakai with years of centre experience. That's how good he is. Yeah. Um, Lomax, thoughts on the, the jumping over Frizzell's head? Uh, I don't have a huge issue with it, but I also don't have a problem at all with how Tyson reacted. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about it? I, I'm indifferent. I, like, I did like, though, Clemmer at the end having a crack at him because it just shows how much Clemmer, he just fucking loves it. He, he loves, loves his it. teammates. He loves it. It was like in 2015 Origin when he went at Corey Parker, and, and I, as a Blues fan, just absolutely loved it. Um, as for the Tyson result thing, uh, whatever. Yeah, look... Like, you know, when you look at respect, yeah, of course, wasn't the most respectful thing. And Tyson Frizzell, he's an origin player. He played for his country. Um, I, like, I, the boys will handle it, you know. Tyson, handle it. Mm. 
there was a bit of a brouhaha and you know it, it is what it is I, I like Lomax is young that's his mate I, I don't think he's thinking of it too maliciously I yeah. think he, he's he just he's just thought that's Tyson that's my old buddy we were mates for years um, like there is no getting around it it is disrespectful but these guys are mates I'm sure they're still mates Tyson will handle it well um, I mean if you want to take it down to the furthest route like this is where you could say by banning like fighting allows stuff like this to happen whereas like if fighting is still allowed he probably doesn't do that I mean maybe he does not not to say that I want Tyson fighting his mate um, but look I think we, we, we talked about it in the message I said yeah not not the most respectful thing but these guys are like mates they'll sort it out themselves and I'm sure I'm sure Lomax probably won't do it again you know because he'll be like, you know what, probably wasn't worth it. I also think it, it wasn't like Lomax came into this game and thought, oh, I'm going to try and get up Tyson yeah, here. It's yeah. a, it's a, he's run in from 60 metres away, excited. Frizzell was sort of, in, not in his way, but yeah. his line. And yeah. he just, he just, he's a young guy that was excited. And yeah, as much as I, I'm not huge on him doing it, I don't have a huge problem with it. But I'm glad that the Dragons are excited about their football. Yeah. You know, and what, it, I mean? it, you know what? It adds to the spectacle 100% because yep. now the Knights fans are stinging and also the next time they play each other guess what everyone's going to be thinking fuck Lomax is there like yeah. the Knights fans Dragons fans are going to be like yeah fuck you you know like I think it adds again it, you know it is not respectful it's not the perfect world and would I do it probably not but it's not the end of the world either yeah I, I always think back to when Ennis rubbed the head of Cam Smith a couple of years ago oh. everyone lost their mind it's like you know what if you know, if Cam Smith is out there wearing a jersey, he's fair game like everyone yeah, else. And absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And, and you know, you give as you get and give as good as you get. And I'm sure Ennis had a lot of people fucking having to dig at him and, yeah. you know, handle on the field and that's it. Like, again, the argument against that is, is that some players can't handle on the field anymore because it's been taken away from them. Yeah. But, you know, Tyson got a good swing in, a good hip toss, <laughs> fucking threw him over his shoulder. <laughs> so I think he got as good as he got. You know, win-win. We got Imagine a bit of being low, Max, just in that mm. free-fall moment going, oh, fuck, I'm oh, in trouble here. <laughs> so I, I think it was like the perfect, like it was the perfect outcome because yeah. Frizzell got to risole him, Lomax got to have his banter and his niggle, and then we move on. And then, you know, obviously Clemmer walks in, he's protecting his mate, saying fucking show some more respect. But that's what we want. This yeah. is footy. We're trying to fucking have a crack at each other. So, yeah. Not the end of the world, I don't think. Not the end of the world. I, I know Vossi wasn't a fan, that's for sure. Holy moly. He was not a fan. A lot of things boss is <laughs> um, Which is fair enough. I, I'd rather my commentators say how they feel than be worried too. So. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, yeah. yeah, but again, it added to the contest. It, it, it ramped things up massively. And you know Lomax won't hide away from it next time they play either. No. He, he'll still have an impact on that game. He'll still, so. And yeah. in Lomax's defence, he fucking nailed essentially a sideline conversion after doing that. I mean, yeah. no, sorry. He missed the first one, but yeah. then the, the one to go to in front, I think. Anyway, he ended up getting the second one uh, after that, I'm pretty yeah. sure. Hit the field and goal. Hit the field goal. Yeah. Oh, the field goal, sorry. Yeah. Apologies, the yeah. field goal. Um, so, yeah, he missed his conversion straight after, but then he nails the field goal to win the match, yeah. essentially. So good on him. So, fuck, that's what footy's about. It's all about it. Um, anyway, that is us for the week. Uh, make sure to grab a case of bloke and a bar. Subscribe to Rugby League Guru on all good, all good podcasting apps and also follow him on Instagram on Facebook. Uh, go to our website for store locators. Grab some bloke merch. Uh, it's a beautiful beer. It's the best way. If you enjoy these long-form content, the only way we can continue to do it is if you go out and grab the beer. That's the only way we can keep growing this. So grab the beer. And as usual, I'll go and fuck myself. Thank you. <laughs>